The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. What is up, everyone? Ryan Sprague here from Somewhere in the Skies, and welcome to a very, very special Halloween season YouTube live stream and Facebook, I guess. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun tonight. For anyone who knows, I am a huge fan of alien abduction movies and obviously alien abductions in general. That's why you're here. Uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, four alien abduction themed found footage films tonight, which is going to be really fun. And I have some really special guests for you guys, um, two of my co-hosts for tonight, and also some special guest appearances as well from people from the films we're going to be reviewing. But before we do all that, let's talk a little shop here, guys. Um, the Super Chat is open. If you want to help out somewhere in the skies, please, um, you can do so with the Super Chat button. That way we will highlight your comments, highlight your uh, your questions you might have for me or my guest co-hosts for tonight. Um, it's a great way to help out the show and uh, get your comments and questions asked right here live on YouTube or Facebook. And um, other than that, let's see. Oh, I wanted to mention, I just got sent this book by a listener of the show, uh, Nomar Slav- Slavik, who's actually been a guest on the show. Uh, we Only Come Out at Night. This is a really cool book, full of um, scary stories, ghosts, supernatural, paranormal, aliens as well. And Nomar has just done an incredible job of creating these terrifying worlds in the book. So please, this Halloween season, help out an independent author and just have a good time. Have a good time. Spook, spook your friends, your significant others, whatever you want with We Only Come Out at Night by Nomar Slavik. So check that out on Amazon. Um what else do I have here, guys? Oh, we have an upcoming Halloween series episode where we're going to be talking to two modern-day witches who practice witchcraft in today's world. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Keep a lookout for that very soon um, amongst all the main feed episodes as well. And uh, other than that, like, subscribe, share the show. I'd really appreciate that. But without further ado... I'm going to introduce our two co-hosts for tonight as we go through these movies, whether they like it or not. Um, first on the docket is one of my closest friends and colleagues, Andrew Sanford. Andrew is a writer, performer, director operating out of New York City. Uh, he was twice featured for the ABC Discover Showcase and co-created a graphic novel called Gwendolyn in 2013 with artist extraordinaire Joe 
Cabotet. Uh, Andrew was selected for the for the ABC Discover Showcase as a writer, which is really awesome. Um, recently, he has been working with the New York City theater company Random Access Theater, writing Shakespearean adaptations of popular movies. That's really cool. I know he did one one of the Star Wars, so we'll have to ask him about that. And one of the Star Wars. I sound like an old person when I say that. Go see a Star Wars. Um, and he has also been a staff contributor for Pajiba.com. And he just came out with an article over there recently about Chucky. So go check that out. And you can follow him on Twitter at Sanford minus son, though the handle is no longer accurate because he is the dad of two of the cutest twins I have ever seen. Um, not the creepiest, the cutest. And that is Andrew Sanford. So I'm going to bring him in right now, Andrew. Hi, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I am good. I'm good. I hope I did you some justice. You did wonderful. Ju- it, I will say it is Pajiba. Pajiba. All that really matters is how you spell it, because that's what you're really going to be doing. But um, Pajiba is how it's Pajiba. pronounced. I feel like I would be remiss. It doesn't matter. There are. There's also a lot of other wonderful writers over there too that you should check out. I did. I should have said that. Um, people who are mu- <laughs> people who are much more qualified to review movies than I am. Um, because it's what they do for a living. Not to to say we're not qualified. I don't want to dash anybody's hopes before we get started. Oh, not at all. Yeah, let's not not ruin that. I've seen easily 50 movies. Um, No big deal. It's whatever. (laughs) No big deal. No big deal. Right there. Um, Anthony, thank you so much for the shoot. Did you just call me Anthony? No, Anthony. Anthony is oh, one of our I'm super sorry. chat contributors. <laughs> I oh, would I hope I knew your I name didn't... by now. Oh man, Anthony, I love your <laughs> I love your last name. That's a dope last name, man. It, um, Mikulski. Mikulski. Yeah, he's a huge supporter of the show. Oh, Anthony, cool. thanks for being here. Let's give a shout out quick before we bring in our other amazing co-host. Matthew Riot is here. Brad. Alien girl, thank you for being here. Morkavi oh. Studios. Ooh, hello. That pretty cool. Tim F is here. I'm going to try to shout you guys out as much as I can. Um, We're going to be really busy tonight Mm -hmm. um, reviewing these movies as well and showing you some special clips. But let's move to our second co-host of the night. That is... Nicholas Westermeyer. Nicholas is an actor, director, and teacher based in New York City. He received his BA in theater from Clark College and his MFA. That... Smart, smart man, MFA in acting from Brooklyn College. He currently teaches theater and speech at uh, CUNY, C-U-N-Y. He is a founding member of Voyage Theater Company and Third Kind Productions, a little company I know a little something about. He is also the co-executive producer and co-star of Reverie Lane. I put that in there, Nick, so he's going to love that. So without further ado, <laughs> let's bring him in, Nicholas Westermeyer. What's up, buddy? Hey. <laughs> Welcome. I think this may be the first time we have done this in a really. I think the last movie the three of us might have looked at was like, God, Last Jedi, maybe. Did we? T- I don't think I talked about that for your show. No, maybe I think that not. Was, was that you, me, and Chris? Was that Chris? Okay, okay. The last, the last time we did something was whatever the last October was. Oh my god! Not the last one, the year before right. the last one. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 
I don't even. I don't even remember. I remember. So I watched some great movies. I know that they were fantastic. <laughs> oh, was that the one where we did? Um, it follows. Uh, yes, and two other ones. Krampus. Yeah, Krampus. it was a really like hodgepodge episode. But I kind of like that. Anytime before we get too into the weeds, um, yeah. I used to host a podcast. It's pretty much like done at this point it kind of the pandemic kind of it was a pandemic casualty but that's Uh, that's okay it was a lot of fun um we did i did that for a few years and even though it was like a pop culture and politics discussion podcast every october because i love horror movies so much we throw out the entire purpose of the podcast and just talk about horror movies and i would bring on wonderful people that i love to talk to um and i you two were um one of the few multiple guests um, I tried to switch it up every year, but um, Ryan's my favorite hard UFO podcaster too, mainly because <laughs> I'm jealous, Anthony. Jealous of I'm, my hair, Anthony. We're good friends, Anthony. I'm trying to slip these comments friends. in. Don't feel like you have to respond. Sorry, to I look. It's hard. To, I noticed that they're there now, and I can't. I know. Um, I've got, I love these that. are all my like hardcore. Um, friends out there who are always here to support so i love you guys um but yeah tell us a little bit more about shocktober that's what we're doing tonight i would throw out the purpose of the podcast we just talk about horror movies and um i think the first time you guys did an episode too we talked about like six of them but what happened was yeah 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 which was a lot of fun but anyway um so and i would call it shocktober because that's what i i'm not the first or the last person to call october shocktober because the scary movies but yeah so I love but you doing that. You can take credit for it. Yeah. I yes, I, I will. I take sole credit for it. I, there is it's <laughs> October TM. Um, it's so much fun. I miss it. It's, I miss it is it. a lot of fun. I do. Miss, I do miss that aspect of things. But it was um, just things move on. I got busy with other stuff. The pandemic happened. We couldn't record in the same room, which I always, I usually prefer. I like this. Yeah. This app is great. Um, oh, it's great. But it is hilarious that all three of us live in the New York City kind of metro area. Yeah. Yeah, we're in three different places. Absolutely. But, uh, I've done more theater to, uh, 2021. via Zoom over the pandemic than I have ever. Sure. Very I true, I don't know people are anymore. I know. <laughs> I know. When I, when I see people in person, I'm like, I got to, like, touch their face and make sure it's real. I'm like, sure. what's happening here? And then that's when I get arrested. Um, really, but that's yep. another story. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, let's talk, since I have you both here, you both, both of you guys come from the theater world. Um, that's originally how I met both of you. Um, and all three of us became really good friends. Nick and I went through a lot of trials and tribulations, both as struggling artists in New York and then as creative partners. And um, it's been a crazy journey ever since. And same with Andrew. We've written a play together at this mm-hmm. point. Um, Nick and I have worked on a movie together. It's just been an incredible ride. But um, what I want to know from you guys, since I have you here, um, you're both performers as well. Um, your experiences in the world of horror, which is a lot of what we're going to be talking about tonight. So, Nick, I think I'd, I'd love to start with you, man, before we dive into the movies. Uh, what is your experience as a performer with horror? I know you've done a couple horror <laughs> films. Um, would you mind giving us a little... Little no, no, of your experiences with that. So, I mean, I'm kind of like Andrew. Like, I love horror movies, and um, definitely, and and you, Ryan, definitely like a, a large swath of them. I, I like watching them. It's kind of what I do in, in October. Um, in terms of doing horror movies, I've done a couple shorts. I've done two feature films that are more like slasher genre. So, one of the things with my experience is that 
there's definitely a formula that goes with it, but um, it's probably the most fun I've had working on a set. Um, the stuff people come up with creatively to do effects on lower budget. So with a lot of times the horror movies, you'll see that younger filmmakers or experienced filmmakers will do them and do them more lo-fi, low budget, um, because they can be really effective without a lot of um, effects. Um, and that was right. cool. So, yeah, I mean, I've done two feature films, uh, which is great. It's, it's probably the most fun I've had shooting a movie. They're always fun. The cast are always great. And watch yeah. someone stick glass in someone's eye. And make it look <laughs> cool. I don't know. What, uh, what was the name? Do you mind? Um, I've done so, uh, Frat House Massacre, uh, Violence <laughs> of the Mind, The Gacy Project. Um, oh, God, there's a couple other ones. Those are the three big ones that come to my mind, though. Now, was this the original Frat House Massacre? Oh, this wasn't like part 12, No, 14. no, it's an OG. It's, uh, okay. it's nice. something. That's, Andrew, hey, we that's should watch that, and then Andrew and I should talk about it. There I you go. Like... I'll have, I'll look, no, it won't even be that. I'll interview you about it. Oh, I'll really yes. get into the, I want to, one of the things, like, not to spoil anything, but I really wanted to, for some of the movies that we watched, I really wanted to pick some of the creators brains afterwards all of them actually for different reasons um yeah so a little tease there absolutely and i did pick the brains of some of the uh directors and that's actors so exciting tonight's film so that's we will so be cool. hearing from them um Love but that. yeah they're very accessible so um definitely andrew i'll i'll have them reach out to you man um but awesome. And guys, like if you want to give your comments on the films we're reviewing tonight, put them in the chat. Um, put them in the super chat if you want. We'll definitely um, we want to know what you guys think of these movies as well. The, this is just the three of us just sitting back, drinking, and uh, having a good time. Um, thank um, you so I'm much. Dr- yep, I'm drinking caffeinated bubbly. Caffe- I'm not gonna you- lie, y'all. It's pretty. It's pretty damn good. It's what do you got, Nick? Diet Coke. Yeah. Am I the only? God, I'm the I'm the alcoholic. No, Ryan. 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 Right. Yeah, he already showed oh. you his giant. He already showed you his giant jug of vodka before you're, we got on here. <laughs> Your North Carolina jug. Um, I love it. I am drinking <laughs> pumpkin <laughs> ale. Ooh, nice oh, no. sound effects, Andrew. Um, I do want to give a thing. shout out. He is. He is the Renaissance man incarnate. John L from Australia with the super chat. Thank you so much, John. Thanks for being with us, man. What time is it there? I can roll, brother. Glad. Yeah. Um, what did Anthony say, Ryan? Look at Andrew's shirt. Oh, plaid. Yeah. Thank I you. am known as plaid man. Anthony, no, it's not even so. just that, bro. Anthony, I was waiting. I was literally about to say, I'm just going to say it. Nobody has acknowledged my Mick Foley cosplay over here. I oh, just saw it. Like my little, my little, like I, wait, I was wait, almost wait. going to put on the full Ghostbusters. Mick costume. Foley or Cactus Jack? Well, here's the thing. Cactus Jack didn't always wear the flannel on top That's of the shirt. True. He did That's sometimes, true. but that was usually, I feel like when Mick Foley wrestled as himself, um, this is the look he would kind of rock. I love me some Mick Foley. Um, and it was either this or the Ghostbusters costume, but that thing's hard to pee in. And uh, I know yeah. that'll happen at some point tonight. So exactly, this is yeah, my nod to how ha- odd my ode to Halloween. <laughs> to um, I love it. I love it. I wish. Thank I, you, I, I tried to. I tried to stupefy. He's great, man. He's so cool. Um, I love having him here. He's here every every time uh, I do this. Thank amazing. you. Thank I tried you. to spookify my studio. I've got this fluorescent ghost. I got. Um, nice. from Target. Very nice. Very nice. Um, let's see what else we got. We got the jackalope in there. Yeah, I thought it'd be appropriate. Jackalope. Jackalope, jackalope is classic. What is a jack? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Jackalope. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've had that for a while. That's our one and only child. So um, I know yeah. I carried that into your apartment for you. You did. Nick has. Oh my god. I'm not. We won't even get into that. Why did it leave? Why did there have to be a second time? Yeah. Why did there have to be a second time, Ryan? Um, I don't. When you got back from LA. Oh, that's why. I like to black out those two years of my life. To be completely honest, I forgot. I've honestly forgotten about this point. (laughs) John says it's 11:15 a.m. Oh, good. Well, good morning to John. Ah, John, that sounds like an excuse to me, brother. It what does. do you have to do today? Come on. <laughs> Listen to Come us. On. Be honest fun with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be honest with me. We're all um, friends here. John, it's just me and you. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Andrew's having his own episode with John. What? Hey, look, I'm, trying to, take, no, I'm the, not trying take... to encourage anybody to do anything <laughs> that they don't want to do. You can take Andrew away from the podcast, but he'll always come back. It's his home. He always comes back. It's safe space. You're right. That's true. That's true. There's no escaping. P.S. I love the Batman animated series. Hello, we're getting a new animated Mondo series uh, from what I hear. Yes, from, from Bruce Timms. Okay. No, yeah, it's going to be a TV show, a cartoon from Bruce Tim. Very exciting. Oh, okay. Awesome. And Bruce Tim and somebody people. else. I think one of the people working on Harley Quinn, which Ooh. is an amazing show. Yeah, it's like really incredible stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, new cartoon from Bruce Tim, which is very, yeah. very, very exciting. And another new Batman. Man, it is the year a lot of, of like reboots like i want to talk to you guys about that too we've got chucky the tv series we've got halloween which isn't a reboot tomorrow yeah no chucky and i actually like controversial thought maybe not hot take maybe not whatever child's play is one of the most consistent franchises in any horror um even though they do like it's always kind of like campy. I just think that first movie is a little bit scarier than people give it credit for, which, as you said earlier, I wrote about how it affected me watching it now as a new father um, for mm-hmm. Pajiba.com. I can, uh, Ryan, can you drop that link in the, in the comments, I guess? Yeah, or can absolutely. I do that? I um, look, check it out. You might enjoy it. Um, it's good. A very personal read. Thank you, Nick. Um, but I, uh, one of the great things about Child's Play is Don Mancini who is Chucky's creator. And in the first movie, I think he gets like a story by credit and a co-writer credit. And then he slowly like bumps up until like he's soul writer. And then seed of Chucky, which is like, if you know, it's a comedy going in is better than I think people give it credit for. It's not, it's, it misses a lot, but it hits as well. Um, Cause it's just funny and silly. He wrote and directed that one and then wrote and directed Curse of Chucky, and which was straight to Blu-ray and exceeded all expectations and was kind of a return to a traditional horror for the franchise. Um, and then he went and worked on Hannibal a little bit, the TV show. I think mm. that timeline works up right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then took what he learned from that and did Cult of Chucky, which you can see the influence visually, and then came up with the idea for the show but the people who own the rights to Child's Play wanted to do a reboot, which then halted the plans for the show because they were like, this reboot might say... Like, this dude is actively working on this franchise. It's the only franchise I can think of where it's had a singular creative mind in charge Behind for it. its entirety. It's been 30-plus years, right? and it's just been him. So... It's got that going for it, and the honestly, the first episode of the TV show, because thankfully, I know there are some people that liked it. I honestly just did not see it because I didn't think it was fair that that franchise was taken away from him like that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I didn't see the reboot. I just know it did not do well enough to warrant a sequel. So the production for the TV show went back on and it's another just advancement for the franchise. It's really good stuff. I think that first episode is like free on YouTube now too. Oh, like, okay. I highly recommend it. Um, I'm going to have to check it out. I, like, and, and I'll and, happily plug somebody else's work because I enjoyed it that much. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I failed miserably with dropping the link. Dude, can you say, um, spell it out for us? Yeah. Um, P-A-J. I, I can pull it up. Hold on just cool. a sec. I got a computer in front of me. Let me get right up. Oh, here it is. I got it. I'm going to put a link right here, guys. To directly to Andrew's um, article, so please go read that. Thanks, bud. After this, of course, after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later, don't read it now. Halloween Kills comes out tomorrow, which (laughs) very excited about that. Me too. Me too. But let's let's get to it. The reason we're here, the reason people are listening to us go on and on, is these found footage films. Now, um, a lot of our viewers and listeners have probably seen a lot of these, um, but. I want to know from you guys, is this your first time seeing all of these films? Um, all, Let's go with you. All except for the slumber party uh, abduction, which, abduction? Okay. Yes, which I do think it's important to point out for context of that movie that it is because I've seen VHS 2. Mm-hmm. which was uh, that short. I, I, I know you spoke with the director earlier today. Um I'm not sure if he did it independently first and then it just got rolled into that movie or it was just made for that movie. But it's an anthology movie, so that segment is a smaller segment amongst other segments. And I do right. think that's important to bring up even well before we get into talking about that movie because right. um, context is everything for a lot of these things. Um, and yeah. that, especially for its pace, its flow, like it's when you put it in the context of what it needed to be, there are things that you can excuse because exactly you just you know yeah. it's part of the thing it's part of you're, what it is you're right i think you know you zoom in on just this slumber party alien abduction yeah. um not vhs as a whole which yeah um jason eisner the creator he did create this specifically for vhs mm. um i i don't know if that made it into i i had to dude it was awesome i asked i asked him to do like a 5 minute video and we went for like half an hour oh, so awesome. i had to drastically cut down what you guys are going to see tonight but i am going to put the extended version of the interview up on youtube as well nice. um but yeah he you know the challenge was to create a like you know very short film in the vhs found footage sort of feel and that's what he came up with and um, yeah as we'll get to i think it was pretty effective um Mm -hmm. but let's start chronologically so tonight we're going to be talking about the mcpherson tape from 1989 Mm -hmm. slumber party alien abduction 13 alien abduction 14 and the fourth kind 2009 we're going to end with fourth kind because i know that's the one we're going to talk about probably the most um pretty divisive and um I know a lot of people in the chat probably have some um, some ideas about that as well. But let's start with um, literally, I can say um, almost with certainty, there might be some debate on this. The first found footage film that really came out um, worldwide, and that is the McPherson tape, 1989, 10 years before the Blair Witch Project. We got the McPherson tape. There's a really interesting story behind how this came to be. We will hear from the director about that after our review. But um, let's kind of jump in. Here's the quick synopsis of McPherson tape. 
Uh, on a typical fall evening in 1983, young man was videotaping his niece's fifth birthday party. As the night's strange occurrences took place, he kept his video camera running, recording the entire event. And that event would be an invasion, an alien abduction. Um, so before we kind of get into like what the film is about, um, written and directed by Dean Aliotto, starring Tommy Giafacini, Patrick Kelly, and Shirley McCullough. Um, and uh, Dean, actually, the creator, plays the 16-year-old who has the camera. So there you go. The director is literally the one behind the seat of the camera. Was he 16 at the time? No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. No, he was not. But um, so, yeah, that's I guess great. that's kind of um, the premise. We we get this found footage film. A guy is recording his family like most families do. And mind you, again, this was filmed in 1989. So, I mean... Yeah. That's just crazy to me to think that that's the earliest found footage film we have. And, um, you know, you can feel it. You can definitely feel this is from the late 80s when yeah. you first start watching it. But, um, yeah, what did you guys think? Initial thoughts when you started watching this for the first time? I was immediately engaged by it. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Like, I, because it's, there is an authenticity to how the movie is set up and, how it looks and it really like, it doesn't feel, I mean, obviously it was filmed in the late eighties, so it looks like it was filmed in the late eighties, but it also has this tone to it. And I think the, um, I, without tangenting too much, I think all four of these movies did at least one thing that was like really, really strong. Um, Some of them did a few things that are really strong, but I think that the McPherson tape, one of the, many strong things that I think it does is the improv amongst the family. Um, right. And that's, that's not easy. And I do think in one of these other movies, you see that that's not, that improv's not easy um, to make it believable that these people are just kind of like, it felt like I was looking at a family and my first thought, and maybe, you know, the answer to this Ryan um, is what was the distribution for this? Because I know you mm. said it didn't get like a proper release until just a few years ago. It's not right? even correct. It's not even a real yeah. film. That's crazy. Exactly. I know. Okay. I was looking for like Rotten Tomatoes, nothing. Um, well, yeah, that's and I don't think the clip I have really goes into that too much, but this film was never distributed. So crazy story. Um, Dean Eliotto, the filmmaker, full disclosure, is a friend of mine. Um, mm. I was in a uh, recent horror film of his, which I'll tell you guys about a funny story with that after this. Um, it He filmed it and they had a distributor, like they had it all set up. So he gave them the final cut. He gave them all the artwork, like it was ready to go. And not shitting you, the distribution building burned to the ground and everything was lost. The master copy of the film, um, all of his artwork, everything destroyed like you would think that it was like when he first told me that i'm like come on man like that's such a like sort of cliche thing like maybe this guy burned it to the ground for insurance money maybe that's what happened i don't know but what happened like he was heartbroken you know Mm -hmm. this is his first film um that he ever made and um that happened so for years after that he was like well you know shit happens moving on Little did he know that somehow, some way, there were copies made of the film um, that made it out onto like the black market and the early days of the internet. And um, it became this cult thing specifically within the UFO community. Mm -hmm. This thing 
for years. I'm not kidding you guys. Um, was touted as real. Us in the UFO community um, thought this was an actual home video taken of an alien abduction. That's how convincing it was, um, which we'll get to in yeah. terms of what how convincing you guys think this was. But um, that was crazy. And then when Dean, the filmmaker, found out about this, he was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. So my film still is alive. And not only that, people think it's real. Like, I did my job. Um, but he wanted to get credit for it. You know, like, no, I made this. This wasn't like, this isn't a real alien abduction, guys. Come on, come on. So he ended up going on like TV and saying, um, I made this film. I can prove to you I made this. But the UFO community was not having it. They were so convinced and I think wanted to believe this was real. It was the evidence we always wanted. Um, yeah, Lieutenant Colonel in the Army actually was convinced that, like, it's, that this was real. It's crazy, crazy. Like to the point where eventually um it got picked up by dick clark productions and remade but well dean will explain that to us but um yeah that's the story behind the distribution it never did but somehow it still came up from the ashes like a phoenix and and that's what i thought because it felt like and it's hard to explain uh this to people maybe uh that aren't of a certain age but i think we're all of it like tape swapping was a thing yeah, you swap tapes with people. Absolutely, like he had these big clunky tapes, and you traded it for other big clunky tapes. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's what you did. I did that with bootlegs. You yeah, know, Broadway shows back in the day. It's like, oh, I can't go to New York and see whatever. So then, Wicked, Phantom of the Opera. Like, let me get it on the black market. Uh, can I? Can I swear on the show? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm gonna say one last thing, and then I'm gonna shut the fuck up so Nick can talk. Um, <laughs> it, but uh, just real quick. Did it have, did the version that was out there have credits? Yeah. Yes. And people still thought it was real? But what they did is whoever leaked them cut the credits off. The okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Same with like okay. the title card at the beginning. Like whoever put this out, like did it for a reason. Like they, gotcha. I honestly think it somehow made it into the hands of like some UFO person. And they were like, I'm, I, I got to get this out there. Like people are gotcha. going to think it's real. Like, that's proving this is all real and my life's mm. work is for a reason, you know? Um, so yeah, the, with the version that got out to the public, like all those things were cut off. So I get it. Like if I had seen this back in like 92, 93, which I did not, I saw the UPN remake version much later on, which we'll get to, um, which was still terrifying to me as well. But um, this original version in 89, like I can't imagine what it must've been like, seeing that like on you know not on television just getting a copy of it and throwing that in the vcr and watching it again like found footage wasn't a thing so we didn't have all these ideas of like oh they're they fake this they fake this like we weren't there yet i think as an audience to be like yeah for sure this is fake um at least that's my opinion i i don't know but nick what do you think yeah no i mean it's this is all just dovetailing off the stuff you guys said so i mean I didn't do a lot of research about any of the films before we started watching them because I kind of came in later. So I was just trying to get like the movies watched. And so this is the second one I watched of the group. And like the, I basically took three notes and then just watched. So I said like, oh, early found footage, the eighties exclamation point. Um, Cause I was so like impressed. I was like, holy shit. I didn't know this existed. Um, and then I was like, feels very home movie. And, and finally I just wrote be impressed. Um, so for me, like one of the things I think about 
when you're working on like a found footage film, uh, I'm sure this is the same as like a film director, which I'm, I'm sure Andrew could talk about, or as an actor, is how do you make something feel um, as as realistic as possible to make it feel mm-hmm. like this is actually sure. something that's being shot, the actors aren't acting in it to make it feel genuine. And that was something that I thought that actually worked really well with the older, like 80s style, the home movies, the the lo-fi of it um, worked really well. And then to add to that, Andrew, you mentioned this, the interaction between the family, that was the thing I was the most impressed with. I was like, this mm-hmm. sounds, it sounds to me very real. Like yeah. I bought, I bought into it. It's, it felt like I was watching like an old family recording of my family. Um, and so because of that, I was automatic, I was already engaged. I was like, this is doing a really good job because as a general rule, I'm not a huge fan of found footage films because you on to me, I already go, this is not, this isn't real. Like it, it, you can, you can hear it. You can, you can feel it in the way that it's being the, the way that the, the damn dynamic between people. It's why I thought Blair Witch was so good because Blair Witch yeah. had that feeling of like, sure. well, shit, they're in the woods. This is really happening. Well, and I thought this movie just fucking nailed that. I mean, just was so well done in its simplicity um, between everybody in it. And I, I just can't like, I couldn't let go of that. I was like, it was so, it felt so genuine. And that even so I, at one point, yeah. because I didn't know, I was like, the fuck? I like got on IMDb. I was like, is this? And I was like, okay, it's fake. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> right? Cool. But, but you had to look and that I happened with Blair Witch, I remember too. Yeah. And you know, I bought like, it from fucking. I bought it from from Amazon. I was like, oh yeah. Then I still was like, wait, is this not? Is this right? Fake. Um, Even though there's how, like a title how, card, right? It's right. crazy. That's how bought in I was. I was like, yeah. that's so. You know, I was like, nice. Kudos, kudos for doing something. Well, like that. and you know, I I I guess I can speak for Dean because um, you know, I I did like a three hour interview with him about this entire journey with both versions of the film. Um. I think they rehearsed for like a week. Like these people were right. cast. They were all local actors out in like the Bay area and, um, you know, brought them in a room, told them kind of the concept and what they were going for. And again, like now you can be a trained found footage actor. Like there's classes to take on just how to be in found footage films um, from what I've been told. But really? back then, huh. like <laughs> there, cool. that's not, nobody knew no. what that was. So I can't imagine like, showing up on set and kind of like just experimenting. And this is what we got. And I think it was, it was really effective. And we even even talked about like the actual plot, which is, you know, aliens show up and, um, and this is inspired. I should say, Andrew, you and I talked about this briefly Um, the Hopkinsville goblin invasion. Yes. Back in 1955. Um, Nick, I'll tell, I'll I'll school you on this one. Um, This family in Kentucky, uh, these weird goblin-like creatures showed up in the middle of the night on their like property and were like just surrounding this house. And they like went out shooting at these things. Bullets were bouncing off of them. They were like floating in midair. It was like a weird battle going on between these like alien goblins and this terrified family. And Dean was very inspired by this supposed real event that happened back in the 50s. Like the Air Force came and investigated it, part of Project Blue Book which was an official Air Force that, investigation. That's like a legit thing, right? Yeah, Project, Project Blue Book. Come up a butt. It's like a legit, sorry, I'm probably the least knowing. No, uh, and Nick, if, no. if I've learned anything doing this with Ryan, it's that once you watch enough of these movies, 
all of those terms will just it'll become old, it'll become yeah. old hat to you exactly. Um, okay. <laughs> I saw it twice. I was like, okay, Project yeah. Blue Book, clearly something really important. I, yeah. I, Blue I, Book I, ran for like twelve years, and it was a wow. real program that the Air Force did to it's go investigate UFOs, and okay. um, they hired an astronomer to come in and like debunk all these cases be like it was the planet venus you saw or it was swamp gas that's where that term swamp gas comes from With all the um, or you were yeah like stuff like that or you mistook something like it was his job to come in and be like i need to like quell the hysteria here in america because this is back during the cold war they didn't want people thinking like our skies weren't safe so they hired this astronomer to be like i'm going to explain it all away um and i think once Project Blue Book closed, there were 701 cases that remained unsolved. And this astronomer came out on the other side being like, holy shit, like there is something to this UFO phenomenon, things I cannot explain, things the Air Force told me to legitimately cover up. And he went against all of that after and came forward and said, they told me to lie about this. They told me to lie about this. Um, that still remains unexplained. And he went to his grave being like, wow, Um I was hired to debunk all this and I couldn't. And there's something to this. So Damn. this, this Hopkinsville goblin thing was a part of that, um, which is crazy. So that was kind of the inspiration I think for Dean to tell this story. Yes. I, uh, two things. Yeah. Uh, I don't want it to go on. And I promise I won't keep doing this uh, without it being said that my man, Anthony said it looked like shock G in the comments. <laughs> and I consider that, the highest of compliments, Anthony. My go-to karaoke song is the Humpty Dance. So, oh, uh, I, I am, I am, I am, I am quite, quite fond of Shock G and the digital. May he rest in peace. God bless and you, the Anthony. Digi- and the digital underground, and um, just that really that got to my heart. So, thank you. Um, the other thing, y'all. Let's be real for a second, because I do. I did very much enjoy the McPherson tape. Like I just full full on. I it was a great. It's it, it it was just a lot of fun to watch. And I think especially when you think of it as being passed to somebody else in their basement that they watched, thinking it was real. That's super fun. But I, when watching it, um, because and we're going to get in this a little bit later with some of the other movies, is that I do think that some of these, um when done correctly, give you a little bit to let you in to be like, it's not real. Like yeah. there's always like a little something for right. me. No, and this felt inten- intentional and probably for budgetary reasons. Cause from what I saw, he shot this for $6,500, which yeah. is really impressive. Um, That's impressive. You, you, nobody thought those aliens look no, like, I was very Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. I just saw that, and maybe it's because, you know, maybe after years of not seeing, and I think, so, Brian, that communion book cover, that's like around the same time, right? Yeah, and absolutely. Wasn't it, and wasn't that the first time that, like, Grays really broke out into popular culture? Keep talking. I'm going to grab the book. Okay, perfect. I remember talking about that because Ryan and I talked about communion before for his podcast. Um, I think last year, and Greys, as the I believe they're called, um, were, there we go. That yep. that look of a gray with the whatever shape the head is and the eyes, 
the slit nose, that was just becoming popularized. And just, a lot of it yeah. is because of that book cover, right? Does that book cover have a date on it? Do you know what year yeah, that was? Um, so the book came out in, um, let me double check here. Uh, and I want to get this right, because this is a pinnacle book in sure. ufology. 87, 1987. Okay, so I would even love to ask Dean if he had seen the book ahead of time or if he had thought it like gotten that idea um from somewhere else maybe he was one of the early adapters um but i just i guess again because we're talking within context um at the time maybe that got people i don't know i just and i and it's and it is he shot it on sixty five hundred dollars and it's still there's a lot of fun stuff about the aliens but i saw that and i was like okay this is him letting us know that this isn't real uh, right. Well, let's thing. talk about let's talk about the first time you see them, Nick. I'm sorry, but oh no, um, I was yeah. I go was, ahead. I wanted to add that was the thing that I thought watching this movie. The only thing I would have liked more, and it's funny now that I watch movies as I'm older, yeah. uh, I appreciate what I don't see. So, like, I remember seeing Blair Witch Project and being like, "We don't see the fucking witch." Um, still being freaked the fuck out by it the whole time. But I remember being like, you know, whatever age I was, my early teens or almost teenager, and wanting that moment. Um, and wanting the, the tangible thing. And now as I'm older and I watch stuff, I'm like, no, sometimes not seeing something mm-hmm. is more effective. And that's what I thought with the film. I was like, man, I would have loved to have not seen the fucking alien. And mm. like, just let it like, it's like the fucking end of the Sopranos. Spoiler. Just like, yep. go to black if something happened. Because it's so grainy anyway that you, you, I lost so much detail, you know, that and in a way that I liked. They almost would have rather just not seen them. And then I would have I been that much more like kind of creative. Because yeah, as soon as they walked in, I was like, oh, those are some well, if you're like me, my height people. Or um, you know, those are just some like, yeah. Or you know, I'm like, okay, yep, that is Yeah, you're a little short. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um I was like, you know, Shorty that's just it just it broke me out. I was like, Oh, okay, I get why it's happening, but like yeah. I would have loved to just not seen them or just kept the one, the body. Like you see them carrying in the body. And I was like, okay, right. hidden enough that it still kind of worked for me. Right. Cause one of the things that whenever I deal or watch anything with aliens, and this is across the board for all the films we're going to see, like, and I understand that there is, I mean, obviously if there's aliens, there's lots of different kinds of aliens, right? Just like there's lots of kinds of species of things all over the place. Um, but the idea of the gray is mm-hmm. such a common idea that we see right like it's such an easy thing to go to that like it almost breaks me out of it it almost breaks me, it. Breaks me out yes. of the illusion of what i'm watching and that was something that like i just i would have rather not seen an alien um, it's so funny you mentioned that nick like i get reports of people um claiming to have seen these gray beings or having been abducted by them and when I hear, when I have them describe it and it's this prototypical gray alien, I do kind of be like, ah, well, like either this is a pattern and all these people are being abducted by the same beings, or you just saw that in pop culture and that's what you went with. So I, I struggle with that as a UFO researcher in, and an individual who is very empathetic to uh, what we call experiencers, people who have claimed to have experienced these things. And again, I'm like, this this discussion tonight isn't about judging uh, no. those who have claimed alien abductions or anything like that. But I understand what you're saying. Um, the weirder the reports are that come to me, the more obscure, the more I tend to believe it, um, that it's not the same story I've heard over and over again. Right. And so I just would have been more, more scared, like just being an audience member. Like I am always more scared 
of what I do not get to see, especially yeah. in found footage stuff, because like it's like, oh, we're gonna set the shot up perfectly so you get the reveal, like Andrew said, like the nod that this isn't real is when you get that like perfect reveal of the thing that's coming after you. And when that doesn't happen and some other thing happens to that camera, to me, that's way spookier. Because my mind, especially as like a, a theater creator, starts to fill in. Oh yeah, sorry. Bless you. Um, you. Starts to fill in the. the yeah, the I got an agreement. Nah, with that, with that point. Yeah, um, seemed legit at the time. Yeah, I will say, like, and I get because I get what you're saying, Nick, and I don't disagree. But my counter question would be: What if it was something that you had seen? Um, uh, oh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that I, was pretty popular. I tend to forget okay. about that movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, um, um, hold on one sec. I should mention uh, this poster behind me is from Close Encounters of the Third oh, Kind. Nice. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. The artist is escaping me, but I will put a link in the show notes. Um, just by chance, I got that because uh, I thought it looked Halloween-y and UFO-y. So, yeah, thought I would mention that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, my counter question, Nick, would be like, so in, um, do you think, and I know obviously it's hard to put yourself in a certain position after you've already watched something. Yeah. But um, if you, let's say, you saw this, even if you knew it was a movie, you know, in 1989, um, and this was a concept for an alien that you may not have seen that often, do you think that would have given you any kind of leniency oh, or I mean it's all yeah. con- it's all context, right? Like it's all sure. in a matter of like what you're used to seeing at a given time. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm sure like that's I mean, dude, killer clowns from outer space scared the living shit out of me when I was hey, a man, kid. Look, so those clowns sure are pretty like, scary looking. My yeah. brother would be like, We're gonna watch this shit now. I'd be like, No. So I'm <laughs> sure if I watched this even as a even as a younger viewer, right? This somehow floated into our house because my brother loves scary movies, I would have been like, Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Um I'm just saying if we're looking at it like constructively, like if you're gonna make a film like that where budget it where budget is an issue, right? So clearly I'm sure I would love to know that like you saved your budget for that, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the thing that like you're gonna spend your money on to create that moment. But would it have been more effective to not see it so like them walking in the room in that way? Yeah. Um, but yeah I, I get that. Totally what about the standing in front of the ship moment? What's that? What about the standing in front of the ship moment? Um, oh. You not like that either? No. See, it's funny because for the me, first when I was time watching, that happened yeah. so fast. Okay. Like, when I talk about like the great, the quality of the video adding adding to the film for me because it's sure. high def, like that kind of stuff for me passed. I loved it because I couldn't like – it happened so fast, and I was trying to like make out what was going on. Some of them carrying the alien in, like there's enough that's kind of hidden from me that it, it worked. It was just the end, the walking in in the end, where I was like, "Those are people in a costume." Yeah, like so. I think that even like a teenage me would have been like, "Those are people in a costume." In a costume. All right, that's fair. Well, I'm glad Andrew brought up the ship. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna kind of fast forward through the plot just in case people haven't really seen it. So. You know, it's this little girl's birthday. She blows out her candles. Then the power goes out. So these brothers, older brothers, go out to fix the electricity. And um, they end up going. uh, They see something kind of like, I don't know if it like zips by or crash lands. But they see something go off in the distance in the woods. So they go out. And, you know, the teenager who's still filming all of this. Because he's like, oh, this is kind of cool. They see literally a landed UFO. In like kind of, it looks kind of like a gorge or um, like a gully, whatever you would call that. And um, 
a ravine. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> it's the East Coast coming out in me. <laughs> a gorge. I got, I got um, you Midwest right here. Yep. Yep. And uh, that ship, we see like kind of remnants of a UFO and some little aliens in front of it. Um, I mean, Dean built that ship from scratch. I think That's with so the cool. plywood so and cool. like paper mache yeah, and stuff. It's and, really um, impressive. It's so good. So impressive. I have to give him credit. And like, you know, we had a couple people on set with him, but like this was as skeleton crew as it comes. And I, I'm just amazed at what he was able to do with that. But um, moving back to the plot. So they see it, the aliens see them. So they run back into the house, tell the rest of the family, there's fucking literally there's fucking aliens out there. And then the family gets all worked up and then, what happens? The aliens start to move in on the house, and you get that kind of typical um, aliens trap them in the house thing, like the Hopkinsville Goblins or mm-hmm. Signs. Signs was incredibly inspired by the Hopkinsville yeah. Goblin case as well. Um, and I think another one of our films that we're going to talk about was inspired by sure. either Signs or the McPherson tape. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the story. We, we don't have to go through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, they're trying to fend off these aliens. They shoot one um bring it into the house put it in a bedroom um and then the brothers try to go i don't know find the cops or something and they never come back so we are kind of left with the rest of the family to fend for themselves yeah. as uh this invasion happens oh um, man. When, yeah anything you guys like, want to add don't bring him inside why are you bringing him inside that's why I'm why saying, would you bring why him inside the fuck are you bringing that thing into your house I get well that. yeah there's that a lot of question and i think I, I i grant this some leeway in that kind of stuff um just because i think that um we now know that people do a lot of stupid things for no yes. reason i think that's good <laughs> Look, if you can't accept that, uh, fantastic. Oh, I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm on my TV being like, don't do it. No. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but there are a couple things. There was one thing I, I just have to say, and this probably, look, on a week of rehearsal, I'm, I'm impressed with what they were able to get done. I will say, I thought the improv was great. And I'm not even sure, was there a full script, Ryan, or was it improv? Most Okay, nope. that's what um, I figured. He gave them like a premise of the scene, and they did everything um i I feel, I feel i feel like there were time there were just a couple times and this could yeah. again giving a week of rehearsal uh where they just all not all of them but a lot of them had like kind of actory moments and a lot of them had with things had to do with things where it's like um, okay for this one part though you have to say have to uh, there's an alien that. outside of the like whenever <laughs> they were fed lines you could really tell and i was just yeah. like oh that's kind of like, well yeah, it's charming i i think there's right. there's a lot of charm to this movie it's i don't fault it for those kind of things it's just like i wouldn't fault um clerks for some of the um, some of the line reads that are in that movie, like there's there is just only so much you can do with that budget and that amount of time, and I think that they really did a lot. I think they did a lot that was impressive, and I some mean, of the moments shit happens with big budgets too. Yes, I mean, exactly. Just honestly, all big like, time. Yes, you know what I mean. Right. There's shit I watch well, all the time. Where I'm like, this is really good, and you get to a point where you're like, I mean, especially as like a person who teaches performance, right? And you get to right. where you're like. Oh yeah. Or if I'm performing and like I'm like, oh ooh. I think yeah. that's just that's the nature of the beast, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, I think this is a good point to um to mention too. Uh this became pretty popular that people at uh Dick Clark Productions um saw it 
and said, this is awesome. We, we let's do this. And they hired Dean to remake this with like a $1.5 million budget instead of $6,500. And it's almost shot for shot. I'm not kidding you. But but this was mind you, UPN who hired all the actors and stuff. So talk about like knowing something's fake. You've got like, just eating the scenery. And and what what are the kids from Space Cases was in there? Yes. Oh my God, dude. That was it made me, it made That's me how I knew it was fake. The kid yeah. with the ears. The kid with yep. the ears from Space really? Cases. Really? The, the ears and the mullet. Yeah. Also, Space Cases. I was trying to think up. of what that show was called. Yeah, good. Really good gig, man. I, I've been, uh, that show, uh, maybe somebody out there can help me. I feel like that show is hard to find. I don't understand all the things that were put on Paramount+. Plus. I can watch Are You Afraid of the Dark, Reckless Modern Life, uh, Nick Arcade, all kinds of stuff. I can't watch Space Cases? No. <laughs> I can't watch Space Cases. Space Cases. I can watch um, Hey Dude, and I can't watch Space Cases. on is on... It's on Paramount Plus, yeah. Wait, is Sweet Shorts on Paramount Plus? Fuck yeah, Sweet Short is on Paramount Plus. But you know what is it? a whole other podcast. Space Cases. That show. No more digressing. I remember watching that show because I'm like, yo, Zach from Power Rangers is on that show. Yes, he was. And then Julie Julie Stace. Jules Stace. The one who ended up in Firefly. Firefly, right. So I watched oh, her fast right, forward right. on Disney, and then she was in that show, and I was like, yeah. you are – and uh, you are, therefore yeah. – and then she was gone in the second season. I was like, you just Keep robbed me. Keep it PG, me. Nick. Keep it PG, buddy. Disney, you robbed me, and Nickelodeon, you robbed me. <laughs> that show was great. Anthony Clark says, oh, my God, the best. Um, let's right. see. Let's let's run through a few of these comments. Thanks, Mary, for being here. UFO. I like Signs too. I like Signs too. I think Signs a is a great movie. movie. Mm-hmm. I love Signs. Um, Ooh, well, Space Ghost and Zorak, sure. I saw that. I love it. Don't forget Brack Show. Um, let's let's I guess because um, we could talk about Mc... we could talk about all these movies forever. Yeah, but, yeah. Jeez, yeah. Um, we've been going for almost fifty-five minutes already, guys. Um, any? Let me see if there's anything hey, else hey, that hey, I want to hey. really hit here. Um, so you know. It kind of. What did I miss? Now what did I, I miss? Now I, please continue. Okay. All right. Um, I love you guys. I love you guys. This is a side of me that my my viewers and listeners don't see often. Ryan in like Very theater in film mode with my sure. two best friends. Um, so I hope I hope people are digging this. Um, so so what do we got? Dead alien in the bedroom. The family is kind of like dealing with all these weird paranormal things going on in the house that the aliens are probably a part of. Um, and then we get to the end of the movie. And sure. um, this is interesting. You know, they're trying to calm down, keep the young daughter, like, you know, oh. distracted from all this. And then we get the final shots of the movie, um, which while I agree, you know, looked a little cheesy. Um, I thought were very effective. Like, the fact oh, that a, you're getting like, that's a, a great angle, and yeah. you're just seeing these creatures walk quietly into the home. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, look, look, look over, please look over, and then movie cuts out, and it's them. And I love too; it's the the family playing cards. I love that um, idea that they keep trying to um, calm each other down. You know, especially given that there's a five year old there. Yeah, like it's it's really. There's something very human about the whole thing that I really um, 
that I just really appreciated and I think um, was really well done and really yeah. helps enjoy the the movie, the picture. Like it's 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 it. There is this not even just heart necessarily. There is this humanity to it that I think is a good hook for something that is a found footage movie, and it it feels like it is found footage. Yeah, I, I really appreciated. There are some things that are a little contrived that happens, but I appreciated that the tone, the vibe, even when crazy shit is going on, it feels very found footage. I also love the excuse of uh, keeping the camera around, and this is—I feel like this would be a thing that would be done now, which is kind of funny. Um, which is the whole like, oh, that thing's huge and it's on your show. Like, get it. I love that that, that was happening in real time. Like, I mean, yeah. like six years removed because I know it's supposed to take place in 83, but that was that's how somebody would have reacted at the time. And I just think that's funny that that's cat like captured like a little well, time cap. Right. And all of that is like, I remember when my family got a camera like that. I mean, mm-hmm. dude, it yeah, came man. out all the fucking time. Sure. <laughs> I mean, just because, like, you know, for my parents who are old, so my parents are old, are much older from they're born in the 40s. So for them, like, this shit's just, I mean, when that came into our house, it was revolutionary. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, think about the first time you got a camera phone. Oh, almost oh pictures of everything. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Anthony. Thank you for that super chat. We have to still have fun discussing it while seriously talking about it. It gets so dry at times. Keep it fun. He's totally right. Like this is that's what tonight is for. Like we will leave the abduction phenomenon, the serious nature of it at the door. We're here tonight to talk about some kind of kind of. I think we're going to have I'm going to have to talk about that later. And you know me. Absolutely. I I know we're slowly moving, but I thought this is a really good example, too, in films like where good like having a very clear purpose of what you're trying to do like this is what i'm trying to accomplish with this film and then good storytelling can over like overshadow a lot of what would seem uh shortfalls or seem problems like budget like but knowing like knowing what you want to do and it's so impressive that it was the first one to watch that and be like this director knew what he wanted to do with this. It was yeah. clear and he, he yeah. executed it so beautifully. And just yeah. goes to show the storytelling, how much that can really, especially going into films later on, um, how much like a clear idea of storytelling can really bolster what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Agreed. And it can, it can like a story and an actor can really make something that might lack in other ways, like really shine. And I think this cast just, they, they, they seem like a real family. And it, I, it just seems yeah. so authentic to me. I loved the grandmother. I thought she was oh my god, fantastic. Well, and and I, I saw did, I said I saw somebody in the comments yes. say that she is. I they thought she, she had was an actual experience. That's wild. Yep. Um, no, I thought she was. She told the story at her audition, I believe, and they were oh, like, cool. "She's cast. She's cast." Yeah, she yeah. was great. She was yeah, 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 yeah. She was really gruff really old grandma. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. there's aliens out much. there. What? There's no like. What are you talking? And I, lo- I, 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 and I loved all that. And again, this is not a criticism. I, I just think this is funny. That it, it cracked me up that they were able to talk those dudes down. They just saw something that should break their brain, and yeah. they and they were just like, "No, it's fine." And they were like, they hug it out. And they're like. All right, I'm good. I'm good. You know what? You're let's right. Go let's go play cards. Let's, let's play canasta. <laughs> like it's <Yeah>. I did. <laughs> Birthday party commence. Yeah, yep, it was yeah, pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, that's crazy. Well, um, let's do this, guys. I've got a short. Um, short. I've got about a five minute clip from Dean who wanted to give his thoughts on a lot of, a lot of this for the audience. So, um, if you want, if you guys want to go take a 
a little break. I'm going to go ahead and play that for the audience right now. Um, we're going to get the inside scoop. Absolutely. Um, you're going to be able to watch it right now. Let me make sure I have this ready to go. Enjoy, guys. This is Dean Elioto talking about the movie. Ryan and Andrew, I heard that you guys are going to be reviewing my film, The McPherson Tape, and that you wanted me to comment on the making of it and also talk about my journey into the UFO alien abduction phenomenon rabbit hole. This film was made for two reasons. Uh, the first was I had to make my first feature by the age of 25 because all of my film directing idols like Spielberg and Scorsese had done that. And the second reason is that I had read Whitley Strieber's book, Communion which scared the shit out of me more than any Stephen King novel had ever done. And so I, I felt compelled to share this with an audience, but, but have them feel it as close as they, they can without actually being abducted. And so I came up with the conceit of shooting it through the lens of a 16-year-old's new home video camera. This is 10 years before Blair Witch, so there was no kind of reference for, oh, I'll just do a found footage film. It was more of, well, I've shot wedding videos. So uh, maybe if I just take this as an event, a little girl's five-year-old birthday party, and have this kid videotape it and then conflate the two where all of a sudden here this UFO sighting happens and they go out to investigate and they see this ship and aliens and then one by one they get abducted and it's all caught on videotape. I thought that would be as close as possible as I can get to approximating what that experience would be like. So I set about doing this. I only had a budget of 6,500 bucks. I hired improvisational actors uh, out of San Francisco, the Bay Area. Uh, this was shot just outside of that. And we went about shooting this in essentially one night. Uh, I play the kid, uh, Michael, and I have a headset on that I'm communicating to all the assistant directors. So I'm telling them, uh, cue the alien ship, cue the aliens. And, uh, and I'm trying to stay in character as a kid with this camera. It was a blast. It was very much like shooting a, a live sporting event. For the aliens, I took a page out of the Spielberg alien directing playbook and hired kids to play the aliens, three girls. And that was it. We had 750 bucks for the shipman alien masks and uh, rubber hands. You know, we had no idea really what we had because it was so experimental. It was just, let's just go out and shoot this. And what we get is, you know, what we're meant to get. We actually got a distribution deal and the film was set to get released. Unfortunately, the distribution company burned to the ground and lost my main master in all my artwork, and I thought, well, that was it, and it was for five years. And then I received a call from someone claiming that he had been to the International UFO Congress Convention where my film had been shown as the real McCoy. A lieutenant colonel and a UFO researcher uh, claimed it was authentic, and it supposedly brought the house down, and there were several TV shows that wanted to do specials. Um, shows like uh, Unsolved Mysteries, Encounters, etc. And so I went on one of these shows and debunked it because my feeling was I admire UFO researchers and, and you know, trying to get to the truth. And they sure as hell don't need to be going down any more blind alleys that um, are seem to be created every month by uh, fake UFO makers. And so um, I debunked the film on uh, national TV. And again, I thought, well, that was it. That was my kind of, you know, 15 minutes of fame on this project. And then flash forward a few years later, and I'm at UPN, and I'm pitching them a TV movie version of this. And um, now my budget was $1.25 and we got the guys from the X-Files to do the ship and aliens. And again, thought that was it. You know, it came out, did really well. 
And um, then several years went by, and with the proliferation of online and chat rooms and forums and stuff, a whole new crop of conspiracy theories started building around this, and it basically kind of cemented the cult status of the films. And so just a few years ago, I received a call from uh, Alejandro Rojas and Karen Brard at the International UFO Congress Convention, and for the 25th anniversary, they wanted to show the film again. And so that was kind of where part one of my journey as a filmmaker ended, and my journey as someone getting sucked into the UFO alien rabbit hole began. At these conventions, which I'd never gone to before, I met a whole bunch of people who seemed highly credible. I ended up actually going to a couple UFO support group meetings and um, left being just completely both terrified and shocked by what I had witnessed. There were people from all walks of life, from supervisors of Homeland Security to doctors and lawyers, uh, major in the army, a woman who had done TED Talk, highly credible people that were smart, articulate, and did not cause a blip to go off on my bullshit meter. So looking back on that film, I am really, really grateful that people have kept it alive and have been inspired by it, and some of them made their own films, and that people in the UFO community have also found it inspiring and worthy of conversation, and I look forward to doing more projects in that space. And lastly, and this is most important, you can get my film at Amazon. You can get it on Blu-ray, and you can also stream it. So thank you guys again for reviewing the film. I'm honored. I hope everyone digs it who hasn't seen it yet, and look forward to creating more content in this space in the future. Cheers. Awesome. So that was Dean coming in to give us the inside scoop on both versions of that. Um, I hope you guys had a good break. I'll bring you back in in just a sec. Nick's here. I'll bring you in, Nick. What's up, buddy? What's up? Um, so, yeah, we got the inside scoop from Dean. I thought that was pretty cool to have pretty him. Pretty amazing. Have him awesome. um, so Yeah, what? let's do it. Final rating of McDuffie. Let's do one out of ten flying saucers. What do you think? I'd give it like like an eight. Wait, can we do one out of ten not using seven? Can't like, use why? Sh- sure, because Nick. There's a whole so no listen, there's a whole study <laughs> that people will do that if you say raise something from one out of ten, they most people seven. will do seven because uh, they don't want to okay. go lower than seven because six is bad. That's they don't want to go higher than seven because that means it's too good. So if you eliminate seven, Seven point five. You motherfucker. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. And I'm actually gonna go much higher than that. I'm gonna wow. go um um because I think I would want to go, especially out of the four that I watched. Ooh, it's tough. I'm gonna say ten out of ten. I'm gonna give it ten out of ten flying wow. saucers. I really am. I really I enjoyed it. it. I think the I think Nick nailed it that there's a clear intent and mission to what's going on. I think he executed it really well. Um, especially with the tools that he had at his hand. And I think the fact that it fooled a generation of people is pretty, is pretty impressive, especially, and I appreciate knowing that that was not his intent. His intent was not to fool people. I think that's very important. And it's going to come up and it's going to come up again later. Yeah. Good. That's amazing. I love that. I'm really impressed by that. Really? Absolutely. That's going to come up again later? Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Cool. Let's, uh, let's move on. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to mix mine together um, between Nick's and yours. I'll give it a 9.5. I don't know What's what he could have really... Stuff? I don't know. 10. I don't know I what like Dean could have done rules. better. 
he he had so much working against him, so many challenges, being the first of his kind. Um, he had a lot to lose with this, but I think this really cemented him as like a pioneer in filmmaking, which was a dream of his. Um, he probably never saw it like being the first of something, but he did. So I give him all the credit in the yeah. world. McPherson Good him for his movie getting seen yeah. too, because like when you put when you make any kind of film, it's such a fucking labor of love that like absolutely good for him. That's well, amazing. okay. Before we move to our next film, very quick story. I was in one of Dean Alioto's newest horror movies. Um, this was when I was living in L.A. Um, he called me up. He's like, hey, what would you think about playing a douchey paranormal investigator? And I told him, I don't really have to act. I could do that. Like, it's, it's fine. Check. Um, check. Done. And I was all in. Um, I hadn't acted in years. Um, Nick, you know. Like, I'm horrible at memorizing scripts and stuff. I have, like, four lines, and I couldn't even... It was insane. But um, fast forward. We shot in this incredible neighborhood in right outside L.A. It was actually um, the neighborhood where they shot Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, cool. And also, the um, we, we filmed next door to the Thriller House from the Thriller music video. Um, it was so cool. It's just, like, these really old haunted house-looking... Um, places in LA, you would never expect these places to be there, but lo and behold, that's where they were. So we, um, uh, Dean had scouted this house where we were playing like it was haunted. And I'm like the, the paranormal investigator who's super like trying to be cool. And like, everything we do is real. Like I'm the one who communicates with the ghosts. Nobody else can (laughs) blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, so we shoot this scene where we're walking up and my girlfriend Jane is in the movie as well. She plays a psychic um, along with my ghost hunting Amazing. crew. I've got, I've got the two big burly white bald dudes in the yes. back. Like every ghost hunting crew has um, every ghost hunting crew is all white. Andrew, you'll have to explain that one to me. Why but, am um, I going to wait? Now, hold on a second. <laughs> Why does Andrew have to explain something to us? As a resident, not 100% white guy, I would like you to explain that. Why are all yeah. ghost hunters white? Yeah, let me t- let me tell you about yourself. Don't you put that on me. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a lot of pressure. Mind <laughs> you, there is literally a ghost hunting show with just African Americans. It's amazing. And I can, I can give you half an answer on both. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm digging myself in a hole here. Let's move on. Um, What's next? So we're filming. Um, I'll finish with this. We were oh, filming the scene, and um, I go up to the door to, like, knock for, like, and nobody's home. Like, the house is vacant. It's been vacant forever, or so we thought. So I knock on the door, and that's, like, cut, done. Um, we're not going to show what goes on after that. Somebody had been living in the house and Dean thought it was vacant and empty. We were filming, mind you, on their front porch for oh, almost two hours. Shit. And I go to knock on the door, you know, being all like confident, we're done, we're done. And the door flings open, and this woman got in my face, and she was like, what the fuck are you doing? Who are you? What? Are you? Get off my property. Oh, my God. And then her husband came out, and I swear, I swear – they had a gun. I might not have seen it, but they definitely were the type who would have shot us dead right there. And, oh my god, man. We had this really awkward exchange. We ran into the car. We got out of there, and Dean felt 
so bad. He was like, right. oh, my God. He's like, I swear I checked this out. I, I was told it was vacant. Like, I knocked for almost 30 minutes. No one answered. Um, and Ooh, to be fair, like, man. these people looked like they had been squatting. So it's very possible yeah, that they didn't even live there. Sure. Um, but they were they had the crazy eyes, so we got the hell out of there. But um, that was a memorable experience of filming with Dean Elliott, as I'm sure That's it was awesome, for though. McPherson good, tape as well. Good story. Yeah, yeah. So check out the movie Portal, um, which is on Amazon right nice. now. Um, Portal, Starring, yep. And um, starring, I might add, Heather Langenkem from... Hey, cool. Yeah. Wait, I did not get to film. Heather Langenkem. She's, uh, she was uh, uh, Nancy? Nancy? No, was it Nancy? Yeah, the lead yeah, in Nancy. the first Nightmare. Yeah, in the first one, and then she shows up in the third one, and then oh, she's in she my favorite wait, one. And she shows up in New Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. It's a great yep. fucking movie. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how, how they got her, but um, they got her in. It's actually a pretty fun movie. So cool. check out Portal by Dean Elioto. But let's move on to our next film. Um, we've got Alien Abduction. Oh, uh, yes. Nope, we don't. I fast-forwarded too much. Sorry, guys. We have Slumber Party yes. Alien Abduction. Um, 2013, like Andrew mm-hmm. mentioned, this is a segment from the movie VHS 2. Yes. Um, so for any of you guys who don't know, these VHS movies are, they all kind of have that like found footage feel like this is supposed to be VHSs you dug yeah. up or whatnot. Am I right? And, and I think it also gives the kind of, and I'm sure uh, maybe Jason, when you spoke to him earlier, maybe he spoke to this, but I feel like it is in, well, I mean, the setup for this particular one um, is these people break into a house and they find all these tapes, like they, they broke into the wrong house, essentially. Okay. Um, but I feel like it has that kind of like tape swap feel to it, these yeah. movies. Like, you know, like, oh, you're passing these VHSs around. Like, that's how you see Faces of Death or how you see, like, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It has that kind of feel to it, the movies. And I really love, there's a lot of fun stuff in VHS, too. I think that one, I, I saw that one, and I remember, actually, there are a couple segments that I thought were really, really standouts. One yeah. of the other segments is done by Eduardo Sanchez, who did um, Blair Witch. Absolutely, oh, yes, yeah, nice. exactly. We got a good, we were in good company here, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a... I, I and Adam Wingard like, did one of them? Sorry. Yeah, yep. yep. No, no, dude, it, they, they were packed. And that's that's what's so cool is like these anthology series. They get these really talented people to kind of give their own take on things, put them all together. It's like right. having a, a play festival, you know. Yeah, sure. You get a bunch yeah. of different visions and stories being told, written and directed by Jason Eisner, who, um, for those of you who don't know, um, he has a funny film called I think Hobo with a Shotgun. Yes, um, yes, which made it into the Grindhouse. Uh, he won okay. the he won a competition. And yeah. made it into the Grindhouse uh, fake trailer thing. He's also mm-hmm. behind one of my favorite shows, Dark Side of the Ring. I yep. will say that I wore my Foley cosplay tonight um, half because I knew we were covering a movie that Jason did. And I think y'all, even if you are not a wrestling fan, watch Dark Check Side it. of the Ring. Ryan was watch just so telling me about it. Watch Dark. It's, so it's, it's a phenomenal show. The documentaries, um, the the stuff that they are able to uncover. The, speaking of humanity, the heart and humanity that they bring to a lot of those stories, and they bring attention to wrestlers and, and stories about certain wrestlers that really don't get as much attention as they should. Um, Wrestling's yeah. a hard fucking life. Really hard. It's a hard, it is really like, hard. Yeah. like anything. Like there's like the top tops, and I mean that's hard. But then you have like everyone trying to make it. Like it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's really cars, rough, and man. it used to be a lot harder too. Like there's just a 165 lot. days a year. Those yeah. guys, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Put the bodies through. I mean, yeah, 
And yeah. for a long time, too, before now, luckily, DDP is saving everybody with his yoga. But instead, everybody would just be in pain and just fucking take pills. Or Popping drink pills. Like, yeah, it's 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 yeah. it, it's come a long way. It um, has. Yeah. So, and I say this lightly, screw The Undertaker for being like, you know, back in my – at one point recently – and then I'm done with this tangent. And at one point recently, The Undertaker was just like, you know, back in my day, um, people after wrestling – but we went we got – drunk till four in the morning and got into bar fights. We didn't, uh, you know, play video games for a bunch of hours. And it's like, bro, back in your day, these dudes had like, like would die constantly. And that is still a problem with pro wrestling. But it's like, there's the, the people that ruined their lives doing shit like that. Like, and now these guys are trying to save their mental health by, instead of going out to bars till four or five in the morning, they're going on Twitch. The whole whole point, the, the whole point of generations the next is to make it easier and better for the generation before you. I will speak. So this is my one night when I'm going to be a parent. I have a young son. All mm-hmm. I think about now, all I think about is like, how can I, Nick Westmeyer, make something better for my soon to be five year old? Like you, pre- you prepare him for the water about. wars of 2047. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> you know, well, he's small like me. So he'll like be able to like get in and out of stuff. It's going to be great. Perfect. But like, seriously, I hate that shit. Like, well, when we were kids, great. Then people learn not to be as, you know, dumb as you. I wish more people thought like that, Nick. I really do. I really, really do. Um, all right. Well, let's, I guess let's talk about alien abduction slumber party. Um, I had this, yeah, this being the one I had. Anthony, Nick is my favorite F-bomber spirit animal. Thanks, Thanks, Anthony. Um, and I'm going to reset the room as we do here. It's somewhere in the skies. If you're just joining us, I have Andrew Sanford, Nick Westermeyer with us, two of my best buds here in New York City, both in the TV and film industry. We're reviewing four found footage alien abduction movies. If you want to help out somewhere in the skies, you can use the super chat. We will highlight your comments or ask your questions to Nick and Andrew as well. Guys, um, please so, help out somewhere in the skies. Ryan still owes me whiskey for moving him into his apartment. I owe you way more than just whiskey, both of you, both of you. So yes, please help the show out. And in turn, you will be helping these two fine gentlemen as well. Um, we are on 2013's Slumber Party Alien Abduction. Quick synopsis, we're at a slumber party. There's an alien abduction. Mm-hmm. Synopsis done. Um, but the interesting thing about this, found footage, again, but in a really interesting way, um, this isn't a 16-year-old at a birthday party holding the camera. Um, mm, no. This is from the point of view of ostensibly a dog with a <laughs> GoPro camera on it. So yeah. we got to give Jason credit for yeah, I love like, that. a I, unique way of filming this thing. So I, initial thoughts, guys. Go. I really enjoyed it. I had seen this one before, and I had, it's been a while since I've seen it. I think I, since I saw it. Um, I think I must have saw it um, right around the time it came out, honestly, or at least came to uh, uh, VOD. But I um, I just really enjoy it. I think there's a lot that's, like, really scary about it. I do think it is clearly heavily inspired by the McPherson tapes. Um, I would be, mm-hmm. I, I like, a, in a very good way. It's almost, it's almost like a, an update in a way. Or I would call them, like, sister movies. Like, they're very... They have a very similar kind. I think they're both trying to accomplish the same thing, except one had 60 minutes and one had 14, um, which is really impressive with what they're able to get done in that amount of time. Um, But yeah, I think it's very inventive. I would love to, I I, think as a filmmaker myself, I was like, oh man, how did they shoot in that sleeping bag when the kid's in the water and like the dog's in it? Like that was, I thought that was fantastic. 
I thought yeah, that was really, really cool. Just from even a technical standpoint, I was like, right. that's really cool. Let's let's give some setup for that. Um, so we have the film. No, open. no setup. No, no setup. setup. Go watch the movie. Um, watch no. the movie. It's 13 minutes. <laughs> Welcome to Summer of the Skies, hosted by Andrew Sanford. Go watch the movie. <laughs> um, In so, Andrew's day, you had to watch the movie before you heard anything about before it. Before you listened oh, to about it. For real? Right? What? In his day? Yeah, so, somebody had to be there with a piano. He's you know, so otherwise, there's no or there's no sound. Otherwise, there's no sound. Uh, there, there were the piano. All right, we have um, these kids old. are going to have a slumber party. The parents go away for the night. You know, you've got the older, the very you know, young parents, dude. Not that, that, that but I like. I always yeah. like, the, the mom, especially. I was like, how old are you? I was like, yeah. are you, I was like, is she? At first, I thought she was the older. Sister. This has nothing to do with anything. But right. I was just because right. they're literally on screen for like five seconds. But I was like, they seem kind of young. Yeah, we we got to know the parents are out, so the kids are at play. Some and yeah. people kids, age beautifully. It's true. That's yeah, an excellent age, point. Just, That's an like, excellent point. You know, just you're watching. You're watching the opposite happen <laughs> on the third screen. Stop it! Um, Stop it! Um, but well, okay. I'm sorry. These kids. Why? Are Why are you sorry, Ryan? These kids are terrible. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They're pretty rough. Terrible. Yeah, so yeah. the first kind of like thing we get is, um, you know, they live behind a lake, and the older sister, her boyfriend, comes over, obviously because the parents aren't around, and they're like out on the dock. The little kids are gonna mess with them, get in the water, start soaking them with like super soakers. Super and soakers full is, of pee. With pee, mind you, and water balloons full of pee. Yeah. And again, like these kids are like, oh my god, they're so that's, that's primal. Oh, brother. I was proud of. I was proud of them. Yeah. I was like, that's, you like that? That boyfriend was a real, real jerk. Yeah. He was a real, real jerk. Well, let's talk that. about. So the yeah, boyfriend, yeah. he gets all pissed. He jumps in the water to get one of the. Well, let's kids. start. No, no, no. Let's start. The boyfriend shows up, drives over one of their costumes. Kicks their stereo, like kicks it, like just that. I was like, that does does that? Man. Kicks their stereo. I was like, I was like, this dude's an absolute. I was, and again, you have fourteen minutes, so yeah. like he just kick, just kick that stereo. Thank you for that. And look, I, I, I appreciate just got that. your Twitter that, handle. That handle is no longer accurate, uh, but if you follow that handle on Twitter, you'll see some occasionally funny stuff. If you go oh, there right now, actually. I posted a picture from this live show. Yeah, ask me stuff. ask me questions there. Right, um, do it. Um, yeah. So the boyfriend's a dick. Um, obviously we've established that. Yes, we um, have very well. He, he jumps in the water to get the kid who's right now kind of filming the thing before they put the GoPro on the dog, and um, that's where we get our first. I love that. Shot. I love that. I love what that. What do you guys so think much. of our first shot of the alien? I oh, love. That was great. That oh was my god! Terrifying. Oh, it was real like, scary. I was not expecting that. And it's in it's it is a jump. What I love about some jump scares because I'm not a big jump scare person, but what I liked about that is it's a blink and you'll miss it kind of jump scare. Yep. I don't remember that from the first time that I watched this. Mm. Um, and I to see that happen, I was like, oh, cool! Like, I just thought that was really, really strong, real scary. They look great, yes, they do. They yeah. look so good. I do talk to really Jason good. about that. Um, the alien creatures in this were um, very simple, but also really scary. But yeah, so what I thought was really interesting is the boy jumps in the water, but then when the camera goes under, it's an alien. And it, again, it was the first jump scare. And how he did that, um, it just, it astounds me. Like, uh, just 
for the budget he had, the time. They sure. shot this in a week. They That's shot amazing. this thing in a week. That's um, really impressive. That's really, and, really impressive. And again, like, I've never seen an alien abduction movie starting in the water, of all things. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good opinion. point. Um, well, what do we got next? Any of you guys want to go on to the so, whatever the next plot point was here? What, oh, plot point. Well, I mean, then they, the whatever yeah. starts. I was just... The thing I like about it, I just watched this. I watched this before we got on. It was like the oh, last nice. thing I had to watch. So I was like at my computer setting up sure. and like huddled so my wife and kid in here. Um, and then, but I have to say, like I, short films, short films, short plays, whatever. If you can do it well, if you can tell a succinct story in fucking 13 minutes that engages me, scares me a little bit, I have to kudos you. Because like that means you have to get all of your storytelling done immediately there's no there's no fat right it's all gotta be and i thought this did a pretty good job at that like i i never lost i never was able to i never disengaged it didn't allow me to like disengage and i thought that the story again the storytelling in this was really good and with that first alien shower even some of the other ones to me and i I think i'll keep coming back to this because to me when i watch these movies it's what i like like you get just enough alien to make it really good, but not so much that you start to like pick it apart. Um, yeah. and I thought they did a great job. It was great design. It was great creature work. Um, and then like it was executed. Your visions of the creature were executed really well. Mm-hmm. Nick didn't be shy. Jump in there. <laughs> um, he did. Shy. He jumped in there. Yeah, man. And let's, um, that's I think you're right. Like you have so much time to tell the story. I think he had a really good beginning, middle, and end. Um mm-hmm. we'll get there, but let's talk about the slumber party aspect. Sure. So and you guys know oh, sorry. which scene I'm gonna bring up. Um we get the scene where the girlfriend and the older brother walk in mm-hmm. on the kids in the living room, right. and one of the kids is I'm just gonna what? say, it. who does that at a slumber party? Pounding off to a porn, pounding off as they say, pounding off as the pounding kids say off. to a porn. So I want to ask you guys, is this a thing? Like, no. did you guys watch no. porns with your friends at slumber parties or anything like that? Like, who no. does that? Again, no, that's no, why I, like, who I, are these kids? What? Okay, damn so I may have watched like late night HBO or Cinemax with of like course. my friends because they had it, and you're like, yo, we need to watch some like. While we can, yeah. yeah, but there was like, there's that's about as far as that went. Well, uh, no, you really cut yourself off there. Um, no, I, I am uh, no, because here's the thing Did, has that happened to me personally? Not to my knowledge, because I was usually one of the first ones to sleep with these kind of things. Me too. And yep. it, that's if I would go, because I was also not a big slumber party person growing up. I didn't, I still don't like sleeping in not my own place. I get um, it. Um, that being said, let us remember that 13-year-olds, 13, 14-year-olds are disgusting, <laughs> right? Right? I think we can agree yeah. with that. Their young teenagers are gross, and especially bo- like boys that age. Oh, God, Disgu- just oh, disgusting. Nice. Filthy little animals. And like, I'm already nervous. I, I've had to warn my wife. I have two little boys, and at some point, There'll be, um, if your friends had a pet, look, look, yes. Look, watching porn together is a weird thing that young, young, young boys do. <laughs> Cause you just, you just, it's yeah. just, it is a thing that like, cause that, and then it's just, it's just awkward. It's just awkward yeah. around. Uh, but no, but I, yeah, I don't, I, this to me was the least 
far-fetched thing uh, okay. the entire thing. I just for, I for, had for, to get your guys' opinion on that. I the just really I was I like, remember. of course. Look, he's in a yeah. sleeping bag. It's not like it's going anywhere. <laughs> right? He's shielded. Good point. Like, come on, where's point. it gonna go? Where's it gonna go? Oh, into <laughs> the sleeping bag with him. That's his mess. All right. Oh, little little bo- listen, to- toddler to like kid boys are also equally fucking disgusting. Oh sure. Look, boys are gross. Yeah. Like, children boys are, are disgusting, and I love my. You don't dearly. have to tell any of us. Yeah. yeah. I, I picked up my kid's mattress to, to change the sheets, and underneath I just saw goldfish and fucking Cheerios for sure. days. I'm like, <laughs> for sure, sure. Where? How and then I open up the couch. I'm like, oh, and you did crap. not throw that out, correct? You, no, you respected you respected his stash. Yeah, 100. <laughs> not not a real goldfish, right? I just want to make that no, point. no, like the, the a very underrated snack that is fantastic. I like I like goldfish. Joy's a big goldfish person. I yeah. my problem with goldfish, I'll eat too many. They're not heavy enough. Yeah, like what yeah. I like about Cheez-Its is Cheez-Its let me know when I'm done eating Cheez-Its. <laughs> goldfish. I'll eat that entire bag without even thinking twice about it. I will it. too. And then Quality my son, content Elvin. here, guys, at Somewhere in the Sky. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're here this with Snack Talk. That was my old Andrew, Nick, and Ryan. Somewhere in the snack snacks where we're talking, talking about, about 13-year-old boys masturbating. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about it. off the rails. Who wants to talk about what an ookie cookie is? We'll just cross the two of them over. No, what are you doing? Wait, where's everybody going? Okay, let's get back on track here. So... The boys. I think we've been perfectly on track. It's the movie that got us talking about <laughs> masturbation. Oh, I think wait, that's. I, I think gotta write. Anything we're doing service. More coffee says, I have five kids. Girls. <laughs> there we go. We got the woman's perspective. I love that. Appreciate <laughs> um, you. So okay, so that scene happens. Whatever, and now they're all kind of in the same room, and this is when right. things really start to get amped up. We get like. Crazy. I, I it's like a the house turn. is shaking and yeah, yeah, lights yeah. are coming in through the windows. Clearly something Again, weird. Because you got so much time. You got to get that shit moving. You got to get it in now. And then the boyfriend just has a shotgun. Yeah. He just, just finds right an, a, an easily accessible shotgun that the person who doesn't live there knows where it is. Again, yep. this is not a criticism. This is not um, <laughs> um, everything wrong with sleep, whatever those stupid videos are. Um no. That's not a criticism. I, it's just funny. It's, it's We're just nitpicking, it's Jason, if you're watching this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's not even a nitpick because it he, it brought me a sense of joy. It brought me – it made me happy yeah. that he just suddenly had a shotgun. I was like, totally. oh, shit. Like that's, <laughs> and he seemed like that kind of character. It's just like, where did he get that shotgun? It doesn't yep. matter. It's just a fun thing to think about. Right. So, okay. So this is when it goes – And from, he gets got. He gets got. Zero yeah, to eighty. We go zero to one eighty yeah. like immediately. There's Fuck no yeah. like, there's no subtlety of aliens no. coming in or weird paranormal stuff. Like these aliens fucking bust through like psychopaths mm-hmm. and just zip these kids up in their sleeping bags and drag them the hell out of there. Yeah. That was so jolting to me. Yes, Ryan, I have oh a question God. for it. I have a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This might seem like a tangent, but I do not intend it to be one. In the same way that PETA may get upset if a movie like shows the harming of animals or anything like that. Right. Are there people, and this is a sincere question, are there people in the UFO community that get upset when aliens are portrayed as hostile? 
Oh, 100%. Oh. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. is a big conflict within the UFO community is a lot of them believe aliens are benevolent and they're here sure. to help us and love and light. Um, You've got that whole aspect of it. But you do have those who have claimed very traumatic, evasive, um, intrusive things. And um, look, if we're talking about found footage and alien abduction, obviously they're going to go the malevolent well, route, route, usually, the scary yeah, yeah, route. So, um, but yes, that is a big um, issue that I think a lot of uh, claimed experiencers have with these types of movies or the way um, aliens are portrayed or how the quote-unquote victims are portrayed. You know, a lot of these people who have these experiences, they do everything they can to fight back or, um, sure. you know, they don't see themselves as victims. Right. And then on TV, like, we'll talk about a movie later on that really takes that to the next level. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great question, actually. And um, well, kind of see it play out. Because I mean, especially in this one, I'm just like, it's straight up. Like, it even looks like, I it's like, violent. help me out here. Are they biting that girl at the end when they? It get looked the last... like they were taking a it chunk looks, out of her. Yeah, it looked like yeah. he was trying to eat her, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I, that kind of that got me because I was like, "I don't think I've seen that done well, before." That let's talk that about that scene. Um, I think Nick, you brought it up. Um, the dragging them out and into the water again. No, this is not something you see in usually alien abduction lore. Oh, yeah, no, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The aliens gag. coming out of the water and then bringing their Just abductees back into the water. Yeah. And all you see is the kid in the sleeping bag and then it starts to fill with water. And that took me a minute to be like, what, what is happening here? And then I realized, I'm like, holy shit, he brought him into the lake. And right. like, it blew my mind. I'd never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. They're almost to me. They're almost this one with the bite. They're almost predators in this movie. So yes, when I when I watch these, so whenever I watch like an abduction movie, and I always think about this, I'm like, okay, so if things are coming out, whether it's peaceful or whatever side you're going on it, like I try to think about like an animal, right? So like mm-hmm. what we do, like people, we're like, oh, let's go check out this wild animal, and then we we come in in a truck or a plane, and we fucking shoot them with a goddamn dart. And then we like do shit to them. And sometimes yeah. they're not like, listen, I watched a lot of Dr. Oakley on Disney plus. Um, and a lot of times you're like, that animal's not fully asleep. We don't think it's feeling pain. And I was like, Oh, that clocks, right. That fear of something that's unknown. That's doing something right. It, because if you're just an animal essentially to these things that are, even if they're not doing it in a malicious way, it could still kind of be fucking malicious. We don't think we're malicious yeah. all the time. Exactly, and so yeah. what I liked about this dovetailing off that is the first time that it's it viewed it seemed to me like they were predators like it is a is a predation of the people at this party which is different than the abduction to me that we'll get to in sure. the, the other the other abduction like no like the bite the dragging into the water the beat that's hunting it's literally hunting it's and hunting. then yeah. they're watching and then it's an attack right then it's like once you say like once it snaps then it's an attack. And that's what feels so like visceral about this film in a way that Ugh. the other ones did not. Cause you don't know in McPherson take what's going to happen with those aliens. You don't, yeah. that's it's left. Right. The imagination. This one, like they're coming out in a hyper aggressive way. It is um, in your face. Yeah. yeah. Oh, predator is a perfect word, Nick. I feel like, like this is the one that really stuck out to me is like, if this is how an alien race would treat us, um, like, God, God willing, just kill me now. Like, I don't want to be put through that, to be completely honest. Like, sure. like once they drag them in to their craft or whatever, if that's what they did to them before they even get them on the ship, I don't want to know 
what comes next. Like, are they going to like a little 13 year old boy? Are they going to start picking the legs off of a, a, a spider or like what, what yeah. comes next? I don't want to know. That's what really got me about the next one that we're going to talk okay. about. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's, I guess um, we got to We got to confront the dog aspect to this. Yeah. You know, they oh, put the, oh, the on a dog. And so we are literally seeing most of this from the dog's kind of perspective. And um, the older daughter is kind yeah, of right. That starts safe. at the masturbation scene. Yes. Where they put it on the I dog. I just wanted yeah. to bring that up. Isn't it on the dog for like a hot second earlier too? Like them messing around. I think the so. Film? They were kind of mess. It was yes. a little, a like little. Like just to establish yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Um, so, oh, and I do want to bring this up. The, so they drag one of the boys in the water and he essentially drowns. Like he, he goes code blue, man. Yeah. And the, they drag him out on the dock. The, the older sister is giving him CPR. Yeah. And this is the scene that really got me. You see at the end of the dock, you know, lights are going. Um, we're catching glimpses of something in the distance. Obviously, it's one of these aliens. And as she's giving CPR, you see the alien getting closer. And it was so intense. I had to stop it and like catch my breath. Cause not yes. only do you have an alien doing the prototypical getting closer thing, you have a sister trying to save her brother's life. It was just like layers upon layers of just intensity that I personally couldn't handle. I get really affected physically by horror movies. I have a really tough time, but that scene, man, I gave Jason kudos like, Talk about layering something. It, it just really, that scene alone really well, affected me. And the idea of Predator and stalking, right? Like, yeah. that's when I think the other horror, like, that's when I love, like, that first Halloween movie so much. Because that whole movie is just him fucking stalking people before anything yeah. happens. And that that idea of, like, something's coming after you, again, that you can't stop and you don't understand and, and is, is otherworldly. Um, the other thing about this film, just make sure I don't cross them, the police lights, that yeah we're like again the cool. tricking like basically being like oh my god it's safe but it's trickery it, it's that yep. whole idea of like really elevating this to like you know a, monsters the wrong word because i always feel like monsters are mindless in a sense and this is not that but yeah. like again like things being impl- being implemented to lure this this group into whatever was going to happen to them. i thought that was fucking brilliant i'm like oh smart because if you're a higher being right like, what can you implement either for just shits and fucking giggles or to, like, to trick them more so they don't escape? Right. Um, that was such a good moment. I was like, that, that is really crazy so for me. in the UFO lore, um, there's a gentleman named Jacques Vallée who looks at all of this as a very cultural thing, a very psychological thing. And his idea is that a lot of these uh, advanced alien races, if they are real— um, they are tricksterish in nature. They have kind of that 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 sense to them. This old old idea of like, um, yesterday's fairies are today's aliens, mm-hmm. and they will trick you and deceive you to get what what they need. And we do see that play out in some of these movies, and especially with this idea of screen memory. You know, they're able to show themselves as something different. Um. Uh, to get what they want. Like, we'll talk about that later with this, owls. Yep, yeah, thank you. But yeah. in this one, you're right, Nick. Like, you think you're safe, the police showed up. No, it's like the UF, it's the lights from the UFO is what I presume. Right. Or something. Yeah. And then um, the alien walks out and you're like, oh. Uh, yeah, at the moment, like, you're like, God damn it. Yeah. 
Um, this is my favorite moment in horror movies. You're like, ah. Uh, sound too. I want to talk to you guys. I listen to this with stereo headphones. Ooh, okay. If you listen to this, like, top volume, like, the way Jason used um, sound in this was just, ooh. You've got, like, this metal dragging of metal screeching sound nice. going on when the creatures are around. You've got oh, kind of that um, almost predator, um, the actual movie predator that, like, Welcome. I can't do it like that. No, no, no go ahead, go, sound, no, go ahead. Right? You're nailing it. You're nailing it. Do it again. Do it again. Crush it. Yes. Look at that. Look at that. Crushing it. Oh my Crushing god. Crushing it. Super chat is open for anyone who wants me to keep doing the predator sound. <laughs> somewhere in the skies. Matthew, what's up, buddy? Rowan's here. Um, just saying hi to some people. Thank you. J- um. Oh yeah, I already got that one. Andrew, Nick, I gotta thank you guys. We're good. We were almost on an hour 40. We've been through two films. You guys are troopers. We'll get there. I promise we will get there. Um, so let's, I mean, let's just go to the end. Um, we get, uh, everyone's getting picked off one by one, sort of. And then, oh man, you literally see the last boy who's got like the dog get sucked up, which yeah. was crazy. I thought that was, I thought that looked real rad. I thought that it was looked awesome. real, real good. Real, real good. Even if we had to watch that dog die. <laughs> like, oh, okay. That's, that's my question. Do you guys fuck. think the dog died at the end? I mean, I know he was, yeah, he was like bloodied and he was crying. Everyone's fucked up. A part Jason. of me is like, I want to think they just were like, just leave it and it somehow goes no, on no. to tell its story to the dog kind. I don't Not know. only does that dog die, we watch the last bits of its life ebb <laughs> out of its body as it happens. It hits the okay. ground and we hear a few whimpers and then it goes cold. It was That's so the sad. fucked up part. It's not even that they killed the dog. It's yep. that the, the fall didn't kill him right away. We had to watch the rest of it happen. I, I hate said, when animals die in movies. It's I don't give a shit really, but I just, I just thought that was... Uh, that dog's fine. That dog, that the real version fine. of that dog, that dog, it might be dead in real life, uh, but maybe by natural causes. Ryan, don't yeah. worry. That dog did not die. It definitely didn't feel anything because you know it's fine. You're okay. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. It's in Very dog funny. heaven. So Isn't funny. that a movie? There is no dog heaven. They all go to hell. And oh that is. God. And look, I love dogs, but they just that's what that's what Evil. happens. Wow. Evil. Wow. Can't that's stop, won't stop. Dunwell says we will not stop. And it's it's um, dog hell too, so there's nothing to chew on. Yeah, yeah, no. Every, everything turns to sour cream in the mouths. Oh, 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 you just made my stomach turn. Oh, if you have a beagle sick. like I do, they'll they're like, you know what? Is there food? Do I get food? Don't care. Yeah, yeah, Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Deborah said uh John Wick moment. Yeah, that was the impetus for John Wick. I that can't watch John point. Wick because I have a beagle and I know what happens to that fucking beagle in that movie. No. I have never seen no. the John Wick movies. Not yet. Oh, um, they're fun. Well, let's um I have a clip from Jason, so okay. we'll play that in just a moment here. But um this one did have a review on Rotten Tomatoes, 71% for, by the critics, 51% by the audience. So not too bad. Not too now, bad. Wait, but, is that for just the segment or is that for the whole movie? That is for the whole movie. Good point. So, I didn't yeah, think yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. That's yeah, a collective yeah, that's, rating. Yeah, um, that's for everything on there. So, so what I do would, you guys yeah. give uh what do you give Slumber Party Alien Abduction? I'm gonna go with a nine out of ten. Nice. I'm I very much enjoy I very much enjoyed it. I'm only giving it a nine out of ten because I think I, I think and maybe Jason would agree, maybe it's uh, fuck it. No, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. 
I thought this hey, was really good, and I think that, today. and I, I am because I, I, I don't see why not. Uh, like, and it's also, I think there's a lot of this that really works, and I do see it as, like I said, a sister film to the McPherson tape in a very positive way. Um, I think they were able to nail some of the like what McPherson tape does for like a family outing. I think this does very well for a sibling rivalry. Um, yeah. For this kids, really, I thought all the kids' relationships to each other made a lot of sense, and I thought those kids were very natural. Everybody felt good in it. There were no and be, and it was just a lot more polished. You know, it's they had a week of shooting, and they had it like there's, and it may not seem like a lot, but compared, how long did it take them to shoot the McPherson tape? Uh, I think two weeks tops. Maybe. Two weeks. Okay. Either way. Either way. With a very limited, like that's a, it's a different kind of a thing. McPherson yeah. tape versus this. And I think this would almost be like an updated version. And I think that they do. Uh, I watched them. I watched the McPherson tape and then I watched this immediately afterwards um, this afternoon. And it was a great one, two punch. It was a great, like seeing, seeing the origin, seeing the origin and then seeing how far it's come. So I'm just going to say 10 out of 10. I really nice. thoroughly enjoyed it. Nick, what uh, do you think, bud? Yeah. You know, I was going to say nine out of 10, but I'm going to go with Andrew. I'm going to go 10 out of 10 just because, I think telling short I think telling short stories is hard just in general. I think it's a hard fucking thing to do and I think that they did this really well and I was I was I genuinely had moments where I was like uncomfortably like scared and I thought that, yep. that was really well done. And yeah. that feeling I, stuff doesn't usually scare me because what what scares me they don't tend to do. Which we'll talk about gotcha. in the last in the in the last one. I'll talk about that. Okay, but, um, I thought that was good. Ryan, you have a question down there, but I from saw Anthony. that from Anthony with another super chat. Thanks, bud. Um, decapitating you there, Nick. Sorry, bud. It's all good. Anthony no. says, Ryan, Andrew, Nick, I'm getting ready to go down a dark hole. I have a question to pose dealing with a real life circumstance. Is this possible? This is a real life circumstance. Yes or no? I don't know if he means slumber party specifically. Um, Anthony, um, if you could, buddy, please elaborate on that, what you mean by that. Um, do you think that this scenario in this, uh, what we're talking about now is real life? Um, let me know what you mean in the comments, my man, and we'll get back to that. Um, but I'm going to give this one, I think as well, a nine out of 10 And my only problem is killing the dog. That's my only problem. I thought this was... This was the tightest thing I've ever seen. Um, it was slick. It was scary. It hit all the like the essentials of alien abduction. And um, I just loved it. And I hated the kids so much that the brutality they went through, I actually really enjoyed. I thought, like, I'm fine but with this kid being ripped apart. But off. that dog, that dog that just, yeah. it breaks my heart. So that's my only criticism of the film, honestly. But it's bleak. That's what you got to listen. If you're going scorched earth, go scorched earth. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, well, awesome. Um, Anthony, elaborate on that in the chat, buddy. And I'm going to go ahead and play this clip from Jason. If you guys don't mind, um, take a little breather and um, enjoy this clip by the writer and director of Slumber Party Alien Abduction. Jason, man, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today. I know you're a busy dude, but um, thank you for coming on Somewhere in the Skies to talk to us today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. 
Yeah, and as much as I want to talk about Dark Side of the Ring, the huge craze on Vice right now and in the wrestling world, you're here to talk about UFOs and alien <laughs> abductions, man. So I hope this is a little uh, a, a good trip down memory lane for you today. Definitely. As, it's yeah. been like almost, like gosh, like 10 years, I think, since we made the short film. And uh, it's uh, that that short is there's a lot of me and my childhood within it, not only just like the crazy antics that me and my friends got up to when we were kids, but my fear of aliens growing up. You know, I was a kid that like as early as the fifth grade, I picked up a book about aliens and I became obsessed and just started like going down the rabbit hole of reading every book I could about alien abductions and stuff at that time. And um, there was definitely a big inspiration was uh, that movie fire in the sky when it came out. I remember just seeing trailers on TV for it. And I was so terrified just from the trailers alone that like, but it like, it piqued my interest like so much. So even though I was, probably too young to watch the movie just seeing the trailer on tv like i could you know go to the library at school and even at at my elementary school they had like books about ufos and stuff and so i was kind of you know without my parents looking like i was like diving into that stuff (laughs) getting way too scared and my imagination running with it but it all like came together for that short for that short film as a kid too i um i was like in my youth i experienced a lot of like sleep paralysis moments where um i would see like you know at night i like sleep paralysis is like you're kind of like stuck between dreaming and being in the you know in the real world and Mm -hmm. i was having these moments where i'd be like i'd wake up frozen in my bed and these like dark figures would come into my room and surround my bed but I had no, there was no internet or anything back then. And I talked to my parents about it and they would just take me to the doctors and, you know, the, there was no ever like explanation as to like why I was, you know, experiencing these things. And, it, you know, to me, I almost thought like, oh no, like, am I experiencing like alien abductions of some kind? Or I didn't know how to process oh, it. How long did it take? What was the process like? It was uh, like filming. Yeah, it was only, uh, I think we had four days to shoot it. Um, yeah, and then it was, you know, it all took place at my, my parents' home, and the dog in it is our, it was our family dog at the time. And <laughs> I, like, uh, I was really at the time, like, also inspired by, um, like, ride films. Like, I don't know if you ever went to, like, uh, Universal Studios and went on the Back to the Future ride. Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, where it's, like, you're it's a movie, but, like, you're going through this experience that's like a ride and Mm -hmm. uh Stuart Gordon who uh, was an incredible director who um did from beyond and reanimator he made one of these ride films um for the movie aliens uh for for, um some theme parks and it's cool because it's like all from the point of view of that you know the tank and aliens that Mm -hmm. Sigourney Weaver and the Marines drive into the into that uh colony and it's like it's just all POV and taking you through this experience, driving through, and aliens are popping out. And I was just like getting really into the mindset of that, and the challenge, the challenge we had what for the anthology was to make like a found footage short film, 
And so I was like, oh, I really want to make a ride movie. And like Stuart Gordon had also worked on uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as well, too. And so mm-hmm. this idea of being on the perspective of a dog was like really intriguing to me that yeah, this whole alien really invasion, yeah, it could like just be from the perspective of their, of the pets, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, I was like leaning into that while, you know, it's, uh, and also just a lot of my nightmares, um, as a kid were, you know, me and my friends like hanging out and then like something is coming for us at my home and I have to run like through backyards to like neighbors' homes and stuff. The aliens in these, in this thing was terrifying. Um, how'd you come up with your creature design? What was that creative process like? Yeah, it was pretty simple because it just was the version of, you know, I've all this, the, the sketches I've seen from, you know, people who have said they've experienced encounters with aliens and, you know, the gray alien has always been you know, like scary to me, even though it's like a, it's a bipedal figure that's standing on two feet, but it's almost human-like. And there was like, I don't know, maybe as a kid, there was just a part of me that was like, there was something scary about the idea that aliens in my head was that they could just enter your home without, you know, it doesn't matter if the doors and windows are locked, yeah. they'll find a, find a way in. And, and maybe it was partly because of the sleep paralysis figures that I saw were also like, you know, just looked like dark, figures you know just shapes of they're very human-like you know but the with the aliens it's like they're human-like you know but if you got a little closer you see that like oh their fingers are longer and like their heads are you know a little bigger and like um so it was mostly just being inspired by the classic sort of gray alien it's been (laughs) fun i I love the chance to be able to talk about uh that short because it's uh it means a lot to me and I'm very proud of it. And uh, I love hearing when like people who, um, who are also like me and were interested in this stuff, like growing up and had fears of it, that when they see the short, they really connect with it because it like kind of, it like, uh, it kind of shows the same fears in a way that, you know, that, that, that they had as well too. And so I, 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 every once in a while I'll see someone like write a Twitter post or something about it. And like, man, this was so scary the way they portrayed aliens in it. Like, you know, people just yep. give props to like how we did that. And I, I, I think that's cool. Absolutely, man. You have forever cemented your legacy in found footage <laughs> film. And I loved it, dude. So I want to thank you for coming on Somewhere in the Skies today. Let's do yeah, it again. No and we will, yeah. we will get deep into dark side of the ring, but uh, get cool. back to work. Can't yep. wait to see what you come up with next. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So that was the man, Jason Eisner, giving us some of his time. He was literally on set for dark side of the ring um, waiting. He, he gave us, he gave me his whole lunch break to talk about slumber party alien abduction. So I do want to special. Awesome send out a special thanks to him. Um, he has a new episode of Dark Side of the Ring that um, premieres tonight. It's about yeah, Luna from the where WWF. Can, where can you it's watch it? it? Oh, it's about Luna? Luna? The one's about Luna? Um, it's Vice. about Luna. Vice, Vice TV. But they put a lot of their episodes Amazon. on YouTube. Um, and YouTube. I watch it through, yeah, I watch it through Hulu. Hulu? Uh, but I have Hulu, Hulu Live TV. But uh, it might, I think it's on there. I think it's on Hulu anyway. Okay. 
Yeah, it's awesome, Nick. Check it out. Um, everyone, yeah, check it out. It. Check out really Lumber Party Alien Abduction as well. Yeah, um, that was again like he was so he gave me like half an hour, which I was not expecting. He didn't even get to have lunch before going. And uh, he had a badass Master of the Universe right thing. I was like, I know, clutch. clutch. Frank Langella doing some Skeletor Shakespeare. Clutch. <laughs> clutch. Oh man, those are. The, what did you guys I think of the new the new um. Uh, what was it, Beastmaster or whatever, no, the Kevin you, Smith thing? You mean, you mean Master of the Universe uh, Revelation? Fucking right? badass. It's badass. Okay. Is it good? I haven't seen it yet. Miles watched all of it with me. We sat one Saturday morning and just like, boom. Can I throw, <laughs> can I throw something at you? Can I throw yeah, something at you? The only um, He-Man content uh, that I have ever seen is Masters of the Universe. The movie? Oh, okay. Yes. I have never watched any of the cartoons, new or old. I watched or the cartoon. Old. Yeah. Um, I was a real Ghostbusters guy. I think that's also the one great. that I watched the most from that era. Yeah. And Pee Wee's Playhouse was my other favorite thing around that time. But um, <laughs> I think yeah, I never favorite... really watched it, never really got into He Man. And I don't yeah. care for the Masters of the Universe movie. Not even really in a fun way. I'm sorry. Oh, see, I like it in like a total can. And, and I get that. And I, there are a lot of movies that I will deal with for that. And that one. Definitely holds some nostalgia for me, but last time I watched it, I was like, man, I'm really struggling, oh. <laughs> struggling through this, and it's only 86 minutes. It's awful, but I fucking, Franklin, like this, okay, and I, I digress, we'll get back on Franklin, so my wife's a professional stage manager, and probably he can maybe be kind of difficult to work with, but mm. regardless, he did that movie for his kids, right? Um, yeah, that happens a fucking, lot. Yeah. And he fucking takes every moment of playing that villain just oh, to sure. the extreme. And I fucking sure. love it. Like the minute yep. Shakespeare starts coming out, I'm like, yes. I also believe yes. it was originally supposed to be Jack Kirby. Matthew Ryan's correct. Um, uh, um, you never saw he made cartoons, bro. Yeah. Well, come at me, bro. <laughs> um, so is Ryan, is Ryan a cannabis consumer? Matthew, um, that's a great question. We'll he talk is when about he's that around me. <laughs> I've had my days. Um, I'll, I can say that now. Hey, it's uh, legal here. Absolutely. Come on. Um, no, I. Um, but I. Um, there's also the Jack Kirby. Uh, I, I believe Jack Kirby was supposed to do the art or design for that movie, and then they like went over budget because it was a canon film. Um, first still of all, for the Jack, you can still see the Jack Kirby influence, especially when um, Skeletor goes Super Skeletor or whatever happens at the end, um, yeah. and he gets like all gold, and he basically looks like Galactus. Um, yeah. But this last thing is the people who made that movie, Canon Films, if people um, uh, watching this are familiar with Canon Films, if you're not familiar with Canon Films, um, there's a great documentary called Electric Boogaloo, The Rise and Fall of Canon Films. I might be getting the second part of that wrong. Because they made Breakin, and they made Breakin to Breakin, which was a huge success. And then they tried to do Breakin, and they did Breakin to Electric Boogaloo. But they also did, they are the reason that Chuck Doris is a movie star. They are the reason that Jean-Claude Van Damme is a movie star. They are the, like, they just made really cheap, shitty movies on the fly and like put the money elsewhere like just all this crap it's a great documentary don't watch the one made by the guys who own canon films because it's not just don't do it you don't want that skew um watch that one and then watch the apple which is one of my favorite bad movies of all time which they made was that canon yes that's canon yeah that's yeah yeah yeah. well i wanted to just bring up nick you brought up that good point of like actors doing roles for their kids the only one other one i could think of is uh oh god what's his name 
uh, from Street Fighter. He played the main villain oh, in the uh, show. Raul Ju- Raul Julia. Yes, he right did that for his mind. kids, oh, and he was literally that. on his deathbed filming God. that. I think he died months after. Again, yeah. another filming. example of a dude playing a villain who went all in. Sure. He's like, all in. I'm going to do or, it. Den- Dennis Hopper, Dennis for that Hopper one. for um, Super Mario. Let's let's not say anything we can't take back. Um, he, he's, um, Dennis Hopper for Super Mario Brothers, I believe. Was the oh same, my God! The um, they went nice. all in, man. I love mud. Because it's clean and dirty at the same time. What are we doing? What are we doing? What is that? What is that? What is that? I'm on Sesame Street. I'm like, I don't want to do anything else as an actor anymore in my life, but be on fucking Sesame Street. Because my son loved it. It would just, I was like, that's all Guys, I want to do. Exactly, Nick. We got to say goodnight to Anthony. Anthony, um, thank you so better. much for making my week and saying I looked like Shaq Club or Shaq Thank G. you, buddy. Thanks really... for being here, Anthony. Thanks for the super thank chats, you. brother. Um, yep. We never got back to your question. We we'll we'll get we'll get to it we'll in get another there. chat, Anthony, for sure. Thanks for being here, buddy. Have a great night. Um, let's see what else we have here. Electric Boogaloo. People are loving it, Andrew. Um, okay, it's We're not. It's movie. a real movie title. That's a. Real it's a real movie. Thing. Title. Andrew, where can we watch out. that? Where can we watch it? Um, it used to be on Netflix. Now I think you'd have to rent it. Um, yeah. you could probably you can rent it on like Google Play or something like that. It's worth it. It's worth. One I'm sure best. it would be like four bucks to rent. I love that. You show. know what else you can uh, rent on Google Play? Alien Abduction. That's what I did. Yeah, I do. Like I got Amazon, but you know. Okay, same fair thing. enough, Nick. Same, same. Written by Robert. Oh, Lewis, directed. Directed. Smart TV. It's fancy um, Alien Abduction, written by Robert Lewis, directed by Matty Beckerman. This was another first film. First oh, really? This guy Interesting. Made, so, That's pretty um, impressive. You know what? That makes okay. this a little more impressive. That, that um, changes a lot. Yeah, exactly. I try Good. to keep that in mind when I hear that. Uh, sure. Starring Catherine Zigismund, Jillian Clare, Corey Eide, and Riley Polanski, who was the 11-year-old kid. I wonder if there's any relation to the... Uh, the Polanski family. I, I don't know. I didn't look that up. I but um, think, I don't think we have to get. I don't that. think so. I hope not. <laughs> At least uh, synopsis: Vacationing family encounter an alien threat in this thriller based on the real life Brown Mountain Lights phenomenon in North Carolina, which is a very real phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, in our podcast version of this review episode, guys, um, we have a special researcher who has researched the Brown Mountain Lights. He is Ooh. featured in Alien Abduction. He's the guy in the beginning when they're kind of going through um, the history of the Brown Mountain Lights. Um, so wait, were is, those real? Were those real? Like, was that like real footage from like real like experts in the field at the beginning of the movie? Yes, that okay. was real footage of, um, he is an actual researcher yeah. um, who's looked into this stuff. Um, and so was the woman who claimed to have seen the lights and everything. Um, and I believe that physicist was real too. And they, they did, they were aware that this was a found footage film. Um, before they did that, but they saw it as an opportunity to like talk about the Brown Mountain Lights, yeah, which I thought sure. was cool. The only reason I bring that up, we didn't talk about this. So in the UPN version of McPherson tape, um, the one they made much later on, they interviewed actual UFO researchers and told them it was a documentary about alien abduction and had them, you know, give their thoughts on alien abduction completely lied to them, put them in this UPN special under their found footage film. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse That's... me. They had no, and Dean didn't know this either. They did this without, cause Dean directed the UPN sure. version as well, right. but they had final say on everything. They put those interviews 
into the movie without dirty. Dean's knowledge. Dirty, and he dirty. went out of his way to go to all those researchers and apologize to them. Um, I'm glad so again, on him, though. Yeah, but um, moving back to this one, I just had to get that in there. Um, what a dick thing to do. Dick Clark Productions is what I say to you. Um, yeah. Let's move back to Alien. That's not going to read well on the podcast. It's not. It's not. Middle finger is what I'm doing, podcasters. <laughs> you son of a... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, metal finger. So... What do you guys think? Um, we have another fun footage film being shot by a autistic 11 year old kid, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. I think it's a good, I, Nick, I'm, I'm seeing you shake your head. I, think I have I know the where most you're gonna go notes on this film than any of the other films. Okay, let's start. Initial thoughts with how this thing started. Um, let's, okay. let's start from the beginning. Do you want me to, can I, do you want me to just like go into it? Do it. Yeah, um, do it. I, as a general rule, did not give you my like thing. I got you. Do not like this movie. Um, and okay. the autistic kid thing was one of the first. So <laughs> I literally go, uh, why autism? Dad's a dick. Never go camping. And then, and then I get into the bird thing, like so many fucking birds. Um, so here's my thing. Well, like, that is a UFO. Thing. I know. I know. It is. But I just like, I was like, lot, that's a lot of birds. Always like, where are all these fucking birds coming from? There's so hey, many birds. Nick, you the haven't sky. seen dark skies. No, I haven't. So clearly, they're coming from the the dark sky. (laughs) That's a whole other story. Um, Continue, buddy. um, So here's the thing: being around, like, so a little bit of disclaimer within, like, a college professor. One of the things that I do is my class for the last couple years has been uh, open to students who are on the spectrum or other things we'll take my we'll take my class like i'm i am i am accredited i want i I opened up my class up to as much diversity as possible so i've dealt with a lot of students in a learning perspective who are on the spectrum from all kinds of different levels of the spectrum because you guys know like it goes in a lot of like ways um first of all i was like 
really? Why, why are you making this choice? Like, why is this your choice? Why does the kid have to be on the spectrum? And then secondly, I was like, not even a really good job of representing somebody on the spectrum. I know the spectrum has a lot of like hues and colors, but I was like, I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't think it was a good representation of people on the spectrum. I think it was a really, sorry to the director. It's your first film. Listen, I thought it was a really unnecessary decision to make. And it bugged me. It bugged me immediately going into the film. I was like, this is a storytelling choice that I don't think serves that community, right? But in representation, I don't think it actually serves a story. Because to me, he was just pretty much any other fucking kid, except that he didn't want to put the camera down. But guess what? Kid with the camera, probably not going to put the fucking camera down. They would have like, done so that anyway. It, yeah. like, it was just like a trope. It was like, ah, kid with autism. Yeah. Like, and then, okay. then I just thought the dad was a dick. But that's so it. here's, and I'm not defending the director because I no. agree with you too. A very and I'm actually kind of interested extent. by this. I don't think I have, I feel strongly about it either way. But from okay. what I saw, I think it got uh, praise for this. Well, here's the thing he did base it on an actual kid he knew. Uh-huh. This was his, this was his way of dealing with the world and viewing the world was through a camera. So there was some well, personal touch to it but nick i completely understand for anyone who did doesn't know that this could come off very insensitive in well, some ways so my, my I, I understand that. my suggestion would have been in that situation right is to i mean one like anytime you have more representation in film is a good thing right like having a character on the spectrum is is a net positive good thing within representation but um if you're going to make that choice what i would have done would have been because that idea of viewing the world through a camera you could have made that choice with an older actor who could more, who could handle that better and make more clear choices. And I think I get that utilize yeah. it in a better way than casting the kid. And this is not that the kid did a bad job, right? I'm not trying to like diss on like a 12 year old's acting job, which is fucking hard to do when you're 35. Like, but you could have made that same choice in a way that I think would have been more effective and brought out that agency. If you wanted to give agency to, uh, an underrepresented group in film. Um, I just, I did not like how it was handled. I just did okay. not, for me, it did not aid to the film. It, it hindered the film. And like, it just didn't do anything for me in that way. Well, and the other thing too, is they, they play with it a little, you know, he sees, I think a mailbox that has like the address 31, yeah, the 31 and he like, says 31, 31, 31, 31, 31. And like, I understand that's, that can be a way that an autistic child, um, uh, expresses theirself through numbers or through repetition. Um, but I thought there was going to be a meaning to that. Like, yeah, it was is just 31 going to play some role in this eventually, or is the I, kid going to be like, let's go back to 31. That's where we'll find safety. I think it was but it's just never thing, brought up again. They did it just to do it. And that to me, like, okay, fine. The artistic vision is well, the cameras, how I've used the world that did not come through to me. And so to me, it is a, it is a, Unlike McPherson tapes, right, and unlike Alien Abduct, uh, not, um, Alien Sleepover, uh, like yeah. we talk about making clear, purposeful choices um, in storytelling. That to me was not one of them. It was not right. clear to me. And if I, as a as an actor, as a director, as as a teacher, like I would, that was like rule one. I'd be like, well, why why the fuck are you doing this? Like, what? That's your choice. Like, if I don't understand as an audience, it is ineffective. Then why do it? Yeah, Sorry. I and I'm done. And done. So. No, 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 no. Deborah, thank you for joining us <laughs> yes, from Australia. Thank you, Deborah. Um, Thanks, Deborah. She said sensational chat, guys. We also right, have man, Ash Ellis. 
um, who's either in Wales, Scotland, or England. Ash, let me know in the comments, buddy. I don't remember exactly where you live, but I know it's late over there. So all of my European listeners and everyone, thank you for being here, guys. I know it's super late. It's getting late on the East Coast. 10 p.m. at least for us old guys but um uh if you're just joining us i'm here with andrew i'm here with nick two of my best buds in new york tv and film extraordinaires we are reviewing found footage alien abduction films um if you want to help out the show the super chat is open we will answer your questions we will take your comments help out somewhere in the skies any way you can um but yeah let's keep moving on with alien abduction um so I guess yeah, I kind of like this one. Okay, we have a family. We got a family going on a camping trip. Um, so let's start there. They're on a camping trip. They seem to be getting along really well. Um, they seem like a pretty tight knit family. Um, you know, and uh, we get some beautiful shots of the North Carolina mountain ranges, which I thought was beautiful. Um, and then kind of our first, um, I guess, issue is um they see these lights. They see the Brown Mountain lights, which I thought was an awesome scene. Uh, agree to disagree. I think our first kind of issue, which is what Nick brought up, um, is that the dad's a real dick for no reason. Oh, um, rewind. And a real okay, sexist. Okay. Re- he does a lot of sexist shit, too. And here's the thing. I believe the intent, and you see this a lot, especially in horror movies, is to have him be somebody who is a dick but has, like, some redemptive redemptive moments right at some yeah. point you often right we before he would, he would die now yeah. this did happen in that in this movie however there was zero breath to it like he just goes from being a dick to just having this moment where he like tells his son to go back which by the way happens with three different characters in this movie where they're just like in a row a character goes i'll stay here you save yourself that happens to three different characters in a row in this movie. Um, and again, when I say I liked it, I will. I, I there are things that I think are weaker things about this movie um, than the others. Um, there are some things that I think it does well, um, but I do think that um, I, I, I there was more things that I was kind of just like scratching my head at. Yeah, I get it. Fair. Well, and you know, this, making uh, movies is hard. If if a movie hard. comes out even kind of good. That's a that's it's a goddamn so miracle. It's so, so I just want to make that clear. Yeah. I'm not. Nick I'm not. I'm not here well. to. I am not here to shit on anything, um, yeah. as it were. Because this is, yeah, this we're not is here hard to work. Shit on movies. And I think some of the, like I, I while I don't think any of the like, it, um, I think the improv was weaker in this movie. Um, oh, that being said, I think this cast had a kind of reverse at the McPherson tape stuff, which is when. They had to turn to a script. I thought that's when this cast had a chance to shine a little bit more than when right. they were trying to make up things on their own. These improv is also very hard. Exactly. <laughs> Especially when you're right supposed in. to fake a familial co- um, connection to people. Yeah. I think in this film, we see very um, trained actors mm-hmm. uh, who can use a script to their advantage where I think improv actors, that's not their strong suit. I totally get that. And I think in this one, we saw actors who are used to having a script um, really dig into their character and try to think of what they would do in that situation. I didn't see so much freedom in terms of improving. Uh, We will hear from one of the actors from the film in a little bit about about that process. But um, yeah, yeah. So what I like about this one is 
and I don't mean this in a bad way. It was kind of a paint by number of what you would think an abduction experience, how it would escalate. Mm-hmm. You start with lights in the sky and then you get kind of a little closer to the beings and then you get the full out abduction experience. And I thought our first kind of introduction to the aliens in this one was very effective. So um, yeah. let's kind of jump to they're driving. They get lost in the mountains. They don't mm-hmm. have any phone reception, which again, this movie's in 2014. You need a reason that your cell phones aren't working. That's just the way horror movies work now, unfortunately. Um, and I thought that was a good way to do yeah, it. Shit, that shit does not work in the mountains. If you go hiking, your phone yeah. sometimes does not yeah. work. Right? Neither does your GPS. So yeah. that all was very, it made perfect sense. Um, they come up on this tunnel in the mountains. Oh, I have a, yeah. After and birds. there's before the birds. I said birds. That was, that was like, surprisingly, yeah. that was before the birds. I okay. thought it, the first time I saw this film, I could have sworn it was after the birds. Uh, before. More like for yeah. the birds. For know, the right? birds. Right. Um, we'll get to the birds. Um, yeah. I have a good, but good theater geek for that one. Let's talk about this tunnel scene. This is kind of our first major scare moment, I would say. They come up and it's very like almost, um, I would equate it to like, um, what was that? The leftovers or like um, this idea of everyone just vanishes out of thin air. They show up and all these cars are vacant. Um, All the doors look like they were ripped open. Nobody's in them. The cars are all messed up and um, pretty troubling. When that happened, there was a time, there was a point for this movie that I, that I thought like, and it was probably just cheaper. Maybe it was cheaper to shoot it this way. Maybe this was the, uh, can I, Lieutenant Wings? Um, the, uh, this could have been the intent, all that, all that stuff. When that happened, what I like about found the, to me, some of the best found footage movies is there's something, it feels like you're seeing it sneakily, like something got out that you weren't supposed to see that you've now gotten your hands on. Um, and even Cloverfield does this where it's just like, at least with that, you're seeing a different perspective of something huge for this when that moment happened, I was like, there's no, it kind of took the found footage aspect of it away from, from me for some reason. Cause I feel, I felt like I was like, well, this story would just kind of be out there. And, and now that I say this out loud, I'm not even sure if it's like a, if it's fair to put that on the movie, but it was at that point that I was like, I almost wish um, that it wasn't a found foot footage movie at that point i was like i would be cool if this was just a regular movie you know what i mean like i i thought the events in it um were interesting enough but something about trying to make it found footage i thought wasn't very cohesive and then because of that i i feel like some of the improv got in the way sometimes and there were just you know that's a great point i andrew i I love that i wonder if i would have liked this more if it was just and with the kid, with the kid too. I again, like I said, I um, I kind of didn't think about that once it was brought up, and um, uh, so I don't really have an opinion strongly either way. But I, I, I like I Nick obviously had strong enough feelings to speak as passionately as he did. So I don't want to dismiss that either. <laughs> um, I, it's just not how I took it in. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm just yeah. saying. I, I like that. Like. You know, people stand up for other people. I Bim Jim does not watch movies. Thank don't you, watch, thank don't you watch for sharing movies. that, Bim Jim. Don't watch movies. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair. Fair enough, my man. Hand on my knees. But yeah, just, but real, sorry. That's just, a good um, point. 
No, that's a um, very good observation. Man. But what but what the thing is too, I think one of the reasons I didn't notice it is be, for me he became kind of a non-character at a certain point. Hmm. Um honestly, yeah. I I he I kind of just fell it. like literally fell into the background for me. I those characters are always the ones that I least interested in. Is the people operating the camera, which is why I kind of appreciate that in um uh, the slumber party one they put it on a dog because uh, most of the time those characters just kind of cease being characters for me because I know it's not my point of view I know I'm seeing it from somebody else and to me they're just kind of a, a means to an end very rarely I think it, I, I can't and like Blair Witch does it because they switch the camera around I feel like um, but you don't often get to know the person behind the camera much right. at least not in these examples I, I it's like it's like a narrator you don't know. Like even yes. if you, yeah. Um, I will say the tunnel scene had for me the scariest moment in this entire movie. Yeah, and that was the dad. And the dad's yeah. like, yeah. I was like, oh shit, that was scary, like, man. Yeah, was like that straight up like possession. It, I, I don't know. It's quick and because again, for like alien abduction stuff for me, the less I know, right? Especially someone who isn't as like engulfed in the research and the culture, the less I know, the scarier it fucking is. Cause that's what scares me. And so just to see it happen, you're like, I know something's going on. Something's got him. Get the fuck out. But then you don't know. And then you're left with it. And I was like, Oh, that well, moment just got, let I just me ask it. you this man. Um, and I agree. It was a very effective first kind of um, intense moment, whatever. but we do see, the alien, we we did see the alien walk by, and then we do get a very quick up close. Yeah. Is that the first and, quick? Is that the first quick yes, thing of the alien? That okay. really irked me because I I go back to what you said, like less is more, and we're not even twenty five minutes into the film, and we already see what is hunting them essentially. And I kind of didn't want that. I wanted to keep the mystery going. Though. What is happening? Why, why are these crows falling from the sky? Why are we, you know what I mean? I, I, don't I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I do think, cause for me, I, I, with that moment, I was like, wow, they really like, I thought like the, with something like this, you really got to fucking go for broke. I feel they, like, they went especially at this point in 2014, like it's, this is not new. This is Good not, point. this is not breaking any ground. This is when, if anything, um, movies like uh, Record have come out. People have like begun to, even just in other countries, elevate. Um, guys, watch Record, R-E-C. It's so good. It's, it's phenomenal. I not seen um, A wonderful writer named Matt Donato. Um, you seen who it? For a oh. Bunch of, oh, Ryan. Bunch of, he oh, Ryan, dude. Uh, one, the one, one of the best endings in film. So good. Okay. Really good. Yeah, right. That movie's great. They, American audiences might know it as Quarantine because it was remade. Oh, uh, yes. okay. Yeah, yeah. But watch the original. But, but my point being, found footage things are not new at this point. So I feel right. like to help themselves stand aside, they had to make it clear that they, early on, that they were not going to be one of the found footage movies where you don't see it. That's a good point. I yeah. do think that was very intentional, and I don't. While I do think that this movie, um, no, I don't want to say not. Like I think that that um, is successful in what it's trying to get across, which is that like this is what it is. Here's your kind of here's your answer. Leave it. Yeah, exactly. And then um, with this one, because they're I think they're making it pretty. I also think with that, and again. I thought this was McPherson tape that when they're showing the aliens and they look like that, 
Like, you know, I'm like, we're, they're letting us, to me, that's like, this is fiction. You know what I mean? This is a very clear indication that this is not a real thing. Um, apparently it wasn't for people in 1989, but I, I, um, I, so with that moment, I appreciated that because then they start pulling from all these other, you got the birds, you got the lights, you got like, you know, all these other different UFO tropes that they start pulling from, from all these various stories for one story. Um, and I think it all kind of kicks into gear there. So that you're not really questioning it. I, you know, they're wearing the alien nature of it on their sleeve. And while right. I agree, I can see how that could not be successful for some people. It didn't bother me. And I feel like I understand why they had to do that. And also cool. to that point, yeah. I mean, the name of the movie is literally. Alien abduction. Yeah, exactly. It's not like fourth kind or, you know, McPherson Taylor. Yeah. I mean, like these aliens, aliens. There's no well, McPherson tape is out there a lot as UFO abduction, I believe. It is that it's gone under different UFO abduction film or something like that. But Um, I just, I'm just like, yeah, you, you, I, when I said, I ate almonds during one of these videos, and I've been pulling almonds out of my mouth for the entire. So I'm, I apologize. No, because the thing is, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I see myself like kind of full screen. I see myself kind of sitting here going like this, going. Like trying to get these almonds out, and I look like a fucking cokehead, and like grinding my teeth, and I just wanted to clarify that for people. I'm, I, I'm, I am not. I am not. I was I'm not Eric Clapton. I'm not a cocaine fan. The chat was concerned too. The chat was concerned. Well, Good. Let Let's get to another one of the effective um, practical effects in this film. Um, so Dad's gone. Like Dad's gone. Just, Dad's gone. Too, he's too gone um, the mom, his the redemption daughter, arc did not work. I think it did not work. He's <laughs> gone at this point. The family's kind of like, "All right, moving on. Um, we got to get the hell out of here." I like that. Like he is gone. Go, yeah, go, yeah. go, go, go. We'll deal with it later. And, yeah, and again, like, oh wait, all... oh my god, no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Cannot move on without addressing this. They are driving in the car in the beginning, right? And I'm sorry, but this oh, just yes. oh, this got me real. This say. got me real mad. Uh, uh, cause they have the, uh, uh, let me smell your dick playing, right? They're playing. Let me smell your dick. I, I, and I, I'm not even sure if that's the exact name of the song, but that's how I'm going to refer it. Um, so they're playing this and they think it's funny cause they're saying this over and over and over again. And we get the joke and then somehow the mom is dancing along and singing and then like, is singing it to the kids, and then the word dick comes up for, like, the ninth time since we started this scene, and then she has a problem with it? And now the other thing is, too, I could, I might, I would maybe have to rewatch it, but I'm not going to do that uh, for this particular scene, um, where they, uh, maybe, not now, just not now, maybe at some point in the future. Fair enough. Um, everybody go watch Alien Objection. Um, I, I, I rented it, so I don't even feel like I, I paid some kind of money. This really took a turn. Um, anyway, <laughs> I that to me felt like a moment, and I would almost want to ask: Is it Riley? Is the name of the woman who uh, Riley spoke? is the son, the eleven-year-old son? Um, who's the young lady who um, wrote a question or submitted a tape or what have you? Uh, that would be Jillian Claire, who her character name is also Jillian. She's the daughter. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. So Jillian might know. I feel like there was not a song playing. They put it in post or something. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes it happens and it can be hard to deal with. Okay, Andrew. 
Sometimes. It's true. That's Post-production is 90% of the battle, as Nick and I learned. Yeah, it is. A lot of that. <laughs> That's, but I'm so happy we rewound to that, Andrew. Yeah. I totally caught that. I'm like, Sorry, they, I just they, had they it, said yeah. dick six times already. Now you just heard I, I don't. Anyways. What? Yeah. We're nitpicking. Let's, um, let's get to the crows. Um, so the family are getting the hell out of this tunnel because there's something in there. It got the dad. And then all of a sudden, all these crows start falling from the sky. Um, and lots it's a pretty, yeah, to- totally. Lots Toast and crows. lots of crows. Um, and this is kind of um, been said to have been reported in areas where UFO phenomena is happens, that birds mm-hmm. just fall out of the sky. It, it could be something, a, a lot of people believe it's like an electromagnetic thing. Whatever power these UFOs have is messing with the birds and um hey we see that all the time um we see birds fly into uh, radio towers or um you know stuff like that so but to have that many just raining from the sky ooh, that was rough yeah what do you got nick i have so many birds and then i just put toasters true west lots of props that's all i can think i was like man you got yourself <laughs> birds. Wow, that's a deep theater. Yeah, it is. That's all I, think. I was like, man, I haven't thought of true west in a long time. And Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong. There was a scene in Dark Skies with the birds too, right? Yes, absolutely. They like fell. I think there were a couple. I feel like that was something they had happen a couple times in that movie. Yeah, so that was a pretty scary scene. Just to yeah. see that many birds falling out of the sky. Um, clearly, the family is super traumatized by that um and now it's just finding somewhere to go like get the hell out of here and they end up back um at 31 i believe it's 31 where they saw that mailbox Mm -hmm. and um here's where we get into banjo music uh, we get into uh what's that movie i'm thinking of well because they make a deliverance joke the woman who was upset by the fact that she was singing dick then (laughs) says yeah it's like then says it's like deliverance except without the anal rape Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which don't get me wrong, that that happens in that that happens in that film, but it felt like an odd joke for someone to make. This family has an interesting dynamic. I will give them a weird sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, let's talk about it. They get to this house, and there's this redneck kind of dude living alone, um, shotgun in hand, ready to protect his property like you do. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is kind of where the movie didn't lose me, but I'm like, I know exactly what's about to happen. Um, And I'm sorry. Apologies to the director. Apologies to to Jillian. Um, I did not care for this actor. I thought he was... Something about his voice just which one? Which which one? The right dialect. The redneck guy. He had like this nasally thing going on. He seemed like a cartoon. It just didn't work. And I know what the director was going for. It made sense. Someone like that was living up in the mountains and would know how to deal with these lights and what happens. But but it's the whole idea of make crafting a character, right? This is this is to me a storytelling thing, and I. Again, like, is it the actor? Is it the director? I don't know. Like, I don't, it's probably, well, the actor probably did what he was asked to do. Like, that was probably yeah. the, the brief for his character. But, like, you're you're making a caricature, right, instead of a character. So I don't give a fuck about that guy. I also have some note for him. I could have punched it, man. Like, I, 
you know, I just like you could have made that character dynamic. You could have made it compelling. You could have made him the hero that kind of try to set him up to be, I think, as it goes. But you just don't it's it's a cartoon. Like he's a cartoon character. I just didn't it didn't work for me. I don't like it. Yeah. It it really took me out of the moment. Um but look, I think the the rest of the actors did everything they could to make yeah. it work. Um, and he was working hard too. I'm not saying he was not trying to right. do his job. No, sure. he did it. Like, it just didn't work. It just didn't, it didn't translate for me personally and kind of the tone of the film. Yeah. Um, I think we needed some levity and maybe that's what he was kind of going for with his character. I, I don't know, but it just, it didn't land for me. Um, and it was just so cliche. Like, um, I, you, you city folk, here, let me tell you how to deal with these <laughs> I get it. Like, dude, you throw me in the Brown Mountain as a New York City guy, and I'm going to trust what this guy who lives here says. And I'm going to go by the beat of his drum in dealing with this stuff. I get it. But um, at the same time, I'm just like, come on. And then really, I think one of the smarter smarter moments in the film was when um, Jillian, the, the, the daughter – is trying to get the ham radio working. I'm like, yes, yes. don't oh, wait for these things to come and right. try to kill them. Like right. try to make communication outside of right. the Brown Mountain, uh, which they can't do, unfortunately. So well, um, and, and smart choice was, on her part. In general, like there's some, like Anderson, there's things that like were really smart, right? And really worked. They just feel like weren't there the whole time like the, the gps thing in the car like that fucking up i was like oh that's awesome because it's an older yeah. gps it's not on a phone yep. so you know that like once those things go they're gone and you're in the mountains and like those things used to fuck up anyway so i was like oh so good like such a yep. smart choice but then it didn't like didn't carry on through everything else yeah. um like when i had this is gonna have a little bit he's like when they're getting out of the house like we'll take the back roads i'm like yo it's the fucking mountains Everything's a back road. <laughs> what are you? What are, what are back roads or trails? You're gonna take the trail. Like what? Have you driven? Like when you drive in the mountains? Like my my in laws had a mountain house in North Carolina for a little bit, and like you'd go up to it, and like it's it's all like there's one there's one road. There's no like back roads. It's one goddamn road. So what back roads are you taking? And then you end up on the main road anyway. I'm just like, yeah, what? The logic there is, yeah, it's not as sound. We're going to take the um, trail with the truck. All right. Well, let's, I mean, we we could go beat by beat. Let, sorry, but let's, sorry. No, 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 man. Like, I, and I don't want to keep you. You guys are the fathers. Um, yeah, I was about to say, I can hear one of my children crying right now. But I think what, um, my wife oh, hasn't yeah, texted dude. me, so. No, I think I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. But, um, but um, you know, yeah. Let's let's fast forward a little. We kind of get everyone starts getting kind of picked off right. in the home. I, the, the, the I remember the mom home. the mom getting abducted and oh. getting having her oh. bones broken. I I really appreciated that. I, I did not see it coming. She and killed I, it, yeah. And I thought she did a good job too. And I think especially again, once these characters were under duress, and I feel like sometimes movies can get cast that way too. These they these actors were good at being in duress and making that feel very Absolutely. real and very grounded. I think that was kind of almost across the board. So, um, yeah, when she just got all of a sudden yanked up like that, and her phone started, but I, that was really effective. And that even down, was good too. Oh my god, yeah. so good! And to have like basically the point of view, of Ryan, almost exactly what you're saying uh, towards the end there was that the um, 
the effectiveness of like you're, you're watching these people get experimented on um, on these tables, and presumably that's about to happen to the 11 year old kid that we've been with the whole time. Oh my god, we have to mention the way this film started. I can't I can't believe we didn't talk about this. This film starts on the UFO, right? Yeah. The yeah, camera right. is in the UFO. We don't really know what's going on. We presume we're in a ship. People are getting experimented on. Oh, and did, then we, did, presumably, we that, did we see that ship footage at the beginning of the movie? Yes. yes. At the oh, beginning of the movie, great. it starts uh, with the camera in space, in this craft, and that. then the camera falls to Earth. That That's I'm how sorry, the that thing I'm started. I'm I, sorry. That, I, have a big, I have a bigger problem with this movie that I realized. Please, please okay. do it because I think it's what I have. There's, okay. there's, there's, look, look. I can't believe we didn't mention that. There's got to be a suspension of disbelief for everything. And, and because it originally I thought it happened at the end of the film, I was like, that's silly, but okay. Um, there's no way in <laughs> hell that a camera is going to fall from outer space and hit the ground on I Earth without I cremating. I have that. Like, I just, how the like, fuck is this thing still recording? I know. I know. Again, again, I will say I'm joking when I say that ruins it because that is <laughs> that is that is about as bit, like that's just something silly. But I, that well, happened at the end, and I was like, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah, it ties back. We get the same scene at the end of the movie. That's fun. Um, but. I did not like that choice. It completely ruined. I mean, it didn't ruin it, but like, come on, man. Like, take us on the journey. We don't need a comic book. You're probably wondering how I got into this situation sort of feel to it. We didn't need that at the beginning. Like, your film is better than that. That's what I honestly felt. Um, So when it came back at the end, I I, I didn't didn't care for that. Um, And also, logically, no. There's no way the camera would have survived that. Um, also, funny story. Like, oh, lens, funny crash. story. That that scene was 100% genuinely filmed. He was put really? a high altitude balloon with a camera up into the outer atmosphere. Oh, no shit. And he he did like four of these balloons before it finally oh, worked. Fuck, and before fuck, he could find them, <laughs> like the other ones just disappeared. Well, that um, didn't hold it off then because clearly but, it works. Um, for this yeah. one. He was he literally got that camera up into like almost like, the outer I atmosphere. I feel like such an asshole. Yeah, so right. like, that's fucking great, man. You know he, yeah, like, like, ten, ten, ten out of ten UFOs for yeah. this. Give him credit. That is, scene yeah. of the camera falling back to Earth was real. That's amazing. That's brilliant. That's so, so funny. It can work. Um, yeah. Extent, look, look, look. Yeah. I will be the first one to tell myself to eat shit when I do yeah. something. <laughs> so let me just say, eat shit to myself. Because uh, look, ten, ten, ten out of ten UFOs. So this is my thing. All you think of this movie is, yo, <laughs> yo, are these humans really worth it? Because these aliens are going to do a lot of, lot of work for like. It's like three people. I'm like, are they like well, some Nick, special peeps? To the movie's credit, they do say in the beginning people have been disappearing in the Brown Mountains for a long time. I think they go back all the way to like the Cherokee Indians, like disappeared in mass at one point. Okay, and then all the people it. in the tunnel are gone. So like this seems like a pretty big abduction. And I think we're kind of just seeing it from the families, this one family's perspective, but I get what you're saying. No, I listen, the camera saying. thing, I, all my opinions are trash. 
That shot's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Yeah, it was fast. a great shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm, re- I'm, I'm incredibly impressed by that. Yeah, so yeah. am I. And again, um, I look like me and Nick both real assholes because he, <laughs> I was setting it up and Nick was egging me on. Yep. You're part of this. Spiked it. Um, well let's, I mean, okay. So picked off one by one by one. Um, unfortunately they all get brought on the ship. I honestly, okay. Here's what, here's where I thought the movie was going and, um, kind of dark skies did this Andrew as well. I thought the 11 year old was going to be part of the abduction. Like he oh, was maybe an like alien, a, like a plant or something like a plant. And that's maybe why I, again, no, I'm not no, that nothing been... against anyone on the spectrum or anything, but I'm like, maybe that's why. Cause he's not, um, you know, he's I not actually... your typical 11 year old kid. Um, he's, he's doing all these close ups of like, insects throughout the film too which i thought See, was really I actually interesting. Liked that. I thought that and was, I thought really was going to lead to something you know like yeah. maybe he's studying things and um I will and that say, he was going to like turn out to be like one of them but i don't think that's I, what they Yeah mean. no i think I, I i will say um Ryan and this is not to judge how you're taking this one in um but i think if uh, something especially with found footage movies and something that this does do that makes it at least a little bit of successful found footage film is you can't really expect the kind of i will call it magic of storytelling to show up these kind of wonderful right. coincidences and stuff like that to gain that true kind of adv- um um uh element um and something that makes it feel like real found footage it has to i feel like at least for me personally, it has to feel a little chaotic. It, it can't give you something to like, oh, like look at that 31 because it's going to come back later kind of a stuff. Like there might be some things that rhyme a little bit, George Lucas style, but it's, um, I do think that uh, that that stuff was purely to show um, this boy using the way that he knows to take in the world to mm-hmm. just do just that. And that That's I thought was movie. actually beautifully done. Yeah, I really, yeah. I really liked that a lot. Well, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, you know, we get to the end of the film. Whole family's been abducted. Um, we get this terrifying part. Apparently, maybe. Ugh, I don't want to know. I don't yeah, want to know. It was. It was. Yeah, they're real gnarly in this. It was effective. Um, yeah. You know. Oh, when I he think... grabs the sister, that was another moment I love. When the alien, uh, like the camera, and then the aliens got her on the face. I was like, oh yeah. Jesus. That's like, like that I really... think. That's really... like the thumbnail of the official trailer too. I guess. Nice. that was um, nice. that was nice. Um, and then, you know, I, I think we get the camera, um, being held by an alien, I presume, um, kind of throwing it out the, uh, garbage chute of the UFO and sending it back to earth. And now we have this story. Um, but that's not it. Um, then it happens again. Then it happens again. Oh, the human, human story just keeps repeating itself, but we do the, you know, the camera lands, whatever we think that's the end then we see some guy in a hazmat suit finds the camera um presumably this is project blue book as we talked about um which was not around in 2014 it stopped in 1969 um but that's neither here nor there i thought that was cool it's like all right there's gonna be a cover-up of all this like they got the footage back um somehow it leaked out to the public i think it's a project blue book file blah 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 and that's what the movie ended up being um which was pretty cool um but not only that 
um that's how the movie ends but then we get a credit scene like marvel style yeah with the dad, the dad. they found the dad oh did you see that, Andrew? The no i did not oh you no, did okay i was gonna ask oh, if you yeah. guys oh. stayed till oh no um, i, I didn't i feel so bad i usually stayed through credits but i like this was the one that i finished last night and at the end i get I was, it and they use a police camera for it too. Because no, but no matter what, I have to wake up at seven a.m. these days. Oh, Jesus. Um, and I'm sure okay. that's not as early to some people. No, <laughs> let's get to the last film soon, then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we get dash cam footage. They um, a cop pulls over and finds the dad, and I think they literally say it's the dad. Yeah, so clearly, the police know what's up and they know what's going on. Amazing. Um, so I thought that was cool. It was that kind is of pretty, that is pretty like, neat. I'm mad. I'm, I'm mad. I missed that. And like they utilize the dash cam really well too. Like he does right. a very good like close up on it as they nice. like take yep. him away. Cool. Uh, so yeah. Okay, guys, let's give it a rating. Let's play the video and then let's dive into our last. Oh, movie. I'm going to stand by my ten out. I'm going to stand by my ten out of ten. He dropped a camera oh. uh, from the atmosphere, and look, look, there was a. I had a. I you know what? I had a real. I I I had a real fun time watching this and like I, 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 I think at the end of the day especially in my advanced age i'm not that old um but i i something that i think is uh, that i try to stand by is if i enjoy something if i enjoy a piece of work a piece of art i don't want to shy away from that and i can enjoy something and know that it's flawed and i do think that there are some flaws in this movie but overall i enjoyed my experience watching it so i you know that's 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 where I'm going to leave it at. Nice. Um, How about you? I, I was going to give it a six out of ten because there were things I liked, but I thought it was long. I was like, this movie could have been like twenty. I, I, I would I would agree with that for almost every movie on this list, <laughs> even <laughs> um, not not the Slumber Party one. Yeah, that one's the, tight. The, 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 the other three, McFerson. I think two, that's the couple. biggest fault of found footage films in general. Yeah. We get too much setup, and it lasts too long. I would even say, it. like, there were times in the McPherson tape a couple times where I was just like, I think they played, they went back to the cards like twice, maybe oh, even three God. times. Well, like yeah. and, and like for once I get it, but the second time I'm like, all right. So and sometimes I understand it's runtime yeah. again, Ryan. I learned it's like it's runtime. You got to hit a yeah. runtime for it to be considered a feature. feature. And like if you're yeah. not, like, if you're not like 50 minutes is like considered a feature for some people. If you don't That's hit a good point. that limit, then like it's a short film and, or it's a medium. You can't film put it in festivals. It. You yep. can't get a yep. uh, worldwide distribution. It's and even 50 minutes. They're like, yeah. mm. um, very good point. But but. But that shot, man, that's fucking cool shit. So I'm going to give him all the credit. Because that shot was. It's real rad. It's yeah, real it's rad. rad. It's pretty yep. fucking cool. I'm going, I'm going eight out of 10 on this one. Um, I thought oh, the home, cast. Ryan. I'm well, come on. Come on. All right, fine. Nine out of 10. Um, yeah. And that's because we have one of the actresses with us tonight, which is going to be freaking awesome to hear from her. Um, I Again, I thought it was a great movie. Um, I really did. I thought they did a good job. Actors did amazing. Um, and it was his first film. So yeah, I, and that, like... we got to keep that in mind. But um, mm-hmm. guys, go take a little nap if you need to um, or coffee refill. And we're going to end with the fourth kind. But here is we have Jillian Claire who played Jillian in the movie Alien Abduction. So we're going to hear from her now. Thanks so much for having me on the show today. I am Jillian Clare. I'm from Alien Abduction, and I play Jillian in the movie. (laughs) Uh, Fun fact, that was not written that way. The character names were changed after we were all cast. My original character's name was Lisa. Uh, And I I don't think I look like a Lisa. But they did that mostly because um, 
it was a found footage movie, which meant that there would be times where we would film three scenes as one scene because there wasn't a clear cut. And the director really wanted us to feel super comfortable and um, really be able to sink into our roles. And so by calling each other our real names, it really felt a lot more real. And it was a lot easier to be able to um, improv in between the scenes when we kind of had to get from point A to point B without making it strange or making it feel awkward. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, some fun things from set. Let's see. Well, there's that that point in the movie where we all go like under the cabin to hide. And I think this was you know, one of, it was one of our many overnights and it was very early in the morning and I was very tired. And when I went to go under, I actually hit the side of it and I ended up with the biggest bruise ever on my thigh. Um, and we all laughed about it for, for hours. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, what's another story? Oh, when, um, the first time we see the aliens, so the director hadn't shown us photos of the aliens or anything um, about them at all. He kind of wanted it to be a surprise. But see, I don't do well with surprises and um, scary stuff. I laugh. Uh, so, so it's this beautiful scene where the crows just hit all of all of us in the car and we get out and we see the alien from the distance and uh I remember turning around and it took everything in me not to just burst out laughing and thank God he called cut like just a few seconds later because then I burst out in laughter and I was like, I'm so sorry. This is just how I process things. Um, this is, look, I, I'm really sorry, but it was scary seeing it for the first time. And so my brain just automatically went into fight or flight mode, which meant that I was laughing. Uh, but it was such a great film to to make. You know, it was my first time traveling alone for a job. I was only 19 when we shot the film and we did go to North Carolina and there definitely was um, maybe a sighting of the Brown Mountain Lights. Maybe we think we might have seen them, which is pretty uh, scary and crazy. <laughs> uh, but there was also some like ghosty stories going on. It was definitely a, a wild experience. Um but, you know, I'm just so thankful that we were able to do the film. I've had some really great lifelong connections from it. Peter, who plays my dad in the movie, ended up playing my dad in another film that I produced and starred in called Pretty Broken. And I've stayed in close contact with Riley over the years, who played my little brother and um, our awesome sound guy, Dan. He and I still talk nonstop. So it really was a fantastic film to be a part of. Um, I haven't watched it in a very long time. I just... I. I have a thing about watching myself. Sometimes I'm okay with it and sometimes I'm not. It kind of just depends on the mood. But I haven't watched it in a really long time. So maybe I need to to watch it again. I do think that it's one of, um, one of the more interesting ways to convince an audience that you would keep filming during something so catastrophic. Uh, you know, having Riley have autism in the film as and filming as the way of processing information. I think that was a really inventive way to do it. Um, and I think it was, it was really cool the way it was done. And, you know, our DP, Luke Geisbuehler, he was incredible. He, you know, has worked on Borat and all these amazing other movies. Um, so the way it was filmed was really cool. And I think that's kind of what separated 
our found footage film from others because I feel like it actually provided a a good reason for us to keep filming and not just ditch the camera and run. Um, but, you know, I think it was a really great film and I'm, I'm really thankful that I was a part of it. And it was it was definitely a crazy time um, and I had the best time. And aliens, let's see, what do I think about aliens? I mean, I think they're real. Why wouldn't they be real? We're just tiny humans on a big rock in the middle of space. Why can't there be more? And alien abductions, I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe. I don't, I don't discount anything anymore. The universe is wide and, and big and who knows what the heck's out there and what is going on. So sure. I, I believe that abductions could exist, but I definitely believe that there are other life forms on other planets. Anyway, thank you so much, Ryan, and um, happy Halloween, you spooks. Awesome. So that was Jillian Clare joining us from Alien Abduction. Thank you to Jillian for doing that. Thank you to Dean. Thank you to Jason as well for sending in those videos. And thank you, Nick, for sticking with me, my man. And Andrew, he's back. We're on our last film, guys. Can you believe yeah. it? We made it. We made sure. it. Um, thank you to everyone watching for listening. Um, let's see here. You're the oh, real I have, I have two things to share before um, we, we move on to the last film. Uh, I just heard from Bryce Johnson. He's the host of the Bigfoot Collectors Club podcast. Hey. He also is starring right now in American Horror Story playing oh, nice. Neil oh, nice. Armstrong. Um, so for those who don't know, American Horror Story is doing like half of their series this year about aliens and alien nice. abduction and nice. stuff like cool. that. And he is starring as Neil Armstrong. So he That's sends fun. his best. Um, he, he caught a little That's of cool. the live stream tonight. So thank nice. you, Bryce. Thanks for awesome. shouting this out, man. Congrats One more shout out. Too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Playing Neil Armstrong. Ugh, I can only wish. I can only wish. Um, we have one more shout out. We have um, Charlotte Milchard who played Abby in The Fourth Kind. Oh. Um, she played the real version of Abby, um, uh-huh. which we'll get to. But she was not able to, unfortunately, send us a voice message. But she did wanted to say thank you for reviewing the film. I can't wait to hear what you guys say. And I told her we're going to be brutally honest, and she's ready for it. So um, let's do it. Let's move to The Fourth Kind from 2009, written by Terry Robbins, directed by... <sighs> Alatunde Osunsanmi? Yeah, that's, yep. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. At least that's what I had found. Cool. And starring Mila Jokovic, Elias Kotias, our uh, Casey from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Will Patton. Um, Man, what a stacked cast for this. I wrote wrote good cast. Hell yeah. yeah. Like, Like, and we'll talk about that. I don't think the acting was the issue at all with this film. No, but, um, I don't think so either. Let's do a quick synopsis for everyone out there. Um, thriller involving an ongoing unsolved mystery in Alaska, Nome, Alaska to be specific, um, where one town has seen an extraordinary number of unexplained disappearances during the past 40 years. And there are accusations of a federal cover-up dealing with alien abductions. Now, um, before we go any further, fourth kind. I just want to go through that really quick. That is the Close Encounter scale that was created by J. Allen Hynek, the astronomer we talked about from Project Blue Book. You know, you got first kind, lights in the sky. Second, you might see a craft. Third, you might see beings in a craft. Fourth, straight on contact and abduction. So that's what we're getting with the fourth kind. Um, so, yeah, 
initial thoughts, guys. Had you heard of this movie? Did you know any of the backstory? Because there's some controversy. I, I remember. I remember when it came out. I purposely only looked a little. I when I started it, I I had not looked for anything. There was a moment in the beginning of the film um, where I felt the need to pause it and see what was going on here because mm-hmm. um, I felt like there was something, uh, not that I was getting hoodwinked because I know it's, it's a movie, but there is uh, this movie starts with Mila Jokovich coming out yeah. and, and they're doing Let's this thing where the trees are spinning behind her. And she's basically saying from what I remember and I was going to rewatch it, but I have six months year old, six month year old twins. Um, so I didn't have time to rewatch. I got to watch it once, and that was a blessing. Um, it, but she is as herself mm-hmm. telling us that she is about to play a character, play a um, in a oh. dramatization, yeah of real events that took place and that she's playing a real person and the whole time it's been, and then she ends with this fucking horseshit about, um, you decide what's real and what's not real. It reminds me of Jonathan Frakes. Remember beyond belief, fact or fiction, you decide what's real. (laughs) So, like it's almost like letting themselves off the hook, and I was like, "Oh, what a weird way to!" I was like, "I guess they're playing the, the UFO thing," but then they cut to the real footage, which is a woman, the young lady who, or, or um, the the person who, Charlotte, I, 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 yeah. Charlotte, who plays um, Abigail. The uh, yes, the it is Charlotte, done up to look disheveled. Like, I think anybody who has seen five movies in their life could hopefully realize that that was not real footage. However, there are plenty of people who are not able to do that so well, and especially not when you as a film break the fourth wall to present yourself and say that you're about to play something that's real and then have this footage go back to back the whole time. There was, there was a lot about that and I, this could be like, and and to use a real place, they yes. they told a fake we'll, story we'll about a real that. place yeah. that is really dealing with disappearances, and instead they have now taken that and used it to put their own narrative onto, whether that is in a big like a documentary movie or a movie like this that is pretending to be a documentary but also pretending to be a real movie. There are things that I just found, especially and Ryan, we've talked about this before, and this is not every case, but there, and I think you would agree with this. There are people out there who, um, when it comes to UFOs and abduction theory and things like that, who sometimes aren't the most mentally stable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And when they are presented with stuff like this, I feel like there is an opportunity for them to, and I believe this happened, bother the people of Nome, Alaska, who are already dealing with their own grief and pain over what's going on to try to force this new narrative on there. I was really floored that this movie used that and then doubles down on it at the end with right. the same stupid swirly trees thing. I honestly, and I'll be a hundred percent honest. I was watching through gritted teeth for most of the movie and it was, it was kind of hard for me to focus or care about it for the duration because of that opening 
I want to call it a lie. Like this kind of weird, this lie to the audience. And and I'm sure they could try to be like, I I, like who knows? Maybe those bumpers were added after the fact because they were like, we got to put something out there. But I think what they added and, or maybe that was the intent because not only is she sitting down in foot and this becomes like a uh, thing throughout is that this found footage, whatever you want to call it. Like, those are the best framed dash cam footage. Is like that's the best framed <laughs> dash cam footage I've ever seen in my life. Pretty um, damn good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like she's sitting down with the director of the movie, who is also breaking the fourth wall and is now placing himself inside of the, Into story, the story and yeah. trying to. It's it's a it's it's. I don't know. I think when it comes to this community who grab onto this stuff, who thought the McPherson tape was real. When it comes to those kind of people, you can't do shit like this. I get. That. I really think that, like, I, 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 like, and especially we've seen now. If the last year and a half has taught us anything, it's that some people will believe anything if they're told it in a certain yeah. way. And I just think the way that they did this um, was a little irresponsible. And I, 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 the director has gone on to do a lot of amazing things and the movie looks beautiful and there's great acting in it, but the overall thing and the plot makes not a ton of sense. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I just thought that the way that they were serving us this, because they go back and forth, they'll do the real footage right up against side the fake footage yeah. and it gets as real as showing dash cam footage of a man murdering his wife and then himself. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're trying to portray these shocking moments and act like they're doing. And some of it is more convincing than others. And I think that's a real problem. Like this is the first time that I've ever seen like a found footage movie where I'm just like, you guys could really do some damage with this. Like, what was the idea? Well, that's a great point because it's not a found footage movie, right? Right, like, yes, gonna, right. That's the whole point because I even was watching and did not do that research and I was like, oh shit, like I had seen it, but I had forgotten I had watched this movie and I was like, oh, is this is this real? And then I quickly was like, no, it's not. But that's the problem, right? Because when you present something like this, especially if it targets, I mean, it's mainstream, right? It's targeting mainstream. Universal put this movie out. Yeah, like I, rem- the thing I remember about this movie is just that it was being released. I would have been in school at that time. I, I, and I was like in New York, or no, like fresh out of school and in the city and not seeing a lot of movies because I didn't have money. But I remember it was a Mila Jovovich movie. Like it gets. I remember the posters. I remember that yeah. kind of stuff. Start yeah. it, please. So no, but you, but you bring up a really good point when you make a movie like this, right? That is, that in some ways, is big picture, but is also could be targeted to a very specific group of people that like, and we've seen like there's ancient aliens. How many alien shows are there literally in like, it's like crime dramas. It's like, and so to not like, if you're going to, hmm, if you want to make the movie and you want to make it feel realistic, like you want to do that side by side stuff and make it feel real, feel realistic. I can make an artistic argument for that, right? That that's the story you're telling, but then you make it, you make it feel like it is actually real. And like people can buy into that, especially when you are hoping beyond hope to have proof of this thing to share with people because everyone, excuse me, it's sound bad, but like people look at like the crazy alien guy from history channel. You're like, <laughs> that guy's a gift. Um, right. And so yeah. I would argue he's a meme, but yes. With me. <laughs> fair. fair. First meme. Um, it's true. It's true. It's a valid argument. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I think you're right, Andrew. Like, it really is like 
how do what is what's your artistic vision? What was your reasoning for that? Simon yeah. was hoping you'd make more money, but then what does that do to people? Um, and then well, because they're creating their own story, they can they can pick and choose they can what it. little things like because then they can give people like oh here's this thing that you've read about in another story. So I'm going to validate this further for you. Yeah. Here's this phenomenon that happens. Like, because they're pulling from sources of things that have already, I believe almost everything, right, Ryan, uh, in, in this is, feels like something that was from actual cases. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. when we get to the therapy sessions with these hypnotic mm-hmm. regressions, like a lot of it rang true of, um, and there's actual audio tapes out there of therapy sessions. With right. Abductees. Um, I, I would urge any of you to go to YouTube right now and uh, look for Betty and Barney Hill abduction sessions. Uh, this was a interracial couple in the fifties who I've claimed to have been abducted this. by aliens. Sorry. And um, they, their audio of their regressions are available and they cool. are effing terrifying. They got taken cool. out of their car, right? Weren't they like driving in their yeah. car, like an old road yep. got taken out? Missing time. Um, a lot of the tropes we see played out in this is kind of what this couple experienced back. And they were like the first to come forward and say they were abducted by aliens. Um, so a lot of what we know of abduction lore stems from this couple in New Hampshire back in the 50s. Um, so, and again, like uh, that's what rung true with me in this film were the um, therapy sessions and how these people felt and kind of how they these memories were brought back the issue being that fourth kind tried to do what Blair Witch did well is they put out marketing beforehand with like missing posters of people in Nome Alaska and they, and uh, wait literal fourth kind did that fourth kind came out with articles about missing people oh shit um and we will get to the controversy that the blowback of what happened with that later but um I don't see again That's why insane. they had to go the the like actual what, footage route with it. It would have been it, a good movie. If if, if I was somebody who yeah again like if they would have just cut all that stuff out, um, like if I the way this plays out like if I was somebody who believed in the UFO phenomena, um, I and I maybe I'm projecting, um, maybe because I'm not somebody that I'm, I'm overestimating how people feel about this. I would feel taken advantage of. I get that. That is a huge problem in this community is they often feel exploited. Like um, they're, they're, they're television, used, through books, everything. They're, they're taking these things that they know exist in, in the community and they're like, just kind of like plicking you in the back of the neck with it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, here's something for you to, this is what you can attach to. This is like not, so not only are we already telling this thing that you're probably going to be interested in anyway, we're, saying it's a true story but we're saying it's not a true story they're using the same kind of language that i feel gets you feel gets used by some of the um some like sometimes like not less than say like it's language like the you know truth is out there always trying to find what's real what's true all that kind of stuff like they're using these buzzwords they're doing all these things and and telling a lie like and not in a fun fucking like you know blair witch did the online stuff and that is a different kind of a thing yeah, I I believe like with this something about how polished and yeah. how like big budget it is makes it worse. Something about that makes it feel way more like I'm like what I I it feels like you're trying to coerce a reaction out of me 
I don't know. It's, it's I, not but even, not in a. It's uh, manipulative. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Introducing this in Blair Witch. Right. No one fucking knew who was in Blair Witch. No one right. knew those actors. And this yes. movie starts. It starts with a very well-known actor being like, "Yo, this is real." Yeah, I'm like, gonna play this real woman. Like, yeah, and I'm gonna it's... I'm gonna mimic that actor. Like, whoever's whichever actor is doing whosever character, like they're gonna mimic each other, right? They're gonna mirror each other, like yeah. an actress would do playing a real person. And it sets it up in such a way that, like, even even like Andrew, you said, like even me, I was like, wait, fuck, is this? Wait, no, it's not. But wait, and I could just scramble my mind a little bit because the both those actresses are fucking talented. They're um, great, yeah. Where's Blair Witch? I didn't know those kids. I, I thought it was real because I was a kid, and then I was like, "Oh, it's not real." Okay, yeah, yeah. great, cool. That's yeah. cool. Oh, she's on the like, show. Cool. This is what I I found with this film is they tried so hard to be Blair Witch, like some twenty something years later, and it's like we we're smarter than that now. Audiences like you're you're being so condescending to the audience you think is going to watch this no one for a second is going to believe this but like andrew said some people did i still have yes. people be like Yo, dude i thought that archive footage was real and i get it i understand that and I then at it. the end and like there have been fictional movies that have done this too but then they even add that sense of validity it's like oh this person refused to be yeah. interviewed for this like oh this right. person didn't want anything oh this person didn't want this person told us this but didn't want it it's just more of that shit where i'm just like well, what what are you trying to do here like are you trying to the fuck with a community thing. that is already kind of like on edge to a certain degree amen thank you yeah like um, like those people who are spending who sometimes spend their lives trying to find answers trying to feel validated trying to feel you know, I, I I have nothing but respect for a good chunk of the people, as you pointed me out towards some people that I can steer away from. But when you devote yourself your life to something like this that is not taken seriously ninety five percent of the time, and you kind of do this big budget olive branch and it's bullshit, and you're trying to act like it's like that's it's offensive to a certain degree. Like and it's uh, like I don't know. Maybe hindsight is twenty twenty. I would love to hear what the controversy is because I would like to see how that. Because I know critics did not care for this film. Um, like I like it's not even like it was a successful in like being a motion picture. Um, Monetarily, it was a huge success. Yeah, it made it made um, like four times its money back. Yeah, but critically That's successful. I mean, let's just I'll spoil it now. 18% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics, 41% by the audience. This was critically a failure for sure. And for many reasons, but um, um, let's, I, I guess let's kind of just, let's go through this scattered plot really quick. Um, Abby is a psychologist. She finds these patterns in all of her patients. She comes to realize she thinks they're being, they think they're, they might be abducted by aliens. She gets her colleague involved, who's a psychologist as well. He's very hesitant about believing any of it. Um, then he sits in on some of the sessions and he's like, holy shit, like something weird's going on here. Meanwhile, one of her patients um, kills his family, kills himself. He can't deal with all this alien abduction stuff. And now that she's really good actor too. Yes, he was great. Fan. All the actors in this, I thought, mm. did an incredible job. Um, but now Abby, the psychologist, is kind of under the microscope of the cops. Like one of her pages, patients just killed himself. Um, all this weird shit's going on. People are missing, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we come to find out that um, 
uh, well, and then we didn't even mention her husband gets murdered in the beginning um, in bed while right. she's there by an intruder. So the super traumatic thing happens. Um, Abby's son hates her because he thinks that she could have saved him. She's got a blind daughter. Like um, the sympathy cards are just like being pulled left and right in this movie. Um, and then fast forward. Um, the cops kind of put the family under surveillance and um, boom, her a UFO comes over their house and abducts the daughter. Right. And then we have this whole side plot with ancient aliens and dead language, Sumerians. Speaking, what what were they speaking? Oh, God. Sumerian. And again, that, that stuff could have been interesting on its own. I had a hard time focusing after. It was yeah, very scattershot. Really, um, well, I, and it was just, I kind of... And then you have this these and I don't, I don't always going in and out, in and out. It's just, it's and they so would always like you know, jumbled. and they made sure to shoot it like all the archival footage was shot really well with that, which is just kind of silly. But then like you know, they would make sure to that the dramatization was just a little different in the positioning to kind of to give that again more of an idea that like oh this is the real one, but we didn't do it exactly the same way. We did it like that. Like it's just right. all this stuff that I feels it's it's. I I almost I almost wonder if I wouldn't feel as strongly about this if it was a um, completely made up, like even make up the town where it exists. Straight up sci-fi movie, yep. Yes, because again, they're like I from what I saw of the gnome disappearances. There are, of course, at any time something like that, people are gonna it happens. People are gonna come in and be like, "Oh, it's this crazy thing that happened." Not yeah. not real tragedy. Um, not that the other thing isn't real tragedy either, but you know what I'm saying? Um, the hurt that people are dealing with sadness that people are dealing with. And these guys took $10 million and whatever the advertising budget was to give a differing answer. Uh, That that's what I was going to ask Andrew is if, if it was a different talent or if they didn't put the disclaimer, this was. I would even say I would even be fine with the disclaimer. I feel like I would need it to be about a different subject. And okay, so Fair. so what if the, what if it was just a straight sci-fi movie and like they use the same trope though, like where it's like real footage, fake footage, but they never. Come yeah, out. I guess it would depend on the sci-fi. Like my first, I like let's just say, yeah. let they did all this right, um, but they're like it's a town full of werewolves. Yeah. They're just like, like oh man, this lady's family is getting picked off by werewolves, or people are realizing they're turning into werewolves. This thing that is very obviously and clearly, may, I, maybe there might be a few people out there that really strongly believe in werewolves and they're dangerous because of it, but I, I, I doubt that. Um, I, I, I could be wrong. Um, but with this, I feel like with the UFO community, um, they're, uh, they're, there is just more of a chance for something to happen for something to go wrong. I think it's, there's a little bit too much of, um, of a volatility there and not necessarily like, not because the people that follow it are all like messed up or anything like that. It's just this idea that when you want something so badly and you are given supposed proof like there's more of a chance that you're going to want to grab onto that and it's and again it is something that most of the time is very far out of reach mm-hmm. um yeah so i just think yeah i, I, I and i just um I, well i want to get you guys opinion it. on this um 
the one cool kind of unique thing I thought they played with a little bit was this owl um, thing. This is you know, I don't remember there being an owl in it at all. There's owls all over the place. That's so yeah. funny. It's, I it's, know, okay. it's that, that, see that shows where my head at was at. And There's that one sober. shot of um, so where it's turning all around with the yes. eyes are like yes, the head yes. the whole time, yeah. the camera's oh. following. I um, so <laughs> when I first saw that I scene, that movie yesterday. when I first saw that scene, that was the one scene where I'm like, thank you. That's like a very deep cut in UFO lore. I mean, look. I've got right here. I've got two books written just about UFOs and owls. It's mm-hmm. a real thing. It's a phenomenon where owls are seen to either be around before an abduction or a UFO event or after. And a lot of people mm-hmm. believe that owls are kind of like a harbinger of these things. Or, or, I mean, you look at the owl, look at the shape of the head, look yeah. at the eyes. It's very reminiscent of a gray alien. So a lot of people think this is what they use to like get to somewhere and then abduct you. Like they're, they're showing you themselves in another form a screen memory, they call it. Um, and this is what people have claimed. And that's what they did in this movie. All of her patients claim they saw owls before these things, these, these things happened. So I thought so, that was a really cool part of the movie. Well, so is that more of, is that more of like a deep cut you would say for absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah. It's not that so, well known. I mean, you go back so, to like, yeah, when Peaks, like, even yeah, Twin Peaks definitely... dealt with that. Sure, but that's kind of my point. You know what I mean? That's like, think about how excited you just got by that, by the fact that they brought up this thing that doesn't get brought up too often, right? And let's say you were a less stable human being that, like, is taking that as a sign that they're like, oh, like, this is in the shit. Like, this is not your, like, rudimentary, oh, the greys come down and they, they're they getting at the real stuff that people don't talk about. So this has to be <laughs> so true. Can I push back like, a little just... bit? I'm going to push back a little <sighs> bit. So I agree, but here's the thing. I'm fine as, a, as, a, as, a, as an audience member who's not deeply entrenched in it. If you make this movie and you remove the Mila Jolovich thing at the beginning, and to me it's like I'm going into straight fiction. Someone made a horror movie and utilized – found footage as part of it. I'm fine with that story as, as a main consumer. If you're not trying to make me believe that it's true, right? Yeah. Because I do think that like, it's shot really fucking well. Like you so, said, so much so that I feel like those bumpers had to have been added afterwards because right. they look because they look terrible. If the bumpers weren't there, and I was like, I'm going into a horror movie, and they're not seeing it's real. Change the town. Change the town. I get that. That's a good point. Like make it a, fall, a fake town in Alaska. That like it's a real town that has right. real problems. And with that's problem, but like remove those two things. Remove the bumpers. Change. Don't make it known. Make it someplace else in fucking remote Alaska and give it a different name. Right. I'm cool because that makes it kind of freaky. Like some of the images, like the guy floating and like the the, the found footage image, uh, like the way that the yeah. director did that, I was like, ooh, fuck. Like it was good. It was, it was good. executed well, but yeah. it wasn't yeah. necessary. As someone like, who's not in it, someone's not in it, I'm like, oh, the owl thing's fucking cool. Like that's a cool yeah. shot because then you're introducing me to some of this stuff. And if I'm going to go learn about it, I'd be like, oh, what's up with owls and aliens? Like totally. Um, there are things that I liked about this film. I just think it was irresponsible, like what you were saying, to make it – to say it was real. To say yeah. it was like a real but like a wink real. But if you aren't getting the wink, like if you aren't catching the wink at the end, then like you're just like, oh shit, this is real. No, exactly. again, they double down at the end of right? the movie. And that's I, was, my I was floored by that. 
I know. I, I want to give a quick shout out, guys, to Unidentified Celebrity Review. Luis Jimenez is here, and um, UFOT has been with us all night. She's awesome. She's got her own YouTube channel. Go check it out, UFOT. Um, do. And she did mention earlier The Messengers, which is the book I showed you guys um, by Mike Cullen and Richard Dolan. Like, she knows. She's in this community. She knows how much owls mean to us. Nice. And, um, yeah, yeah. But I get both of what you guys are saying. No, that. I get um, that, too, because, look, it must feel fucking nice to feel seen. The first time that I ever felt like I fit in in my life was when I saw Weird Al in concert when I was, like, a 27-year-old <laughs> man when I yep. saw Weird Al for the first time. And I saw other people that looked like me. Like, my wife and I, she got me a ticket. And we were just looking around. I was like, we were like, that person? Like, those people look like I I never really felt that before in my life i never had any clicks i didn't really go through any phases i was just kind of like i like i i just felt like i fit in and it's a fucking rad feeling and it is a good feel like i understand being when, when comic book movies blew up that was that was for me like to be like oh shit like this is this is fucking cool now like right yeah. oh cool great it's different than the weird al experience but it's the same thing like you're, you all of a sudden like Here's a community, and now people like get that community and think it's Dude, cool or want to know more about it. We in the UFO community are living that right now. Since the Pentagon came out and said UFOs are real, mm. we investigated them. We're going to now invest. They're opening a permanent office to investigate UFOs. In That's Pentagon. awesome. That's right. That's happening. Super so, I mean, talk about validity. That's what we needed. What we don't right. need is shit like this to muddy the waters and exploit it to a to an extent that the fourth kind did i don't like alien abduction um mcpherson tape like we know we get it with this movie they tried to manipulate us so much and force it down our throats that this is real this is real manipulate um, that it, mean- it 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 was the least real of all of these because of a the budget and b they tried so damn hard to convince us that that footage was real when mm. oh god it's so so but frustrating i, I do want to say the the filming of it is fucking gorgeous. No, there's totally. again, I, I I don't think anybody here is saying that yeah. anybody involved with this film is not talented. I just yeah. when I said I was going to use this term earlier. I find it uh, ill advised. What they I find decided it unethical, to do. if that makes sense, artistically yeah. unethical. Yeah, I get it, man. Well, um, but I guess let's let's kind of get to the end. Um, so her blind daughter is abducted. Um, we see some dash cam footage again, uh, which was okay, but here's my problem. We see in the dash cam footage, the police are watching the house, and a UFO goes over the house, and then it goes staticky. And then all we hear is the cop being like, oh, my God, they're being she's being lifted out of the house. Ryan, is that and a I'm thing like, like staticky cameras? Is that like a thing too? Oh, totally. Yeah, okay. it's the okay. same in the paranormal community. Like these these phenomena have a way of messing with – with cameras they drain batteries very easily blah 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 um here's my problem like i i don't know if it was a budgetary thing um but the the camera goes static and we don't see the girl getting lifted out of the house i'm like come on that was like your one moment to show us something truly but, cool. but that would make it seem less real that would make it true seem less real. i get what you're saying but at the same time i was like what a cop out like that's when yeah. you're gonna make the camera go static come on um I don't know, but then we get that too, where the guy is literally floating out of his bed. Um, right. It starts going staticky too. So maybe the more intense the phenomena, the more it messes with the camera. Yeah, that really creeped me out. Sorry, that was messed up. Yeah. Anytime we see like their mouth agape oh. and they're they kind of look like they're possessed, it, oh. it was 
It was frightening. And then, oh, don't get me started on the like ancient Sumerian voice or whatever the hell that thing was. That was very unnerving. I don't know. What did you guys think of this this part where we hear this weird kind of dis what would you say? Um disconnected Distorted. voice. Yeah. Um start saying all this really crazy stuff that they finally decipher. Um I was uh, actually kind of interested in that because I feel like that's usually more of like a, a demon possession trope. Right. Um and but isn't um, there like de- people think that like aliens and demons can be the same thing? Like that there's totally. that connection to that's big too. We there's a big movement in the alien abduction lore and everything of um spiritual people believing that aliens could be demonic or angelic. Like, uh, take your pick. Whatever lens you want to look at the alien phenomena through, that's the problem. It's so amorphous and so unexplained that, like, you could look at it from any lens. Yeah. Again, I go back to, like, Jacques Vallée, who said, like, yesterday's fairies are today's aliens. It's possible they could be the same thing. Sure, um, or it could be an angel. It could be a demon. It could be interdimensional. It could be us from the future. That's the stuff that, like, keeps me going in this field is right. asking those questions. Because I don't personally think they're aliens. I don't. I never have, really. Um, and I don't think they are now. Um, but this movie seems to be going with that, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. There's some talk of God and um, ancient alien stuff. But I don't know. That's my tangent. Ma- Matthew, Ryan and I actually reviewed both Arrival and yeah. the, the Arrival last year in an episode. That was um, fun. Prometheus was we fun. haven't hit. Prometheus we, we haven't hit. The three I actually, of us got yeah. into that. That'd be a fun franchise to to hit up, and we're getting an Alien TV series. I saw too. Pretty psyched about oh, that. I know Noah Holly. I love those movies. I like yeah, Noah Holly quite a bit. That guy knows cool. how to make a good TV show. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, man. Oh, I'm excited for that. Um, again, like this topic of aliens, it's been around forever, and it's ripe for television. Yeah. But I think this is an example, the fourth kind of where it just it swung for the fences, and I just. It was too messy. Like they didn't, they didn't really have like a message to say. I or think like a, a plot kind of like. I mean, <laughs> there was stuff that went that happened, but it all just felt like a loose assemblance of events. And again, I, I it's hard for me to say anything about it because I really was so turned off by um, the first five ten minutes that I, I don't think there was any way that I was going to enjoy myself. So I don't want to. Um, I don't think that's super fair to there's a lot of people that worked really hard on this movie, including the people oh, yeah. that like the director and Mila Jokovic and um, is it Jokovic? She pronounced it that way at the beginning of the movie. Right. I don't think I ever Jokovic, heard it. Pro- yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't think I've ever heard it pronounced that way, but if, if anybody's going to know how to fucking say it, it's, it's the person themselves. I hope it's her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like, you know, everybody clearly worked hard on this um so i don't um it's hard for me to discuss it either way and i i hope that doesn't feel like a cop-out but i just um i stand by the stuff that i said earlier and the rest of the movie just kind of went went by me in ways even even saying things that i disliked about it just don't seem fair because i don't think i was gonna like it yeah yeah and that's not that's not fair to the people who worked on it exactly and um you know i mean let's just go to the end um to try to figure out where her daughter is or whatever. They put Abby, the psychologist under hypnotic regression to, which was weird. I'm like, are these memories or are you trying to literally make contact consciously? I don't know. It yeah, didn't I, did make not, sense. I didn't understand what was going on. Um, there either. But then she's like getting abducted herself. And 
I guess the guys in the room did too. I, I don't know for sure. And then she comes back and she's back with the director of the fourth kind telling her story. Like, this is all real. Yeah, like, my daughter's still missing. Like, I don't care if people think I'm crazy. This is my truth. Blah, blah, blah. And then, and then, like you said, we get Mila Jokovic coming back on and again saying, and the director, and the director, and they they say that same, it's up to you to decide what's real and not real thing. And I just, okay. And here's the only real thing in the entire movie. During the credits, they're playing audio tapes of people reporting UFOs to. Okay. Um, oh, were those National all real? UFO reporting center. Those are real audio tapes of people reporting UFOs, and some of them are pretty startling. Are they're they hearing... all from Nome, Alaska? No. No. Then, those it, were does, all... then it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, that makes it worse. Because if I were to watch the film, I would assume yeah. that they're those are Nome, calls Alaska. that are coming from Nome, Alaska. Good point. That's a that's insane. Point. That's it doesn't insane. help the case. I really thought those were fake, and I I, I clicked away anyway because I had I had stuff to do. Uh, but I and, and, and like and if those that's that's if those are real, I, I would almost feel I feel for those people who had to deal with that who were dragged in this thing to serve this other narrative. Totally, man. Like that's Ugh. that's fucked. So frustrating. That's so right. crazy. Yeah. We're going on three and a half hours. This has been a freaking epic marathon. But let's talk about the controversy before we wrap. Yes, up. please tell me what happened. Okay. So here's I, what I, I, did, I wanted to more discover in real time. I only did loose research. Yeah, fair enough. That I figured you had. I figured you'd help me out. Oh, I've got you covered. Um, well, before the controversy, I do want to say the first time I watched this movie, um, all the way through, was like on the. I don't know, fourth or fifth date I had with my girlfriend. Um, we watched the movie. We were spooked. It was nighttime. Um, whatever. There's some disturbing stuff in the movie. Um, I fell asleep, and I'm a very deep sleeper. Like I could probably sleep through like a nuclear attack. <laughs> I swear. And um, apparently, she told me in this deep sleep, I started whimpering, and I started like almost t- the way she described it. Like I was almost like talking backwards. And this is after watching the movie. And she's like, woke me up terrified because she's like, you've never done that before. I've never had a history of sleepwalking, sleep talking, nothing like that. Um, And apparently after watching The Fourth Kind, I had the first ever experience of this. It was probably a nightmare I was having, but I thought that was pretty um, interesting to add in. You decide Um, what's real or not. You decide, fellow. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, Kimbo, uh, Kimbo says the fourth kind is outstanding. There are a lot of fans of this movie, and I That's, understand. Again, it's, it's a like beautiful I, movie. It's like I said earlier, if uh, I, I I do not, if I enjoy something, I don't deny myself of that, and I would not want anyone else to de- to deny themselves of that. Absolutely. First if, time if I you, watched it, you, I yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that sounds right. great. Who doesn't, who doesn't love sitting down and enjoying a movie? Exactly. Apparently that one guy in the chat who's never seen a movie, mm-hmm. um, but moving on. Here's There's the controversy. controversy. Universal heavily pushed the based on true events approach when it came to the viral marketing campaign for the fourth kind. Studio had fake news articles written up about the events depicted in the film, using them alongside real articles from Alaskan publications nope. about the string of disappearances related to the town. Universal attributed its fake articles to real publications like the Anchorage Chronicle, the oh, Gnome shit. Nugget, and the Fairbanks Daily News. 
Um, in that's 2009, more on, that's more on Universal too. I don't put that on the is. filmmakers. That's a good point. I Unless they were directly involved, but I hope not. <laughs> I know. I hope not. In 2009, the Anchorage Daily News reported that the Alaskan Press Club hired Anchorage attorney John McKay to sue Universal for the false news report and for using real missing person cases to promote the movie. No nugget publisher, Nancy McGuire said, I really was concerned about it because I didn't write these things. They think that they can get away with this because we're Alaska. They don't think of us as having any brains or being upset about what they do. The company settled the matter and issued a statement at the time saying universal agrees to permanent, permanently disabling the removal of, and um, of the articles and represents and warrants that it has already permanently disabled access to and removed everything from the internet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause you can permanently yeah, remove totally things from the internet. Scrubbed. Um, yeah, in 2009, there's probably a little bit better chance. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, the Alaskan press club received $20,000 along set a, 2500 donation to its Callista scholarship fund in Alaska. So they clearly were doing damage control, but are you kidding me? The fact that they got sued for what they did. Well, what about all make up a persons? fictional town? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I feel bad for if you've a missing person that family Andrew's saying this. If you if they used someone who's actually missing someone that is a loved one. Oh, Nick. Nick's getting abducted. Uh-oh. We lost <laughs> oh, him. No. Oh, boy. Nick, um... Oh, oh there, there you are. Is. There, there you are. Is. You paused, man. We thought you got abducted. I, well, you hey. just... You decide. You just... <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. We are running out of steam. But, yeah, what do you guys think? What do you think about that? I, I was just saying, like, if, if you it, just, it just adds, I, it adds yeah. to everything else. I just, it's, yeah, yeah. It it's only adds. I'm not surprised. You seen and they use that, like, right. I just, exactly. So, yeah, that's cold. It's cold, man. It is, you know. But then I, I look at things like all these serial killer movies and stuff, and I'm like, based on real events, and I'm like, okay, like it's been done in other ways, but. With this, I think they were so aggressive in their marketing that it just came off super cold and like let me let me super manipulative. When yeah. you do like a, a serial killer thing or a reenactment, right? Then like yes, there's people who will make that argument. Like you listening to this stuff is bad. Mm-hmm. However, it is also an opportunity because oh, where like a victim can be remembered, right? So like if you are like pointing out the horrificness of Ted Bundy, just like how fucking horrific that human being was and you honor the victims of him. Like in some ways you can maybe say like, we're trying to like show yeah. horrificness because people are interested in that shit, but like you're taking someone who is missing and it's unsolved, to this, unsolved yeah. to this fake thing. And like, how hard is that on the person who is like dealing with that or still trying to find that love? Life? True. Um, that's such a good point, Nick. I playing devil's advocate. I can't believe I'm doing this. What if they were abducted by aliens? Well, no, it's I, a I think possibility out of yeah, a million yeah. possibilities. I, I, th- I think that I agree with that. And I understand giving people hope for that. I think the problem is that they are purposely creating here a false narrative where they have literally invented people to be stand-ins. It's not like they're even examining one case. 
They are making up their own case. So then they can load in all the, the evidence that they need and put in all the owls and have all the, like all the things that are going to hit those little buzzers for people that really follow this stuff. And then all of a sudden this becomes this narrative for this situation. And I'm sure like, look, if they fucking took like a, like a disappearance story and it had a whole bunch of circumstantial evidence or regular evidence that pointed to this and that's what they used as their case, that's fine. But they didn't, they built one from the ground up and then made reenactments of the thing that they faked. Like, you know, I, I just, yeah, it's no, that I think the problem here is that everything about this is not true. Everything about the movie that we saw is not true, but they attach it to a town where something really happened and they use a phenomenon that people really care about. Yeah. And they got sued. Like that's really says it all right there. Um, All right, guys, final verdicts on the fourth kind. What are you going to give? Whatever the lowest number is. Can we do zero? Can I do zero? zero. I'm going to do zero. I'm going to do zero out of 10. I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't, I really didn't enjoy it. Actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to mark myself as present. For this, <laughs> that's how I'm gonna handle Fair this. enough. Fair yeah. enough. I'll give it like a three because I did think that like the craftsmanship of the film, like oh yeah, the cinematography and Florence was yeah. really good. And so yeah. I'm my I beef is with none of those things. What's that? I said my beef is with none of those right. things. And so I'm giving the credit I, because yeah. I want to give the artist that made a really technically sound thing credit elias cotius is fine thank you very much dude casey jones was in this movie come on elias cotius is great will Patton's fucking great Millie yogovich is fucking great like everybody in this movie is is, they killed it really they did did their job so i mean i'm gonna get people doing their job you can't exactly exactly but yeah which is why i am here i am here for this present present. (laughs) present. fair enough guys all right wow this turned into a epic conversation. I did not know we were going to go this long. Thank you to both of you for sticking around this Love long. You, buddy. Thank you to everyone who watched, who listened. Um, some closing questions for you guys. What was your favorite film out of the four we watched? Andrew, go. Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. I really, I you know what? When I came into it, I would have said McPherson Tape, but I really like the Slumber Party one. Cool. Um, I'm going to say those two together. I felt like I was watching one movie. I really did. Because nice. I, 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 I'm not joking when I say McPherson tape ended and I started. Uh, thank you, UFOT. Um, and, uh, McPherson tape ended and I started Slumber Party. So that little combo, that was my favorite movie of the things we nice. watched. <laughs> little uh, main course and dessert. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm going to go to UFO Slumber Party. Um, I love Mc, I love Mc, I love the tapes. Yeah, UFO Slumber, Slumber Party just felt like it knew exactly what it wanted to be, and I sure. that. yeah, and it had a lot of history to build off of, which I sure. think is cool. Sure, um, a lot of these can be traced back, including to, the McPherson tape. Totally McPherson tape, and then that was inspired by actual events as well. So yeah, right. it's a good lineage for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. LTT Wing says, "What is number one tonight?" I'm gonna go with. Oh, man. It is tight again between Slumber Party and McPherson tape. I'm gonna say McPherson tape. Um, maybe I'm sure. biased, obviously. Um, but again, it was the first of its kind. It was experimental. Yeah, sure. Um, it was highly effective and authentic. So um, for me, it was definitely, I'm going to say McPherson tape. But Slumber Party is like my new go-to. I'm going to be it's watching so that thing good. every Halloween. I can't wait to see what Jason does next. To um, watch the rest of VHS too. Ooh, I'm going to. Well, and yeah, I'd be interested. Um, let's see. 
what is both of your favorite alien themed movie in general? Not in the found footage. Like, do you have one? I do. Yeah. I, I fucking love Arrival. My wife did yep. not hang out for that one for me. I thought that one like hit me in the like crazy linguistic because I teach communications too. Like, I just thought that was a great film. I really loved it. The use of Good alien, the, the alien uh, book face or book of face. Boca Fizz? Where Alien can you Boca? find McPherson? Too? It's yep. on uh, it's on Shutter yeah. right now. And it's AMC on Shutter. Plus. Yeah, Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. Dean wanted me to mention if you get the um the Blu-ray, there's a director oh, yeah, commentary and a oh, special rad. featurette Ooh. like making nice. of oh, Buy that Blu-ray, um, y'all. I might get that Blu-ray. That sounds like a but that sounds like Just, a seal. Yeah, Google yeah. McPherson tape. Yeah. Um, it should show up for sure. Yeah, if you um, go to you Amazon, Amazon. Prime, it'll take you to Shutter where you can watch. That's what I did. Yeah. Perfect. Um, awesome. Arrival. Great choice, Nick. How about you, Andrew? I I love Arrival too, but for the for the sake of like mixing things up a little bit. And I love yeah, I love like Joy and I, my wife and I both, we love that movie. That's um I got to see that and then see Amy Adams do a talk back afterwards. Oh, I think that that awesome. uh, was awesome. Wow. Um it's that I think that movie's really something special. I'm hyped for Dune. Um but uh, I'll say Slither. Oh, Ooh. good choice. Wow. Good choice. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm. Ooh. Nathan James Gunn action. Love Slither. Love Slither. Love it. Um, well, Arrival. I'm going to go with The Arrival starring Charlie Sheen. <laughs> um, I got to go. Charlie Sheen and Ron Silva. Mar- can't forget Ron Silva. I'm going to go with my boy Steven Spielberg. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Is I've classic. never seen that movie. Oh, oh, I, I saw it for the first time last year. It's kind of funny that you say that. Yeah, I well, just, that one had escaped me for some reason. Funny little trivia. Um, there's a one of the scientists at the end of that movie um, when the aliens like land and the scientists like go up to the ship. One of those scientists was J. Allen Hynek. Who created the oh, close cool. encounter scale and worked That's for rad. Project Blue Book? That's pretty. They rad. actually got him. Like that movie was inspired by his. Sure, close sure. Encounters That's cool. Scale. So they put him in the movie. Cool. Little trivia nice. for you guys. But I'm gonna go with Close Encounters. Um, a lot of people are saying Arrival as well. Um, yeah. that was a great one. And okay. Um, let's see. One more question, guys. I promise before you can get back to your beautiful families um what oh, is I'm your number one Everyone's asleep. I, have to, I have to eat something i have to eat <laughs> more something like bed. Bed. yeah what is your number one horror movie lost that you want our audience to uh check lost out boys. this halloween season watch lost boys uh, ryan lost you boys. do yours because i have to think because lost boys lost everybody boys. Oh, i wonder okay. what, which Here's one the watch the lost boys however the movie that i had originally pitched to ryan for us to talk about this year is a little film called society um, I'm trying oh, to get more nice. people to watch this movie. It's, uh, it was made by Brian Usna, who was a producer on uh, Reanimator, and I believe he directed uh, the second Reanimator. Um, and Reanimator is another one of my favorite movies. Society is one of the more interesting, and I think more a little bit ahead of its time movies that I've seen in yeah. a lot of times. So watch, watch Society. That movie's rad. But um, yeah, Lost Boys. Lost Boys is my favorite horror movie of all time and i think it's um i i'm i'm almost crushed that they're gonna remake it um because I, I i but we'll see what happens look look I, I, who knows it could be good but i i think what there's there's something so incredibly special about that movie that i think would be hard to uh recapture but I, I could I could be wrong. I would love for it to be good. I love the kids at the cast, the people behind i'm I'm super happy that it's a uh writer of color who's doing the script um 
it's there's a lot of cool things around it so hopefully it's good i hope it's good i do hope it's good but watch the original fingers crossed so, you want to see some sexy muscle trumpet players his name is timmy capello and he used to play <laughs> uh saxophone for a tina turner okay he he's looks on, like Shawn he's Michaels on, i think he's there. on thunderdome i think he's on a thunderdome song reminds me so much of Shawn michaels there's your deep He's got, like the hip, he's got like the gyration going in that Oh, scene. he's got it going, man. He's Kenny G style. Nick. That movie's so good. What's where have you seen movie, Kenny G thrusting his pelvis out? <laughs> Town <Did> Hall. Biatch. <laughs> Town Hall, New York City. That dude, Kenny G, came up to me and Ihan, my bar manager. For those who don't know, I'm a bartender. I work at a concert venue. And, and Ihan's Kenny a music G, producer. Yep. And Kenny G came right up to me and, and my boss. Music. And he serenaded us and it was beautiful that's pretty that's awesome. fucking cool because that dude is talented as fuck sure sure sure, sure no matter what people say i'm switching yeah. headphones and nah, 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 nah. Oh, they ran out of power that's yeah 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 all right nick what's your favorite horror movie okay so this is gonna be so to justify this a little bit stand by me and of course i didn't hear it because i was plugging in my headphones what'd you say stand by me Ooh, good choice it's my favorite movie of all time Nice. The idea of going and finding a body. Andrew looks a little uh, mixed by that choice. I'm just interested that that it's being classified as a horror movie. I'm actually kind of that's interesting. How do you classify horror? That's so. I went back. I mean, yes, I I would agree with that. But I would say, like, that would feel so firmly coming of age to me. It's both, but that's how I felt about it too. When I watched it, I'm like horror movie, coming of age movie, just with a fucking monster clown. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, but that's also why I liked it. You're right. Sam and me is very much coming of age. And it's why it's my favorite movie. I've watched it since I, before I should have been able to watch it up into an adult. And sure. it has resonated with me. I've read the, I've read the novella, but the idea of it, and maybe I'm peppered because I'm a big Stephen King fan. And I've read his like synopsis of the story, but like the horror for me is like, you are going to find a dead body and it's a dead kid. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. That's, that would be a huge fear. I get it. I totally get that. In confronting, in confronting death for the first death, time yes. and all these things that, like, to me, can be horrific. Or, or I don't know. Andrew's yeah. not. Andrew's not on board with my. <laughs> I'm not, buddy. I'm sorry. I, 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 I look. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, it's still a great movie. There was a I'm movie. With you it's, it's a. It's a phenomenal movie. Barbara Hershey, where she was possessed. Anyone know that one? I don't. Oh shit. Um. Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. That's yeah. gonna drive me nuts. It's gonna drive False. me nuts. Not horror. I'm <laughs> tired. Listen, if you can just, justify it. I justified it. That's my reasoning. I gave Fair you enough. a why. I gave that you a why. Good. You don't have to agree with my why. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go with a movie that we did on Shocktober. It follows. Oh, um, that's good. That movie stuck with me. Um, this kind of unseen force, kind of you know, that mm-hmm. is never ending. And keeps going no matter what, slowly, doesn't matter. It's, you know, in all these other movies, we see, like, the killer getting to the people and killing them. But with this right. one, it's like, it, it could take them years to finally find you to try to kill you. So you're going to live your whole freaking life paranoid about it unless you transmit this thing to somebody else. So right. I thought that was super inventive. I thought it was very scary. Um, it really affected me. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to go with It Follows is a more current horror movie to watch. There you go. And, yeah. 
and nice. kind of I'm copping out. I'm gonna go also with the birds. I love the birds. That's such nice. a good one. That's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my two. Um, all right, guys. Last question of the night for you before we go. God, go to bed. Um, where can we find everything you guys are up to and um all that? If you, find, if you find like on Twitter at Sanford minus Sun, um, you can listen to episodes with these guys that we did of Shocktober. If you're interested, a lot of them are still up Shocktober's under awesome. uh, Half White Son of a Black Man. You're awesome, and um, uh, yeah, just keep your eyes peeled. I'm also, like you can read a lot of my stuff at pajiba.com. P A J I B A dot com. I usually cover. Uh, uh, late night talk shows for them, but every now and then I'll drop some other pieces like I wrote about uh, watching Child's Play as a father for the first time and how it really messed me up. Um, even though stuff, seen... Theater stuff in New York. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I'm just not sure what Random Access Theater is up to right now, so I don't want to yeah. speak for them. But if you go to their Facebook page, it's this thing called The Drunk Texts. Oh, where they yeah, do yeah. staged readings of uh, either classical works or current works made classical. I have adapted um, Ghostbusters for them, called it the Merry Busters of Ghosts. Um, <laughs> Halloween, which I think I just called All Hallows' Eve. And then um, uh, uh, I did the uh, New Hope, which I think it was a hope renewed. But yeah, I just take those things, those movies, and mash them down to 30 pages of iambic pentameter. And then we get drunk and do staged readings of them, and we drink with the audience, and we play drinking games, and they're a whole lot of fun. They were doing it on Zoom. They've done a couple live performances, but I think they're all just like like everybody's trying to recollect and figure out what that's going to be good stuff. here yes, in New York. Yes, Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, so yeah, that stuff's, uh, that stuff's out there. And I'm around at Sanford minus Sun on Twitter. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. Nick, Thank what you. do you got for us, my man? Uh, so I'm more active on Instagram and Facebook than on Twitter. I'm real bad at Twitter, guys. Uh, I'm at, at and Westermeyer on Instagram, and then Facebook's just my name. Um, so yeah, this you can find me, and then doing stuff and things. Lots All of time. Yeah. yeah. And if go to his Instagram, if you are hungry, my God, this dude is like a master baker. Mm. Um, master baker is what I said. Master baker. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, um, before we do close out things here, I, I would like to air a grievance. Please. Stand by I, was, <laughs> I was told uh, two years ago. I oh, fuck now, no, 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 no. This oh, is, um, the, 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 I was told two years ago now that um, we – the plan was we were going to watch and discuss it chapter two. And I was going to talk about how did we not do that? Much, no, we did not. No, we did not. And oh I God. wanted to talk about how much I, I would even say I prefer it to the first one. Um, my wife does too. And she doesn't even like it. It's, it's a better, it's a better adaptation. It's what? a better adaptation of the material. Um, okay. I'd, I'd be happy to expound on that. Uh, you just let me know when and where. Yeah. We'll do that. I just I bought it on Blu-ray the other day. I'm so excited because it's not streaming anywhere right now, so I needed to have it for Shocks Over, and I owned the first uh, one already. Is it on HBO Max? I thought no, it they took it off. They took it off right beforehand. I think oh, that happens a lot of times. That's well, no. Look, I, every every October it rolls around, and they do the people smart thing, which pay they, for it. Yeah, exactly. They pull shit to get people to pay for it. Certain that things, makes, like like Doctor Sleep. I had to get Doctor Sleep too. The director's cut. Y'all watch. Movie- Andrew, I I saw I, again love Stephen King, but like you mm. like raved all that, and I went and watched it and was like, 
That Mike Flanagan's a fucking genius. If you guys yeah, haven't man. watched Midnight Mass, oh, I love Midnight uh, Mass. I love Midnight I Mass. I don't want to talk about that shit, man. Stephen Greer said, "Am I late?" Yeah, buddy. Oh, Stephen, we oh, buddy. Up, watch the archive, my man. Um, you got four hours ahead of you. So. Yeah, yeah, All our yeah. European that people said, are waking up. Yeah, yeah. That being said. Um, um, Ryan, thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, thank it was, you, Ryan. It was really great to do this little Shocktober uh, reunion. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to let you guys and Thank go. you to everybody who watched. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm going to remove you guys here and just do a little closing, but thank you to both of you. for Love you, buddy. Have a good night. Have a good night, guys. Good night. Have a great night, guys. Wow. That was incredible. Guys, this was so much fun. These are two of my best friends here in New York. And as you can tell, we have a lot of uh, fun stuff to talk about when it comes to movies. I want to thank all of you guys. UFOT, Alien, Bocaface, Chemo, Steven. Um, who else did we have? Elias, LTT, Wings. Um, we had Anthony earlier. Matthew Riot, of course. Luis Jimenez. All you guys. Vincent, Christopher. Um, thank you. If I didn't mention your name, I do apologize. I'm trying to sc- scroll up here. Uh, Morkavi Studios, thank you so much for sticking with us. This was so much fun. Go check out all the movies we talked about. Um, and yeah, if you're just tuning in now, go watch the archive. And if you want to help out Summer in the Skies, Super Chat is there for good. Um, I think it turns into like an applause button or something. If you want to help out the show, you can do that. Or you can join our Patreon campaign for somewhere in the skies um where you give a monthly contribution and you get bonus episodes um one-on-ones with me um you can pick my guests and topics for the show and um a bunch of cool stuff over on patreon as well if you want to help out somewhere in the skies so go to patreon.com slash somewhere skies but other than that um Happy Halloween season, guys. I hope this is fun for you um, as much as it was for us to watch all these movies tonight. Again, my special thanks to Jillian, to Jason, and to Dean who sent in those videos for us. And, of course, to our co-hosts, Nick and Andrew. And um, other than that, we're at Somewhere Skies on Twitter, at Somewhere Skies on Instagram. Um, Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel that you are watching this on right now and everything in between. Um, Stay tuned for a very special witch episode that we're going to be doing. And um, as usual, the show is every Monday. Um, That's all I got, guys. Have a wonderful night. Have a great Halloween, safe Halloween season, and I will see you here soon. And remember, keep your feet on the ground, but never stop searching somewhere in the skies. Here are your listener reviews of the movies we discussed tonight. Thank you for submitting your thoughts on these alien abduction films. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. This is Chrissy from the debrief.org and the Alt Pop Repeat podcast. Okay, let's be honest here. The Fourth Kind is probably one of the scariest movies ever made. Uh, some people are not going to agree with me on that one, but for me, it was. It was petrifying. I think I blocked out certain scenes in my brain because I was so scared. Uh, so I agree. I would also say that it's comparable to The Ring. Like 100% it's comparable to The Ring in scariness. Maybe not in storyline, but in scariness. Also, the acting was amazing. Mila Jovovich killed it. If you are a Fifth Element fan, you will know how fabulous she is. And so I, I love that movie just because she's in it and she does a really, really great role. I also going to add 
that I like the fact that they tried to play this off based on this real story that happened in Alaska in a town called Nome. So what I did, because I wasn't 100% sure if that was true or not, I went to the Google machine and when in doubt, check it out. And I Googled to actually see if it was a true story. So what I found out is that it was like loosely based off a true story so that a whole bunch of people went missing. And then what happened was that the story that about these people going missing and, and certain amount of people not found, they decided to connect it to this alien abduction theory, which I thought was, was interesting and smart for Hollywood. But the mayor called it, uh, mayor Dennis Michael called it hoopla. And he quotes by saying, people need to realize that this is a science fiction thriller. So Good job, Hollywood, because you scared the crap out of me. Uh, but I'm not always a fan taking, f- making fake abduction stories from an actual story that was probably true with real people, but it wasn't based on actual abductions. So that's my only negative in that. But positives, I'm going to say it scared the crap out of me, and that's what it's supposed to do, so it did its job. Heyo. Slumber party abduction. <laughs> Rock on, Rye Guy. Like this one. Uh, Mr. Sprock, big fan, first time caller, long time listener. G Dub. My name's Garrett, and uh, nope, big fan of the show. A lot of my friends are. Um, not enough for sure. Always trying to spread the gospel, you know, and be like, hey, listen, you know, there's a few people in the game we got to listen to. And it is definitely, you know, your show is, is one of those in the upper echelon of, um, with, not whether it's to, just disclosure, but again, uh, just great entertainment, but also information on the topic. So I needed to commend you on that first and foremost. As for the alien sleepover party, your instructions say to tell us what you liked about it. I'm going to flip the script. I got to be honest. I've only seen two of the four. Um, and the alien abduction. And then uh, the fifth kind or the fourth kind with the kid floating out of the bed. Going to be honest, both of them kind of turn, you know, didn't do it for me specifically. Uh, just some weak, you know, some glaring plot holes and just uh, the lack of continuity in the stories. That being said, though, still entertaining. I would still tell anybody to at least see them once, you know, and it was it wasn't that bad where I would ever say, oh, trash. Can't say that can't say that nice little plot twist at the end of a couple of them uh interesting stuff special effects you know high quality no denying it uh didn't hit it for me the way i wanted didn't slap me different but i'm not mad at it so definitely uh recommend anybody do at least see them once and first and foremost let's hear ryan's review of this stuff and then uh, maybe he'll have an angle or perspective that i didn't see Anyway, best wishes to you, bro. Please keep up the good work. We're out here listening and supporting. Uh, Keep it coming, man. Thank you. Hi, Ryan. Hi, listeners. It's Andy from That UFO Podcast and uh, loving the discussion that's going on with these movies, seeing some of the stuff online as well. The McPherson tape. So I sent this over to you, Ryan, as a suggestion as well. I think that you were maybe going to do it anyway, but this is one that scared me. So I found this when I was younger. I was up late waiting on a wrestling pay-per-view starting in the UK, which obviously they usually start about one o'clock in the morning over here. And me and my friend were sitting just kind of flicking through the TV channels. And then I remember coming across on, on Sky Movies, this weird found footage movie. And it was the McPherson tape and Alien Abduction Story, I think, was the tag alongside it. And it just, 
it was so odd. Even though you had all these talking heads that were, were supposedly real people, the footage itself I thought was done really well and the bit that really stands out for me and it gave me the chills and I'm not good for watching horror at all. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. Was uh, when they're, they're running through the house at some point and a bedroom door closes and the room's in dark and the only source of light is coming from the hallway and just as the bedroom door closes you see this little grey being standing behind it but because of the lighting you only see the quickest flash that terrified me and I remember still the jump I had at that point for me it's just a really well made little piece of film like for for what would have been a very small budget I think it covers the topic quite well and it's it's a good little horror piece so yeah the McPherson tape for me is definitely the scariest of those and uh, and gives you some good easy frights as well. Thanks, Ryan. What if I told you that one of the very first found footage movies ever was made in the 1980s, probably never seen it before, and in my opinion is better than Paranormal Activity and Blair Witch Project combined? What if I also told you that this found footage movie may not be a movie at all, but actual real found footage showing a real actual alien invasion of a home. Okay, well, that's what viewers of the 1989 movie The McPherson Tapes originally thought, and here's why. The original movie wasn't called The McPherson Tapes. It wasn't even a movie you could buy at your local video store. It first circulated among ufologists and even ended up on the local news, according to my followers who saw the footage. And it was referred to as UFO abduction. There are, in fact, two versions, at least, of the film that exists online. Now, the McPherson tapes, or UFO abduction, whatever you want to call it, is not to be confused with the remake, Alien Abduction Incident in Lake County, which was released as a traditional obvious movie in 1998 and has the same director. Are you confused yet? Let's just say I had the pleasure of interviewing the director and star of the McPherson tapes, Dean Aliotto and Tommy Giavicini, and I hope to clear up a lot of this confusion. But I'm afraid I came away from that interview with even more questions than before, making the McPherson tapes, aka UFO abduction, one of the most intriguing and entertaining movies I've ever watched. Hi folks, this is Dan from that UFO podcast. The fourth kind is one of those experiences that just sticks with you with some mysterious kind of sleep paralysis and nighttime mysteries in my past. It hit a lot of spots that kind of just made me never want to watch it ever again, to be honest. Um, I thought it was very well made and it was terrifying to me, especially the, the scene towards the end of the film. I don't know if you're putting spoilers in here, but spoiler warning, when you you hear the essentially the abduction take place through a voice recording. And it's one of those moments where I thought, you know what, <clears throat> sans cameras, you know, this is kind of probably the probably the kind of evidence that we, we would get from a nighttime abduction. And it just shook me up. And I only ever watched that film once, but it stuck with me through and through. It is, however, kind of unfortunate that the aliens are painted in such a bad light, or the E.T., I should say. Thank you, Demi Lovato. Um, I worry sometimes that films like that could paint how we see them in a negative light. And that's not how we all see E.T. Some of us are a bit more hopeful. But that was a a terrifying experience. And I hope that it is wrong. (laughs) Out of all the kind of found footage alien films that you're looking at in 
this episode. The fourth kind is is definitely the one that stuck out the most to me. I'd also recommend one that isn't in this list uh, called The Phoenix Forgotten, um, which very much surprised me um, and justified the use of the, the video camera gimmick extremely well, I thought. Hello, this is my review of VHS2 from 2013, the third story, which is called Slumber Party Alien Abduction. Let me preface by saying I'm not a huge horror fan. This story is part of an anthology of four short horror films. We observe the action through the point of view of a go-cam attached to the family dog. My first impression was that it was hard to follow what's going on. We see some animosity between two young brothers and their sister's friends. This leads to pranks between groups of people, and I'm still not sure who is who. The footage is shaky and low quality. They see something that looks like a UFO in the water, but no one pays attention. A guy takes a prankster's camera away, but the actions required to continue filming the scene become unrealistic to me. There's yet another prank, which is interrupted by a loud noise. As they investigate, they are attacked by a fake-looking grey alien in a plastic-looking suit. Somehow, they end up in a lake. One boy almost drowns. More aliens attack the group on a pier. The aliens chase the survivors until one boy gets taken by a tractor beam and drops the dog, who unfortunately dies. I didn't like watching the people play mean pranks on each other, and it was sad to see the dog die. The actions needed to keep filming were unrealistic. Loud noises occurred several times during the film and were annoying. Trying to make sense of anything was difficult, and I don't see why aliens would need to physically hunt the humans. There was one point where people were hiding in the woods, and the aliens seemed unable to locate them. I don't believe they would be fooled that easily. At the end, we see this is meant to be a found footage style of movie, as the dog's cam is somehow found. Honestly, I just wanted it to be over. For a horror fan, I would say there were some jump scares. I don't know what else fans would look for. It may be fine for you, but it wasn't for me. Thanks for listening. I remember the first time I saw The Fourth Kind, you know, I wasn't sure if I was watching a horror movie or drama or thriller or a quote-unquote UFO movie. Um, but I just remember after the movie, it had really long-lasting effects in terms of feeling like legit spooked. And ever since I saw that movie, I do not look at owls the same way. And then, you know, from year, years later, obviously, you know, be, becoming more uh, uh, more well-researched on, on the UFO topic as well, you know, the whole owl thing really kind of ties together for sure. Hey, Ryan, it's Bruce, co-host of the Crypt Keepers podcast and a UFO horror movie aficionado. I love, love this particular subgenre of horror and sci-fi. And like UFO believers searching for that evidence that proves once and for all that we are being visited, I've been searching for what I call the Great American Alien Abduction Film. None quite have reached that pinnacle yet, but there is one movie I do unashamedly love. And that's the fourth kind. It's terribly, terribly messy. Bouncing back and forth between found footage and reenactments, it's like the director couldn't decide what kind of movie he wanted to make. But, to its credit, it does things different than most alien abduction films. Most of those films are just the same kind of plot over and over again. He does something a lot different here, which I can appreciate. And when the movie works, which often is not the case, but when it does work, it works well. It hits hard. There are genuine creepy and terrifying moments in the film that stand up against the greats of the horror genre. 
I saw the movie 12 years ago, and they still stick with me. And I love the fact that none of the central mysteries to the film are ever resolved. These people brush up against the unknown, and it has a devastating effect on their lives without providing them the answers they seek. To me, that, that feels real. But the best part of the movie, to me, is the end credits. I know that sounds weird, but listening to what I assume are real phone calls to the National UFO Reporting Center and hearing the terror in these people's voices, it's chilling. To me, it's the scariest part of the movie. So yeah, while the great American alien abduction film still eludes us, The Fourth Kind isn't a bad entry into the UFO horror genre. I think it's very well worth the watch. So hi, Orion. This is Marcus from Frequency Dip on D-Side Radio. My thoughts on The Fourth Kind, very quickly. Well, when it first came out, I thought this was the most amazing film. How could it be a true story? The Anukai were returning. Owls everywhere. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought the show, the actual film was really good and well filmed and got me quite hooked. I think from seeing the other four films you've got advertised on the things, I'll definitely have a look. I'm sure I've seen the McPherson tapes, but I'm not sure. But yeah, it's a cool uh, 8 out of 10. Still got a bit upset when I found out, though, that it wasn't real. This is Joshua P. Warren, and I think I was first contacted by the director of the movie Alien Abduction, Matty Beckerman, around 2011. Uh, He told me he was making a mockumentary about people being abducted around Brown Mountain, and it was called, at that time, Project Blue Book. That was the initial name of, of the movie. And he explained how that he wanted to interview real experts and real witnesses to make the mockumentary feel more genuine. And I thought it was a cool idea. I mean, I was impressed that that Lawrence Bender was one of the producers. I mean, he's a big one. He produced a lot of Quentin Tarantino stuff. So we made arrangements for his crew to come to my museum in Asheville, North Carolina, which sadly uh, no longer exists because it was flooded. But anyway, he came to the museum uh, to interview me about the real phenomenon. Uh, They actually made a generous donation to the museum, and when his crew arrived, everyone was great. It It was small. It was just a handful of people, but they were sincerely interested. And I talked to them for... Uh, probably a couple of hours about the Brown Mountain Lights phenomenon in general. Uh, Pretty much the same kind of interview I do for an actual documentary. And then I referred them to some other people. I am probably the one who hooked them up with Angela Moore, a witness in the movie, uh, who lives in the area. And she's also uh, a quite well-known psychic Uh, What's kind of weird is that afterward, I never heard another thing about this movie project for a long time. I I think it was years. And I would occasionally remember the project and then think, well, I guess that must have fizzled out. And I really kind of forgot about it. Uh, And then I suppose Maddie probably contacted me to let me know it was finally coming out. But now it was going to be called... Alien abduction. And one thing he told me that amazes me to this day is that when they were shooting, they attached a camera. It might have just been an iPhone or something to a balloon 
and sent it up into the sky as it was recording video. And that thing crashed back to Earth and, and landed somewhere deep in the middle of the wilderness. And his crew found it and were able to retrieve that footage. So when you watch the opening of that movie and you see uh, the footage from the alien throwing the camera out of the UFO and it, it, the view is it soaring back to earth. That's real. That's real original footage they got. And to this day, as you can tell, I'm extremely impressed by that. Uh, but I thought the way the, the film was put together was brilliant. In fact, to this day, even though it, it clearly seems like a mockumentary to me, uh, I still get contacted by people, including reporters, that think this may be real. And I have to explain that this is a mockumentary for entertainment purposes, and that's why some of the uh, the information in the movie is exaggerated. Uh, so, for example, in, in the opening, when it says that in October of 2011, uh, 27 people went missing after hundreds of witnesses saw the brown mountain lights, well, that didn't happen. I mean, that would have been big news, of course. Um, but it is true that over the years, people have disappeared around the Linville Gorge, but that's pretty common for national parks. And even though thousands of people have seen the lights and experienced weird things up there, including myself, uh, the only real abduction story that comes to mind right now is that of Ralph Lale, a guy who owned a tourism shop in the area back in the 1960s. And he said that he'd been abducted by aliens many times up there. He even wrote a booklet about it. Although you can't really properly call it abduction because he agreed to go. <laughs> so uh, in a nutshell, the premise of the movie is rooted in a lot of real stories. And some of those are just exaggerated, of course, to create the fictional experience of the film and, and give it a more believable framework, which is what a mockumentary style is all about. Uh, but Maddie and I are friends to this day. I feel honored to have been part of a movie that so many people have enjoyed. And, uh, you know, people know me for a lot of things. So, it's interesting when I meet someone who says, hey, you're the guy who was an alien abduction. And then, of course, they usually ask, how much of that was real? <laughs> so so that's pretty cool. Uh, obviously, Maddie achieved his goal.
late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 